Hello everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us we have Dean Hunt, welcome Dean. Thank you, um, awesome, this is amazing, what you're doing Tony is brilliant, it's oh. uh, the, the documentation of what, where people were, without magazines or photos, no one would know, like, mm. videos went around, you know, like we, mid 90s, no, no cameras, no nothing, so yeah, still photography, that's where it was at. How's your day been today? Good, uh, long. Five different separate skates, uh, mostly with Rion and Ollie, uh, and Ollie's boys, Sam and um, Zach, and went to Vert Ramp about 11 o'clock, skated for about a half hour, then went to the bowl, 12.30, skated for about another half hour, got some food, coffee, went back to the bowl, skated for about another 40 minutes, and then went to the pump track in... What's that? North Lake? North Lake, yeah. Yep, real cool. Love those things. Mm. And then went back to Ollie's place and skated as many. Holy shit, that's a big day for a... Um, yeah, 48-year-old. 48-year-old, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, it was good. And I mean, I don't... I Like I was saying to you earlier, that I probably had less skates in the last two years than I did today. Yeah, you know, mm. I really put it in. And, and the body's feeling good, because um, yeah, I had a bad fall a few years ago, about six years ago. Just went up. It sounds like an absolute joke, but I went up to change a light bulb on the outside <laughs> security light. Yeah. And the ladder collapsed, and I went with it and tore my leg open, which um, was a surgical scar from when I fractured my leg. And it went to the bone, got multiple infections, um, off work. Yeah, and then uh, they misdiagnosed my shoulder for nine months, so I had a torn labrum, uh, bicep was torn off. Um, yeah, nine months later, they, they figured it out, so... Yeah, eighteen month recovery. Um, that sucked. So yeah. now I'm back to skating. The, the fear's kind of going because I had a real fear of heights. Yeah. Real terrified of heights. So dropping in on that very room today was such a milestone. Like it overcome that fear, that yeah. real fear. That's that's crazy to think about that considering you grew up in the vert. Yeah, day. yeah. It would be second nature to drop into a vert ramp, and here we are. Not a fourteen foot vert ramp, it, you know? though. Like <laughs> with three foot of vert, like that's a whole another kettle of fish, man. That's like that's that's new, quite modern. You know, like our ramps were ten foot. You know, with a foot right. of vert. You know, like say rad ramps, if you know what they were. Like Nelson had them, Piha had them. Um, they're all over New Zealand, and that was like mid eighty eight, eighty nine. They all mm. popped up, and then Paraparaumu, which where I grew up. Um, got an 11 foot ramp <clears throat> and um that was sick they had a foot and a half of it so we everything changed it was like the thing the transition was bigger you know more vert and then now you've got 14 foot vert ramps which yeah three foot of vert 11 foot transition it's like it is a super bike basically yeah it's like, kind of bonkers eh yeah like, yeah yeah but you gotta love it I, I, I could, well that um that 14, 14 foot of that Saturn mm. Zedon's house, I remember just standing on the edge of that and being like, yeah, nah. <laughs> and that was it. That was exactly, I'm with you there, man. Like it's, it, even though, I mean, I've skated for it forever and I've done some stuff, but nothing prepares you for that again. You know, like mm. when you, like with skateboarding, it's not something you pick up straight away again. You know, like yeah. you really have to overcome you have to step, you know. With snowboarding, oh. I guess you can get on a board and you can you can have a good time, but with skateboarding, yeah. if you go to drop in a vert ramp, it goes wrong, you're not going to be in very good shape. Well, that's it, eh? With snowboarding, like, it's attached to your feet, so you can sort of skid around and get onto a box yeah. or rail if you want. But yeah, yeah, still, I mean, you make mistakes. You know? I made mm. mistakes on snowboards. <laughs> but and uh, it's, it's just, you know, two very different things, but mm. 
It's like any sport. But they complement each other pretty well. Very much so, yeah. I was going to say, like, every November when I get back into skating again, it's like, oh, it's such an effort to relearn how to ollie onto things. Yeah, yeah, well, we're a lot bigger than we used to. Yeah, that too. (laughs) We're just older boys and we just, you know, but... Yeah, today was today was something special to be honest. Mm. And catching up with good friends, you know, like I've skated with those mm. guys for God knows how long, twenty years. Mm. Ollie's back on his board now, I think. Yeah, he's a bit of an ankle yeah. break. He was, or he was ripping, but mm. he was in pain. I thought, like I kept saying, "Bro, you're all right. You, know, you don't have to impress me." And <laughs> 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 but uh, no, it was good. It was good mm. skate. And those boys skate so differently. Like Rion's just fucking smooth. And um, yeah, Ollie's just fucking aggro. Like he, the mm. early grab, man. Like I said, though, anyone that doesn't like an early grab is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Dean, um, we'll fire this one up. Uh, where are you from, and how did you get into snowboarding? Um, I'm from Paraparaumu Beach, which is on the Kapiti coast. Um, originally born in Upper Hutt, um, lived in Lower Hutt for the first three years in Kapiti for till I was old enough to get on a bus or a train or a plane and have a bag and just go somewhere um about 16 you get on the dole then you get on the dole at 16 and you get 86 bucks 10 a week or something and but that could get you across the strait so you could go from capity go to wellington go to nelson christchurch dunedin for literally travel week to week Mm. feed yourself very small like two dollar portions of food every day Mm. basically just skate and um catch up with people meet friends like i'm still friends today with guys that are slept on their couches you know 30 years ago yeah and that's cool and snowboarding um came down here in 1990 with a couple of friends kane asher and ivan grigorov i'll mention ivan a lot because he's a big influence on my life and we just happened to be staying with a guy reese um mclaughlin i see his name and his father was going up to cheeseman and so we were you know, they were like, do you want to go? We'll just get some boards. We'll hire some boards for you. And so we went to Cheapskates, got some boards. Never ridden snow in my life. Um, never even been on a mountain. And um, it was fun. And we were yeah, we're just trying to skate on snow on the learner's side. <laughs> didn't even get on the chair. We didn't know about the chair. You know, we're like, what's that? Uh, we'll just play on this flat ground because we're, you know, flat ground street, uh, street skaters and, you know, no vert ramps in those days or no half pipes. So... But then, even then, like later, and when I tried to ride half pipes, it was just no crossover for me. Eh? Like I, I just couldn't do it. I remember that being a thing. I think it was uh, maybe Andrew Morrison in his mm. uh, interview in New Zealand snowboarder was saying how he didn't like snowboarding in a half pipe. Yeah. And the interviewer was like, "That's weird." Hearing it mm. coming from a skateboard, he's like, "Yeah, it's just shows you how you know." Yeah. Like- and then Paul Trapsky being like asked what the difference is he's like well one's cool and one's not <laughs> which one was cool well not the snowboarding one. <laughs> oh, okay trapsky ripped on a board he was mm. such a good skater like, i used to compete against them and yeah, all those auckland boys like and they all came snowboarding you know like that's mm. that's what we'll talk about is but um also in 1997 i started seeing a girl helen and uh, helen gall and she was a snowboarder and she was good friends with julianne she's one of the pink crew yeah yeah, yeah. Running around. she's got a slide cover like she's on that half half cover oh right that's the chicken but um yeah and we just decided let's go south um you know i was a polytech i became a chef and finished up um and just went let's go you know let's, let's go south and she's like we're going to wanaka and uh <laughs> got here and i've never been so amazed in my life well apart from the remarkables like when mm. you're driving into queenstown for the first time and the remarkables are up on your left and you're like 
that's like speechless. It was blown that's away. That's a sight to behold when you. Yeah, that's it. why they're the remarkable. Because it was remarkable. And it still doesn't get old now. Driving no. over there, you see like no. fuck yeah. And you yeah, but then you see all the airport development. You see all the development that's happened. It's like yeah. you just kind of have to look past it a little. Yeah, it's progress. You know? As GLO said, that's progress. Mm. But um, no, and and from there, I was um, still. I mean, '97 was a great year. Uh, actually, no, missed it. I lived in Springfield in 97. 98, we came down here. Right. Um, so 97, bought a caravan, bought a season pass for uh, Porters. That was my first official season, and I sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. And, and we would wake up in this, you know, the Springfield board mongrels, I don't know if you've heard of them. Like, no. Um, Matty Proctor, Toddy Owen... Sharon Parker, um, I can... Jesus, there's a few Monica names there. Yeah, well, they were all like Nelson and Auckland Mm. and, you know, like certain others. But there was, um, I think, uh, Dave Everton. Oh, it was chaos. And, uh, yeah, we went on as the Springfield Ball Mongrels, (laughs) the SBM. (laughs) And that was cool. Got kicked out of the pub pretty much every time. Um, (laughs) It was... They didn't know how to deal with snowboarders, though. And then Mm. there was a bunch of other guys from Christchurch that, um, like JBs and... His crew, they were living in a house in Springfield, so it was like party house and then back to the campground and party there. And oh man, it was good, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And then, yeah, 98, we came here, we came south. Um, moved down in I think July, and yeah, bought a bought a season pass so triple cone. Just the pool for like, oh, cool, bigger mountains, yeah, sort uh, of thing. just just lifestyle change. My mother passed away, so I was in a weird headspace, and I was like, if I don't go, I'm just gonna drink myself to oblivion. And, um, so it was time to go. It was it mm. was a conscious decision to not be where I was, and mm. it was like, and it was. I knew the beauty of the south, and, and my my father's from the south, my mum's from the south. So I was, I, I've always been in love with the South Island. You know, mm. it's just yeah. But uh, that was a big life change, and I was like, okay, let's go, let's do something new, let's let me just throw myself into it. Mm. And did you have like work lined up or like uh, no, chef no, or just 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 done uh, the government skate team. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was government snowboard team. So yeah, um, but yeah, and then that I think '98 I started working at the old Wanaka Hotel. Oh right, just doing dishes and things, yeah. and uh, yeah, I lived in Hawaii, and uh, but then we stayed from. We moved to Queenstown after that. Mm. Right. We stay on that 98 season for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, who were some of the heads that you sort of connected with in Wanaka? <laughs> Pretty much everyone you've interviewed. Yeah. Um, right. Joe, uh, Helen was a ripper. Um, let me think. Well, obviously, Ollie, Rion, Magoo. Um, it's hard to, hard Should, to recall. See, Magoo, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, eh? Oh, like, he dude. was a TC charger. He's like the guy, mm. you know, people, I guess, he's the generation above maybe, or mm. four or five years older. He was a little bit older than most of us, I guess. So. But still a great rider. Like, you know, mm. he, just, he was a big mountain guy. And, but then it still did the big year, like the Wanaka big year, he did it. Mm. Yeah. But, nah, um, you know, Ollie, uh, bloody... So were you riding with Ollie and Rion a bunch then? I would just ride with Helen. We'd just drive up, um, ride with... Anyone. I, I was pretty mm. much learning how to do it, so I would just get left behind, and then I'd just try to drop off a track or something, do a method, and fall, roll, you know, <laughs> get get sort of beat up, and then just get up again, ride down, try the same thing again and again. Finally got him. Finally got some you know, tailbone methods, and it was great. It was fucking amazing. Oh, so. But for me, it was more like I just enjoyed the because growing up in Wellington or, or from Capitol to Wellington, we bombed hills, you know, like it was mm. hill bombing. And it was gnarly, like the terrace runs. 
um, Molesworth Street I used to live up on top of, uh, Hawkstone Street, which was Julianne lived there in 95 with Gabe Chambers, Stewie McKenzie, Mark Samuels, who's a big influence on my skateboarding, of my life really, he's a, he's a good dude. Um, but yeah, everyone was around in 95 in Wellington, mm. and like um, we all had, like Polder was there, he was doing music, he was doing um, Police Lucifer. Um, so, so you, did you get to see the mighty Police Lucifer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they played mm. like Hole in the Wall a few times with Head Like a Hole, or you know, probably a she gig, or... Mm. You know the music. The music scene there was just cool because mm. it was you that told me about Police Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Polder was trying to figure out like how the fuck did you? Because yeah, and it was when you were living in Dunedin. Yep. I just had a mixtape on. It had like Bad yeah. Brains, Fugazi, oh, yeah, Sepultura, yeah. and stuff. And you're like, best. oh, yeah. dude, you'd like this band that we seen at the Nationals and shit. It's like, oh, mm. rad, you know. And Twenty years later, I finally got to actually hear Police Lucifer. Oh, it's rugged, man. It's like, the, the guitarist, I think his name's Dale. Um, fucking man, mad. Like those guys live, and they were in another band. I think that lived down one of the side streets, which now is the main road in Wellington. They, they Tonks Ave and all that. Tonks Ave was historic. Um, but yeah, those guys, you go past their house and just fucking wailing axes and just man, drums, just just practice room mm-hmm. at their house, and which middle of the city, so nobody cared. But. Oh, dude, let's after Diggs's interview came out, yep. the amount of people that were DMing me like, what he played in a metal band because they only know him now. It's yeah, like, yeah dude. no, he well it goes yeah. back even further in the ninety ninety one, uh, the Nationals. 89-90 was Parapram, 91 was Escape Pit, so it must be 92-93, there was a Nationals in Napier, and Polder was in a band called the Naked Milkman, <laughs> he's gonna, he's probably not going to enjoy this, but, but and they played at the after party for the skate comp, and oh man, it was rugged, like, and they were just like, ro- like funky as Chili Peppers covers, and you know, that sort of time, that music, and just, yeah man, I mean, from there on, it was like, fuck, he can sing, but... That guy has the best eggplants in the history of skateboarding. Like, apart from Lance Mountain, but Polder is one of the greats. So he, yeah. he probably doesn't talk much about skating, or well, a little bit, but honestly, he's somebody that, that... He used to have this helmet. It was half silver, half black, and he was so powerful that when he did an eggplant, you look in his eyes and this... It was like a warrior, you know? Mm. You know, like a Pacific Island warrior just doing something. That, like, And I was terrified. I was like, fuck. So you wouldn't want to drop it on him. No, no, no. What nicest guy? He's yeah. probably the nicest guy you're gonna meet. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, absolutely oh, best yeah. dude ever. But yeah. holy shit, having a collision with that dude. Oh yeah, you're gonna yeah. come yeah. off. Yeah. But yeah, we did a lot of skating because um, yeah, I guess I'm going off the snowboard buzz oh, here. No, but, but that's dude, that's yeah. that's fine. We'll we'll get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about the snow park. I mean, obviously, but Polder, like, because I I travelled up um, from Paraparamu. We had our demo, the Pal demo, cancelled in '89, which was Tony Hawk. Um, Lance Mountain and was it Miguel? Yeah, it was Miguel. Yeah, yeah. Was, and yeah. Um, with like I was kind of the the I feel responsible for this the whole time. I probably shouldn't say it. People will probably hunt me down, kill me. But um, they asked me whether the ramp because it rained. Oh, and yeah. we're in the, the in Parapan Beach. There's a kiosk which used to walk up a, la- a um, set of stairs. Pay your money at the kiosk, like a dollar fifty or something, to get in, and then go into the skate park. And so we were hanging out in the kiosk with, like, uh, you know, like Pork, Lance, and, and Miguel, and you know, and uh, they're trying to ramp out, trying to make it all happen, make this demo happen, because there's five, six, seven hundred people, maybe a thousand, and and they were trying it out, and then they finally conceded, and they came to me, and uh, like Tony all goes, should we skate it? And I'm like, it's going to be wet, soggy. 
It's going. You, you know what I'm talking about. And you're just like, mm, okay, we'll call it off. <laughs> oh no! Uh, but uh, everyone's pointing at me, going, "Come on, Steen! Come on, Steen!" It's like maybe they just didn't want to pull the pin. But and then uh, we travelled to Napier, like myself, uh, friend Daniel Hensley from Nelson, and a good friend of mine, Kelly Kingy, who's oh, he's cool, this guy. Still skating today. I still chat with him. He's in Sydney now. Um, so we got on a bus, travelled to Napier, and they had a brand new vert ramp, brand new vert ramp, which was the exact replica of Parapan Beach, which they ended up building another one. Jeez, where'd that one go? Somewhere. Upper Hut. Upper Hut ramp. Which now, Upper Hut is currently in Karori, which is the significant vert ramp um, in Wellington. There's no there's no variance between Christchurch, where I live, and there's one in Wellington and one in Wanaka. Yeah. So there's 700 k's between the closest ramps, you know. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and vert ramps used to be a big feature, you know, like every mm. town had one and, and everybody wanted to skate them and it was, but then street came in and just, just yeah. crushed yeah, it. Yeah, but, from, um, that, reflect skating at the time and stuff yeah it was just progression eh? it was mm. just the way it was supposed to go but but i met in, in that demo i met polda i met uh, shataria um i met Rialis, i met matt scarrett i met like the, the guys that went on to be the, the like steve white um, i mean there's some heavy names yeah right yeah, there. yeah like yeah. the best of the best and um napier produced some of the best skateboards of ever shades shades shay. mm. i mean everybody oh, yeah. knows shay. massive respect eh? hands down like yeah, probably the best that New Zealand produced, right? It's definitely along the street side of things for well, a whole period of time. Well, I mentioned nationals, and I grew up in Parabram, in Parapodome recently, mm. and um, we had the nationals in 89 and 90. It might have actually been 88 and 89. But um, I lived basically 600 metres from the ramp, so I could look out the window of my parents' house and see the colour helmets that were on the vert ramp and know who was skating. And I'd see a different colour helmet, I'd be down there because, oh, someone else skating, you've got to skate with this person. And, and um, but, yeah, it was just, just the time where it was very ramps everywhere. But um, those guys all came down to the Nationals. And Shay, and the under-16s, it was apparent. It was, it was real. He just blew everyone away. And I think he entered the Open as well. Well, maybe not that year. It was probably the next year. But he just won from any time he entered. It was, it was Shay. It was Shay. Mm. It was Shay. And rightly so. Right, yeah. so like he had the style, he had the, the the best tricks. Like he was just so good. But um, I like what um, Brent Scream was talking about. You know, he used to borrow his board and go down, and bloody, <laughs> you know, just didn't didn't have his own board, and then became, you know, a big sponsor of New Zealand skaters. So he, he obviously returned the favour to a lot of people. Mm, so I think Mark Katzberg said a similar thing about Joseph Funger. Like in high and ah, school, like Joseph Funger didn't have a board, but he mm. was like mm. better than everyone. And I got those stories confused. I don't know. I mean, they all kind of yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're all believable. Yeah, and, and Joseph's <laughs> yeah. once again similar to Shay, one of the one of the greats. Like one of the, mm. he was a bit younger than me, and like it was a different era. But like he he coming up, and he you know he he was once again apparent that he had natural talent and and the skills like just just would get on a board and make it look cool, you know. And mm. that's like whether it's a mini ramp or a street setup or whatever, you know. Like mm. Wellington, man, that was so fun. Yeah, well, I mean, Wellington, especially, well, I mean, I was a bit, a bit of a late bloomer in skating, but looking in, like, Wellington seemed to be, like, the, have a really good hub of skating. Like, yeah. you had, like, the manual guys doing this yeah. thing, yeah. and the skate snow Caleb. shop, and yeah. all these rippers. And, yeah. and then, yeah, like, the shops, you know, at one point there was three shops, which, whew, huge, a huge rivalry at one point, but it was oh, just, yeah. it was just because... 
just because because one more one more player in the game makes it a little bit more disrupted classic sort of territorial yeah scale. yeah so yeah, you had no. craig harris at board uh, boardroom craig's yeah. one of the coolest guys i admire that guy he he is yeah he's just a cool guy still skates this day he's probably 57 now 58 mm. and he's still the bowl guy like you'll see him down there more than anyone mm. and and then you've got dave uh, dave green who was a big influence on me he um used to race bmx and he was a bmx racer and then he worked at the local BMX shop and then moved to Penny Farthings in Wellington City, which was one of the, the first suppliers of skateboards in like 87, 88. And so I went and saw Dave and he knew my dad. So yeah, I got a Neil Blender. It was my first pro model board. And so, I was, man, I wish I had that board. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you had Dave Green, Craig Harris, and then Matt Russell, who was just Matt had to do what he had to do. He's like imagine like matt reminds me of joe rogan he probably won't like me saying this and i probably shouldn't mention joe rogan on a podcast but um he's hyper he's solid he's just convicted and passionate and so matt opened a skate shop skate snow shop mm. and kind well, of ruffled a couple of feathers who hands down had one still to this day one of my favorite ads i've ever seen in a magazine <laughs> that dude oh god <laughs> that dude's ollie in the car and flipping the camera off oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like underneath it's like not for those who pose it's like no, fuck no, yes. like, yeah yeah was, there was a few controversial words so i've got the magazines that he's mm. in but matt was so i've known matt since we were about 14 he was a waikanae kid and i was a like, brown beach kid and and from the first day i sat next to him he's like we're friends today i spoke to him a couple uh, yesterday what's he up to these days um well i don't know he's in wellington but mm. i think he's got plans to move on i don't want to give too much away because it's All a right. personal story but but um, he's just hyper. He's had hip replacements. He's had ankle surgeries. But man, there's the Hawk and Hossoy kind of situation, like those two guys battling out. And Wellington mm. through the mid-90s, it was like the Hunt and Russell. Because me and him would enter contests and it would just be like either me or him. But mm. uh, it was mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, Matt? <laughs> so yeah, a lot of second-place trophies. To, but... It was just the time, like, it was, honestly, there was, I'd be on top of a vert ramp looking down, there's Andrew Hayata doing switch bloody waist-high backside tail slides and Bernie Fu doing whatever Bernie did best, like, f- smoothest, smoothest lines. Andrew Hayata, muddy. Because, I mean, he's, there was that infamous, like, what, he, Benny Hunted a yeah. fucking fun box, dislocated his shoulder and then switched uh, straight into a bank. No, he... Yeah, well, something no, like that. That was the Nationals, 99 Nationals or 90... Because 2000 Nationals. Again, I never, I, yeah. I, I heard about it when this yeah, travel nice. back down to Dunedin. Yeah, he's skating, and like, yeah, switch 360 flip down into the step down, I think. On the, well, okay, I'm a vert skater, I don't know mm. what it's called, but yeah, down into the wedge. Mm. And that was instant rock star, you know. Like Andrew mm. was the man for so long, and he's like an Andy Roy character, you know, does not give a fuck. And, yeah. And yeah. Um, that's the beauty of him, because he's up a hut kid, so he's a UHP, you know, UHP sort of had that pride and just there was a bunch of them they're just killers like um charles munt r.i.p um tavendale um yeah or so many up art guys so they're just really raw dudes yeah 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 oh, they're just different characters mm. and andrew was you know little stocky merry mm. boy sort of had to fight his way out of situations i guess and that came through on his skating mm. he just fought for his tricks yeah. but at the same time like such a rugged like Hilarious. aggressive aggressive skater but oh, yeah. really smooth and like you could just like a switch backside smith on a bloody waist high bench 
mm. you know, back in mid nineties was like, holy shit. So I just remember he had some really funny articles and manual about, you know, how to get sponsored and five easy steps and all that. So was it the let us to muddy or something? Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 He, mm. he honestly so he could be a comedian, you know. He's mm. he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I remember there was a lot of like a season I did in Canada was with this yep. dude from Wellington that knew all those dudes. Yep. And all the stories I was hearing, it's like, they're almost like, I don't know if their folklore actually happened. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, every town's got them, eh? Every scene's mm. got one or two that are just, like, the most extreme dudes, and they're the coolest guys, and they just, Mm. but they break themselves, you know? Like, Muddy's done some dumb stuff and broken legs, and, you know? Mm. But what a cool guy. Like, you still see him now. He's just, he's sorted his life out. He's, you know, dog lover. So any dog lover is a good friend of mine, but... Mm. Um, but no, it's just just the history. You know, we played up. So I mean, think you didn't drink through those years, but we did, mm. <laughs> and I don't remember much. But we got up to mischief, mm. and luckily, video cameras were not around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one had phones with bloody cameras. <laughs> yeah, on them, man. the dumb shit we've all done. Mm. But um, yeah, oh, just getting off point there, I guess. But um, well, let's stay with the Wellington skate scenes. I oh, think cool. we've only just scratched the surface there, like. Oh man, Dave Reed and those dudes. Dave, and Dave and Caleb. Yeah, Dave I've known since we we're probably sixteen. He's a Hutt um, Hutt Valley boy, Avalon boy. Um, he's part of our crew, like um, the, the Wellington scene. Because I guess Wellington had you had the Johnsonville crew skated Johnsonville Bowl, like Steve Crump and you know Tyrone Morahu for DJ Pops. Um, he had a bunch of other guys, and then we had the Capity Coast Parap Ram skaters. We had the Vert Ramp and. Mm and you know a few banks and things and then you had the up heart guys the lower heart guys the wainui guys like the Grigoroff family and um and uh, brent screen and paul swift and a bunch of other guys and then you had you know central city guys karori guys mm. like the wood brothers like paul and chris and chris i mean everyone knows chris wood you know? oh yeah yeah, yeah. strange life <laughs> his brother was better oh really <laughs> paul was better <laughs> but that was back in the skate pit days you know this mm. is back in the late 80s early 90s and um but yeah chris is you, you cannot so bad weird about Chris you know incredible just, skateboarder yeah like, and, and I like what he's doing with Strange Life he's supporting Zedan he's supporting you know Chris Curran he's he's supporting his friends it's not like oh I'm going to get the best guys he's mm. like but well Zedan Zedan's probably the best but but um, you know he's getting his bros and he's making it the family thing it's not like a you know, commercial success cash in he's like I'm doing what I'm doing differently mm. I like that yeah I would do the same thing yeah but um well, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned Gregoros, and I think we should talk oh. about them because I feel like they were, from mm. an outsider looking in, they look like quite a fixture in the Wellington skate scene. Yeah, the Bulgarian like, mafia. Um, those boys, Anthony, uh, Greg, and Ivan, and their father, Georgie, and their little sister, um, became family. I, I When the skate pit opened back in, like, 89... I was I'd been skating about three years, and I met Ivan, and we became instant best friends. And we had we talked about it the other day. Um, we he goes, "How are we meet again?" And I'm like, "Right, uh, met there." But then we had this jump ramp contest back in like '89 at this indoor place in Upper Hut. I think it was between Lower Hut and Upper Hut. And he was doing a trick. I I'd be like, yeah, well, "I'll do that." And then we did it. And we went one upping. We were just skating together, and then. We didn't really know each other, and then by the end of it, we just bro shaking, yeah, bro, fucking. And um, so basically, when the skate pit opened, I was like, just come stay in my house. Mm-hmm. And he, his father George, who's R.O.P., one of the greatest guys we ever met, like badass, you know, European, staunch dude, big mustache, and nicest guy, but you know, Bulgarian. Um, 
he, yeah, George just took us in. He took me in. Mm. I slept with the boys in their room, just on the mat on the bloody floor, and I spent probably three years just living at their house and like skating the vert ramp and skating every day. And their mum would drop us off, and and it was yeah, those I owe everything to those guys. Like my, my sense of humour, my just just having just being a good person because they're good people. And, yeah, and they took me in. They didn't know me from a bar of soap and said, especially I, I still talk to Ivan almost every day. Like he's mm. one of my best friends. And uh, yeah, I should give him a call. We'll get it online. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he's he's cool. He's still ripping. Um, he's waiting on knee surgery. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he he can ride skateboard like no one else. You know, and same mm. with Anthony. Anthony was one of the best skateboarders I've ever seen. Because mm. I only became aware of them through New Zealand skateboard or manual. Yeah. So all I seen was just like this crazy tech. Yeah. Tech sort of street stuff. Oh no, the best like you would see ants do switch hard flips over benches back in the mid nineties, you know, like this mm. we kinda all stopped. Like the late eighties happened and skateboard closed and then I went surfing for about five years and um came back to skating and then everyone was still skating, but boards were like seven seven two five, seven seven five, fifty two mm. mil wheels or forty two mil wheels. It wasn't it was nothing like I knew. Shit, so, that would have been an sorry to mm. but that would have been an interesting yeah, so bailed out when it was like huge vert setups mm. and come back to like a whole... Yeah, big band, small wheels. That's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A that's real, a, that's um, a whole culture shift right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it Basically a whole bloody 180, you know. Like it went away from everything I loved to what well, knew how to do. I still skated, skated street bomb hills, like I said, and skated the banks and we we, we skated. But, you know, we're on, we're on like your Tony Hawk there, that claw board. Mm. But um, yeah, and then so so those boys, the Grigoroffs, and they just were iconic. You know, they they, they were they were tough guys, but like mm. Greg was one of my best mates too. He's he was caught up with him much lately, but he's an artist now, a really good artist. But he skated different too. But both Ivan and Greg were uh, Ivan and Ants were goofy, and Greg mm. was natural. Mm. And so I just liked him because he was natural, because I was natural. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he had a better style. <clears throat> Not really. <laughs> yeah, but um. Yeah, those guys, and like, yeah, like, there's Matt Russell once again, one of our best friends, and I think in in the early 20s, we were all just trying to make a go of it, eh? like, everybody wanted to be a pro skater, but there was no such thing, it was like, mm. it was a bro skater, you know, if you got on, boom, you know, you got a flow, or, you know, like, flow skater, or bro, bro skater, because your bros had a company, like. Because it seemed like, it's interesting you mentioned boom, because I remember, like, when I got into skating, like, 95, 96, like, boom yeah, was yeah. fucking huge, and. Oh, it's the biggest. Like, I remember when Shaka got on Boom, like yeah. being from Dunedin. Yeah, like that was like everyone was like, "Whoa, that's really yeah. crazy!" Yeah. Like, oh man, you know? I mean, we got to give props to Shaka. He's still skating amazingly. Like, I skate oh, with yeah. him in Washington. He's like nose grinds, the deep end, like nothing. Big flowing ears. He's just skills, man. That guy, like, he's, oh, sorry, <laughs> that's all good. Um, yeah, that's and and then you know he's just established skater but now he's getting a lot more bowl and he's just mm. making it look cool well it's funny right morph morph put a oh, video yeah. up of some um christchurch kids skating mornington yeah and they're like mm. ollieing the channel they're like no way the, the yeah max getting... and um max and the other little guys yeah they're like oh the youth are getting restless he's like yeah um <laughs> morph said something back like yeah they've been hanging out with shaka it's like well i figured <laughs> like yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With, if you're all in the channel that's definitely hanging out with shaka yeah in the <laughs> same way too like really just that smooth flowing style but those kids um i think it's max and i forget the other guy's name the little kid's guy but they're both rippers man like mm. you know full helmets in the deep end big front side all these and ears and like soon those names will be pretty much household 
Mm. And, um, you know, Adam Weldon was like, I've got the dude, like open heart surgery last year to turning 50 this year and probably the best skateboarder in, in Christchurch on in that bowl for sure. So is Adam sort of holding the scene down in Chicha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's very unique because he skates at like nine in the morning on a Sunday, you know, and then he's yeah. done. And everyone else kind of goes in the afternoon. So he's yeah. he's there for breakfast, you know, and he's doing it and he's doing the hard yards and he's he's he's, he's the first to drop in and probably the last to, to step out, you know. And it's, he's the king of the session. And, right. and he's just cool. He's just so mellow. And he's got some sick tracks. But um, yeah, and yeah, I guess we go back to Wellington. But yeah, you mentioned Dave and Caleb uh, Manuel. Manuel because mm, it seemed like Wellington, either Wellington revolved around Manuel or Manuel revolved around Wellington for a long well, time. Manuel evolved like, from Wellington because yeah. it was bound to happen at some point. And those guys had the artistic skills. Like you know, they were Polytech same year as I was in '98, and I was doing chefing. Me and Ivan both did the chefing course, and. Um, Dave and Caleb were doing photography and I guess um, visual media or whatever it was as well. But um, and then yeah, like that magazine I showed you. Um, it was a clone. What was a clone? Oh god! Didn't, yeah. <laughs> I, well, before it was manual, it mm. was something else, and I've forgotten what it's called. But I've got one I showed you, and mm. like, you know, it's got it's like a little photocopied cut staple, four page, eight page, or whatever it was, and yeah, but. Um, and then that evolved into manual, which mm. manual one was like this cool little black and white, you know, sort of half cut, um, I guess, small magazine. And it was cool. And it just had the crispest shots, you know, mm. like it was, I think at that point, all we'd had would have been New Zealand skateboarder might have been going at that point and might have come in just after. Mm. Um, we had Slide, which was Dave Mollard out of Christchurch, which was mm. great. They, and then we had back in the late 80s and the vert scene and, and New Zealand scene was um, New Zealand skating style, mm. which was iconic, you know, like um, they'd cover all the pro demos coming and, you know, Tony Hawk, Lance and, and Miguel and Chris Miller, Gator, Jason Ellis, Gary Valentine and, and Maury and Lee would always skate in those demos too. So. Mm. And then Greg Rankin as well, like at one of the nationals. See, they, they, I don't know if people know these names, but they should. Like Greg so, Rankin. Well, let's talk about Greg Rankin because yeah. he's yeah. actually... Hut boy, low hut. Um, and he's actually kind of a big deal if you Huge. actually dig deep enough. Yeah. So let's go. Let's Greg Rankin. Greg Rankin. He, he kind of paved the way for Lee. Mm. Like, you've probably seen that that movie, a little thing called Scratched. or, or About was, Lee Ralph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was awesome, yeah. <clears throat> and he talks about Greg going to the States mm. and killing it. And then he goes, yeah, and then you're going to go and you're going to do it too. And it's like... It's pretty much what happened, but Lee was bigger. Um, Gregor mm. got injured, I think. He he got a back injury. or, But, um, like I said, those nationals at Paraparaumu Beach was 88. Lee and Gregor skated, and Mori was still competing, so Mori was kind of up and coming. Mm. And, um, and Dion Parkery and oh, Ginge, Ian Madgwick, uh, Scotty Wilson, all these guys were all coming up. Like, mm. man, Scotty Wilson's still the best one of the best skateboarders I've ever seen. And his and brother Tony was Tony one of the Wilson, best yeah. snowboarders ever. I can eh? tell you a story about Tony on the vert ramp in the 88 nation, 89 Nationals. It was my oh. first Nationals and I cooked it. I I was skating well and then I just oh, couldn't do a frontside trick. I don't know why. I just blanked out. So I got on the platform, decided I was going to run across to the other end and drop in again. But then mm. Tony was after me and he dropped in. And something happened, like the judges were like, oh, no, no, stop, Tony, it's not your run, Dean's still going. And so he was graciously stepped off, and I carried on, and now I thought, fuck, I've got to do something. So I dropped in, grind air, and then just bust out a cross there and made it, and the crowd went wild. It's like, woo, this is my moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So then Tony dropped into his run, and then Scott dropped in, and one of the first tricks he did was fucking this head high Christ here, just eclipsed anything I did, and then yeah, the crowd went slightly more wild for, for <laughs> Scotty. Well, well deserved. But um, mm. yeah, I was still the grommet at that point. I was still coming up like you know, like I, I it was cool. It was. I mean, we, you talk about nationals and the other ones like snowboard nationals and mm. skateboard nationals, and it's just a reason to get on it, really. And you know, do, do the business end, mm. and then party. So, because it was kind of would I be right with the assumption that the skate nationals is a similar thing, where the whole whole country would converge. Yeah, everyone checks out where everyone's at. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. It's a real step and then let's to, get lit afterwards. Yeah, because <laughs> there were no videos. We weren't seeing mm. videos of guys from Dunedin or Christchurch or Auckland. We were seeing maybe a photo in a magazine if we're lucky or you know and until Ma- um, Manuel came along there was nothing covering Wellington really we were mm. it was very much Auckland dominated but rightly mm. so because they had more skaters and they could fill content pretty quickly and then you get four or five other guys from around the country mm. who were like just amazing but yeah Auckland had it like, like as much as Wellington had the scene like the real hardcore close contact sort of like because mm. with Wellington it's like Dunedin you go to the city, you're in the city, and you skate, but you can go over here, it's two minutes away. Like Auckland's quite different, I guess. you got to go over there, or you go to there. Spread or you go, out quite you know, a bit more. Right? Yeah, 20 minutes to only hunger, or whatever, or 40 minutes. And so you could all just be bumping into each other in town, and um, you know that was cool. But Auckland was just, they were professional. You know, mm. they, Those guys were ahead of us. And the Hamiltonian guys too, like Ian and, and Scotty, um, Gus Coney. Mm. But um, I think that was sort of, I think we felt that way in Dunedin too. I'm yeah. not going to speak for the older guys, but yeah. like I remember when we'd pick up New Zealand skate, we'd be like, oh, it's all Auckland. Oh, yeah. God, there's one picture of Shaka Rad. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and we'd all buy that issue because of that. Yeah. And I think that's what prompted Nigel to start picking a camera up. Yeah. Nigel yeah. Roberts and start documenting the dad. Big, big thank you to Nigel as well because yeah. he took a lot of photos of me and, and like, you know, and, and I live mm. with those guys. Like, we were, the daggers had a dagger pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like yes, yeah, the daggers have come up, but, uh, but. Mm. oh, they'll be coming up a bit later on. Oh, I, reckon, yeah, yeah. I guess with Wellington, I just, I mean, look, I grew up in Parapram, so I had had tight crew from like eighty seven, eighty eight. Mm. You know, like I was fourteen when I got my first skateboard, and and um, it was a pink hooger booger. Uh, freestyle made skateboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Terrible skateboards, bright <laughs> pink, like, pinker than your Tony Hawk, but freestyle shape. So oh, I, right. I got it from the Sterling Sports and Coastlands Mall, like. Um, yeah, the fucking Parapram scene was cool. Like we had, um, oh man, like Hooda, Hooda Thomas, George Jenkins, Tony Kenthorne, Brian Titchens, oh, everybody, you know, Davey, Davey Johnson, and Martin Calco, ROP, is one of my best friends who passed away really young. Um, probably, yeah, one of the better skaters out of Parapram and, and around that area, but he was so smooth. Mm. But just just learning to skate, you know, like that. It's because mm. snowboarding wasn't on the picture then, you know. Like we were, you know, I'm sure those guys, the older boys, have talked about it. That sort of 88, 89 wasn't mm. a big year for snowboarding, yeah, or anything. I don't know much about sort of the concept or the when snowboarding got cool, you know. Yeah, I think it was a few years later. Like yeah. I remember vaguely seeing a snowboarder on the mountain in like 89 as a kid, being like, mm. what, what, what is that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, it, I mean, it was so what, a, what an idea. I mean, it, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, no, there's just times like we wanted to snowboard, obviously, because mm. and we used to like buy rolls of masking tape, tape our feet to our board, 
mm. and he'd skate the very ramp and he couldn't he couldn't fall you know like you, you but that's how we learned doing frontside ears and frontside ollies and backside ollies and you know just trying to go real high because our feet wouldn't move so mm. the, like, yeah i'm confident the board's under my feet i'll just go mm. man fucking the spells we had <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well, June, well, mm. Julianne, she's honestly so, one of my best friends. Um, I'm staying with her this weekend. Mm. Um, no, Ju, I met Ju through her ex-partner, Gabe Chambers, who's a good friend of mine, who's a good skater from the 80s, and him and his brother, Raph Chambers, they lived in this house. Uh, oh, Raph, so he, he's come up and digs one. Yeah, 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 yeah well, he's a prominent DJ, you know, like he's mm. rebel bass, because... Um, yeah, I guess we get on to Queenstown, but yes, a lot of people moved to Queenstown in the late nineties. Um, Raph being one of them, me being one of them, Polder being one of them, and it was just cool. It was good to see familiar faces, and you know, you jump on a mountain and go riding with your buddies you'd grow up skating with. And so, what um, drew you from Wanaka to Queenstown then? What drew me? Yeah, eighty um, dollar no, so, house. Oh right, <laughs> it was there with an amazing view, and mm. just we just decided we change, and so we moved there in summer. But yeah, going back to Julianne, I mean, um, obviously, like I listen to her podcast. I've known the girl for probably 25 years mm. and, you know, I lived in a house with her at Hawkstone Street with a bunch of other crew, like Stewie McKenzie, um, like I said, Mark Samuels. And, and yeah, we always used to joke, like, um, and this is, this is something I mentioned to her the other day, that we used to joke about, like I'd, I'd been going and doing a few demos in like the late 1996, well, I'd been Warped Tour, Big Day Out and doing well at the Nationals, like Top 5 Nationals and... And I'd always joke, I'm going to the Olympics with skateboarding. I'm going to be, like, I'm going to be somebody. We just take it a piss. And then she's mm. like, I'm going to the Olympics with snowboarding. <laughs> and, and see then, who did that. I think I got that one wrong. Yep, yep and there we yeah. go. She did yeah, twice yeah. too. Eh? And that was 96, late 96, mm. 97. So she was already, she already had the plan. She was already mm. going to be at the Olympics. And, and she went twice. Like, yeah. Mm. Like, that's cool and, and listening to her story it's like, I know it's like I said I've known her for years but you don't know like these, this podcast what you're doing is important because fuck now I know about one of my best friends who I didn't know about I didn't know mm. all this history of her and, this, and what she did and it really blew me out of the water same with Dil Butt like, you mm. know, same with all of them like, yeah. you know, and it's like man it's just amazing you know, it's crazy. Like Will Jackwaz, for example, I've been friends with him for twenty something years. Yeah, and yeah. I interview him, and realise I didn't know him at all. <laughs> I think, and it's the, the humility and being humble. You know, mm. They they are high achievers, but they are still just really good people who don't blow their own trumpets. And you know, you get people who do, and it just it's embarrassing. But mm. I think it's a bit of a new, seems to be a bit of a New Zealand trait. Mm. Oh, you know. No big deal, mate. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just like the fact that, you know, they are high achievers and, and, you know, they grew up and it's legendary and that's where, like, you know, we were talking about the magazines and just still photography. That's If there wasn't that, there would have been nothing. Mm. And that's why, like, I'm just still blown away. Like, I've got magazines from, you know, the, the late 80s mm. in the skate scene, like the NZ Skaters and the um, Slides and all those, and I've still got them and I flick through them and it's like... Yeah, wow! Look, that's me twenty-five years ago, and that's Jude twenty-five years ago, and that's Ivan, mm. and that's this, and and that's like any magazine. Like, I think if anyone's got a pile of those New Zealand snowboarders, you know, like just flick through them and just just mm. reminisce and just go, "Fuck that!" There, I remember that. Like, and, that, and that's mm. vocally what you're doing. We're mm. basically reading magazines, aren't we? And, and talking about the times and places. And yeah, well, it's interesting. I was talking to someone about this not too long ago, like how print media is not here now. It's yeah. it's kind of. You know, it's a bit of a memory now. Mm. And um, whereas our whole 
culture, like, as I think it'll be the same with skateboarding as well in mm. New Zealand and snowboard culture, revolved mm. around these ma- magazines that were coming out once yeah. every couple of months. Yeah. And yeah. I'd, I'd wait until I'd go past a petrol station when I knew it was going to yeah, be yeah. a couple of days before. And, and, and that's, that's brilliant because that's the excitement and that was the connection mm. to everyone else doing what but, they were doing. And, and that's like us back in sort of the 80s. Like, um, but I also think it sort of gave a platform where I say as a teenager like a grommet i would look at these writers that i looked up to which all the listeners know who they are now (laughs) and um but it gave them a platform where i'd look at them and to me that was like a terrier or a jamie lynn like it's you know why wouldn't it be there in the magazines yeah yeah and that's what i found skating too yeah i found like when i started snowboarding and i like like i Lived in Christchurch and Ollie and uh, came up for the No Effects gig and he was just chaos. He was like fucking off the wall. I'm like, I've never met anyone like this guy. This is Ollie Berg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was just, they were out skating all night. You know, they were like, the gig happened and then all these skaters went skating everywhere and it was just like, fuck, who is this guy? And I was intimidated because I was like, man, he's like Ollie Burke, you know, like the snowboarder. I'm like, oh, wow. And, it was, mm. and then I got to know him and I was like, he's just Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you get that. You look up to these people, even though, like, like Murray, I still, I am in awe of Murray and Lee, and I know these guys. I've known them for years. And, but Murray is the coolest guy. But, um, you know, and you get... Well, I think it says a lot for Murray that he could have been... Yeah. Like, he had his name on boards with New Deal. Yeah, yeah, and, and Schmidt Sticks. And Sch- Schmidt Sticks, yeah, too. Yeah, his first pro board was... I mean, he, he did the whole Edwards thing, which was New Zealand did support. Did he chuck that in to come back and grow the scene here? I or? do not know. Um, I think, once again, he was probably caught out by Big Pants, Small Wheels, you know, the, oh, the, yeah. the mid-90s, early 90s, because he was, he was huge. He's mm. Murray is still... like they, There was a post on the New Deal site the other day of Murray's run. Mm. It's like probably 30 walls, like backwards and forwards, doing the hardest tricks of the time. And I think he got 12th in the pro comp. So mm. he would have beaten guys who had been pro for years and top of the game. And you know, big names that we He beat, he got, now. I think, he may have got second or third in a comp and whipped Hossoy and whipped all the greats. You know, like there were names yeah. below him that were guys he would have influenced and uh, been influenced by and idolised, much like all of us. And he was in there well above them, just behind Hawk probably. Wow. Or, I don't remember the exact names and, and places, but I know he beat Hossoy. Mm. I know he was a place, and, and Christian Hossoy is a god. I mean, he's a legend in yeah. skateboarding, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. he's, he should be well known. Like, but yeah. there's the thing Tony Hawk got the game, Christian Hossoy went to jail for drugs. <laughs> yeah. So, but Hossoy was better than Hawk. Style, like height, Hossoy was on like 12 foot methods, but well, maybe 10, 10 and a half foot so methods. In that um, Christian Hussoy documentary, they're saying like Tony was more of the technician. Yes. He was more yes. of the. It was, and they said like, "Watch camp. Were you in? Were you in style, or were you in tricks? If you like mm. tricks, you go Tony Hawk." Which, mm. and he even admits he didn't have the best style. And then Grosso even talks about that in one of his love letters of like that even split it further, like Indian tracker, Thrasher and oh, Transworld, NorCal, SouthCal, yeah, like, you know, so the California so scene, and, and yeah, they, there was mm. there was wars, like you mm. know, there was wars, and and then the same. I mean, those guys, just just without yeah. them, it wouldn't be the same. Mm. You know? and so, that's, um, yeah. while we're on the subject of Tony Hawk, did you do a, a big day out with him or something? Yeah. Right. Um, so well, what, what like happened I, there? Well, um, luckily I was still part of the scene in the late 90s, like uh, 96, 97. Um, I was still skating vert. I was... 
living in Wellington, probably the only vert skater apart from Justin Cunningham, which Justin kept the scene alive. He's cool. Um, but I was lucky enough to get chosen because I was sponsored by one of the cheapskates, I think, and um, I was just lucky enough to just be included in a bunch of about six guys that were doing a demo team. So like you got like Steve McIver, Curtis Osborne, um, all the boys like um, Nick Clegg, probably Simon Clegg, um, me, and probably three others, and then obviously Maury. And yeah, and then they have the traveling pros, so Maury, um, uh, Mike Fraser, Tony Hawk. Um, I don't think Neil Hendricks was on that one. But that's got to be pretty intimidating, right? Oh, to be, man. Like, I was standing next to Hawk and I turned him and go, hey, man, how are you enjoying New Zealand? And he just looked at me like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy, cheers. But mm, uh, it was just cool. The height of him being is like bagel bites and all that shit. And, oh, man. we, Yeah. yeah this, this was just, for me, it was in, incredible because I was on a ramp with these guys but also, you turn around to the left of the, of the ramp, you know, you look off the platform, there's Soundgarden jamming on one stage, and then you got, you know, uh, who else was playing? Fear Factory, or, you know, the two main stages are over there, and you're mm. above, how many thousand people? 30,000? Yeah, right. And so all you could see was just heads down to the stage, because we were right at the back of the, the stadium, and um, we just had an over-everyone view to the, to the bands, you know. Damn. And the music was, like, it's... Oh, it was something else, eh? like, and I was so lucky to be included in that because I didn't, I don't know how it managed, but, but yeah, Dave Crab, my big ups to Dave Crab, another legend, mm. like Dave, so, Maury, Lee, and a few others, and Gregor are just the best, best mm. dudes, humble guys, and have done it. Because mm. um, Dave Crab, he was building the ramps or something, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 Dave was the builder. Mm. Um, Dave did. Um, yeah, he did every ramp pretty much. He was before. Um, Jason did the ramp, which is now Zedon's ramp. Um, that was the big demo ramp in 2000, or two, no, 2000 something, 12 possibly. Or mm. um, Yeah, before that it was Dave, and Dave's, a, Dave's an incredible builder, and he did that in the US when he was pro, and he's built Kiri Kiri ramp. And, but um, yeah, Dave was very hey, come mm. skate, man. Cool, let's, let's jam, yeah. Bigger <laughs> smile on skateboarding, you know. Like. So. And, um, but that was just really, really surreal. And I skated well. It was like, wow, well, I really held my own, and... That made me go, okay, what's next, you know? And that was 97. Um, Warp Tour was the year before, I think it was right. 96. Or was it? But that was cool. That was like, we had Fletch and Jim Lindbergh hanging on the state, on the platform, you know, like Pennywise, Pennywise guitarist and vocalist. And, and Vandals were jamming and, you know, like all these incredible punk rock gigs. And, yeah, right. Um, and, um, yeah, Real Big Fish and all these. And we were on a very ramp competing for a world amateur contest, which was the first place got a ticket to go to the US and compete against the other countries that they'd taken the Warp Tour to, like Aussie, US, and uh, I think some European nations. Um I think that year Curtis Osborne won it. Um, Scotty was second, oh, I was third. And then Curtis the Osborne, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Oh man. Like RPM Cur- and shit. Yeah. Curtis was the smoothest. Like he, he was up there. Like as far as skateboarding went, he was on a level above a lot of people. You know? mm. And he, at 13, he was above a lot of people. You know, he was competing in the old nationals at the skate pit in 91. Um, he just blew minds. Same with Stu Kendall, you know. Mm. We got to talk about Stu Kendall. Let's let's yeah. talk about Stu Kendall, man. Oh man, well yeah, yeah Stu R.I.P. One of the 
the the next generation of vert skater that would have taken it to the world you know he would have been he already did he was in a santa cruz video called trips of tomorrow and they edited his part apparently this is the way the story goes they had to edit his part so he didn't show up the pros like Jason Jesse and you know Kendall and all the top mm. pros on the Santa Cruz roster because he was just killing it. Like mm. you'd skate with him in Auckland and he was just the best and and really mellow dude, really quiet. Took it very seriously, but he was destined to be the pro. But um, as many know, he unfortunately passed away in a plane crash out of Queenstown with his brother Fraser and a couple other guys, BMXers and yeah, such tragedy. But at that point. We were all at a demo in Lake Tomorata, which is north of Wellington, uh, north of Auckland, um, Walkworth area, <coughs> and um, we're there like all the all the top pro, uh, top New Zealand skaters like Lee was there, Spitter was there, all the all the big names were there. Maori was in the US, so that I think it hit him hard. But we were all going, Stu's coming, and Stu's going to do this, Stu's going to rip this ramp. It's, I can't wait for him to get here. And he's gone down for New Year's, 96, um, 97. So he's flying back up on the 1st. And then Ian Magiwick twisted his knee or did something to his knee. Had to go to a doctor in the nearest town, um, Walkworth or um, one of the small towns. Came back with the newspaper and, and just said, Stu's dead. And it's like, oh. So for all, it was the weirdest situation because everybody who knew him and was amping for him and knew skateboarding was in the same place except yeah. like, like I said Maury was in the US and it, it hurt him I think because hey, Stu and Maury skated together a lot but but it was just real surreal and um, mm. so we all just stopped skating there's the ramp Stu it's yours so we just stopped skating for about two or three hours then jumped back in and had a session with Stu you know like but just just mind boggling like it, that's, it didn't make sense that's you pretty know. heavy though right you like oh he's gonna show up and mm. he's gonna rip this and mm. then suddenly yeah boom, it, it tore that, people apart because yeah. it was the reality of like you know this guy is the next guy he's going and it was in january and he was going to the states in february to turn pro for santa cruz like right. that was and this is 90 late 90s so santa cruz weren't as huge as they were mm. but they were still the biggest thing you know they were then Powell and Sam, you know other companies had come up but they were still the iconic hardcore brand, you know. Like you see it now, every kid's wearing Santa Cruz socks. But mm. in those days, they were the iconic skate label, the the Jim Phillips time, you know, the Jim yeah. Phillips graphics, and and, uh, and that, yeah, that would have been a big deal in New Zealand getting on there and yeah. All that. I, I think Stu chose Santa Cruz because he was always riding Santa Cruz for um uh, with the, with the the importing company. I forget what they're called, um, but. Yeah, he, he rode Santa Cruz boards religiously, so I think that was his choice, and he mm. he was going, he was doing it, he was he was on their team, and he was an amateur, and the pro model was coming, but mm. just so sad, man, so tragic, and and for his family, they they really fought because, well, without getting too much into it, then mm. the the pilot was inexperienced, and they sent him across the Remarkables, whereas they should have sent him away. Right. He, I I don't even want to talk about it, but you can do the research and find out. And yeah. yeah, they fought for years, and just for the memory of their boys. Yeah. yeah. And and Fraser was the videographer, so he was doing all the videos of Stu. He was doing all the videos of the Auckland scene. He was really quiet guy as well. But yeah, Fraser was was a tough one, man. Because yeah, yeah, nationals after that, like you know, like we talked about Andrew Hayata winning mm. the um, Stuckey Memorial um, Trophy for that. Yeah. bloody chicken wing broken elbow or dislocated shoulder the switch 360 flip and, yeah. and you know he got the trophy and I was like that mattered you know that was like mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially I think the New Zealand skate like 
scene back then, mm. for lack of a better word, was really tight knit. There um, weren't too many of us, you know. Like in, mm. on the vert scene, there was the vert was dead. Vert was like it was coming up again slowly because the wheels mm. became bigger. You know, you could get sixty mil wheels if you're lucky. Like Pig mm. were doing sixty mil wheels. Um, no other company was really doing it because it was. 360 flips double 360 flips mm. it was it was low and technical skating so the wheels were small and the jeans were big yeah <laughs> big pants small wheels scenario mm. so yeah the jeans man i don't know you would have come in at that point where the jeans yeah. were like three but, times two size but so, I just sort of remember like sort of that 97 98 yeah era like like growing up skating in dunedin yeah <clears throat> like you could look at someone's shoes and know who that person was. There was that few of us. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And so, yeah. obviously, something like Stu Kendall, what happened there, yeah. of course, it's going to rock everyone hard because yeah. it's and such a tight Yeah, And because of the talent, you know, yeah. like he, he was taken and it was just sad because we knew he had a future. Like, we mm. knew that he was the guy. He was, yeah. was going to be on that legacy and he still would be now. Yeah. You know, he'd still be ripping it now. Mm. And, you know, like he was doing tricks. No one still does. Like yeah. Miles ahead of it run and trained hard. And it was a, he was a young gymnast to, mm. with full skateboarding. So he had that flexibility, that knowledge of being, you know, self-aware when he's in the air because he'd do like flips and twists. And so he had every 540 variation, every 540 variation. Like you see him in one run, do a stale fish twist, a varial twist or, a, you know, like a melon twist. or And it was just tail grab twist. It was like... We're watching a pro skater right here, and he's mm. just a fourteen-year-old kid from Auckland. You know, yeah, it's like, right. and then you know, and then so was that one of those moments you're like, "Whoa, the yep. the the new breed is here." Yep, yep. yeah, yeah, because he was a little younger than I, I guess I was two or three years older, but yeah, like at mm. the nationals, you would see him just progress, and then mm. next nationals, you'd see him just blow minds, and then he did knock himself out so badly at one of those nationals in Parapram that um, he was told that he shouldn't skate because it'll kill him. <laughs> damn the irony yeah yeah <laughs> and that's what i think is like man like he could have skated forever and it wouldn't have hurt him but and it's just it's real sad because he had a future and he would have been there flying the flag for the kiwi skating and yeah in the vert scene because not too many people have gone on since then um to to like new zealand vert skaters we all kind of just fell stopped stopped riding so the same bit the street guys took over like ed shea and gareth mm. steer and Oh yeah, um, yeah, Bjorn Johnston sort of made yeah. a name for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were coming up early two thousands, but Shay mm. obviously earlier, but because um, he's around my age. But um, yeah, yeah, Bjorn. I mean, Bjorn came out of. I remember meeting Bjorn down in Queenstown when I lived there. Cause they came and some of them came and stayed with me, and and um, yeah, he was like some eleven year old kid, and he was mm. just the prodigy, you know. Like he was, he was going nuts and doing every trick and taking him under his wing. It was a boom, a boom tour. Um, like mm. Shane Wallace probably came through Dunedin too. I think it was. 99? Oh, 2000? Um, I think, uh, yeah, like Levi. Yep, yeah, yeah. Levi, um, the white Gotta give props to Levi. Levi is the coolest Levi guy. Yeah. One of, he's such a good dude. I'm good friends with him and he's, I just like him. He's, mm. You can't not like the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that he's sort of been caricatured, caricatured as this next yeah. minute dude when he's got all this yeah. other shit. Yeah, yeah, his you art know, and, and his, I mean, his skateboarding, his downhill skateboarding, it's like, dude, like... Fucking bonkers, eh? Like... Like, I watch that shit and I shit myself. Like that like, I'm, Milford Sound shit he did. It's like, yeah, fucking hell. Like, and and that's cool because I was mm. I lived a few years ago we um, lived in Macra, which is over the hill from Karori in Wellington, and my partner and I we had dogs in the car and 
came up the hills really steep winding winding hill like it's, it's it goes down to macra beach or south macra road which i used to live down the end of and farmland basically and just so yeah there's a bunch of skaters at the top of the hill and it's like fuck i recognize that guy's levi so i turned around and went back and it was mm. just levi standing at the top of my hill oh bro i live just down the road and so fuck man and yeah met the pups and you know he, he had his pup remington for years like dog lover once again but mm. um no he's cool levi i met levi mm. at like 15 16 so i think years i old. met him on that boom tour like yeah. but i was just a fucking mm. yeah, part like of a, a yeah. kid being like whoa you're amazing and mm. all that mm. shit you know and the watine brothers were there too oh yeah justin Seekham, r.i.p yeah. Seekham, man yeah like, once again just natural talent but yeah, yeah justin state um started skating again and like mm. they're shay's cousins so yeah, no way. In the blood, you know, like oh. big staunch Maori skaters that just absolutely rule. Mm. I'm yeah. just Seekum being like, this first time I ever met Seekum was the year before the Boom Tour came mm. to Dunedin. Yeah, we had that indoor park up that it was like a um, the rollerblades had it as well for roller hockey. And it was like above the agriculture center. And um, don't think I skated there, one. I don't know, but I just learned frontside 180s. Well, I was, I was mm. learning frontside 180s, mm. and Seekum was like, dude, you just keep your foot on. I'm like, what? Yeah. And right, you know, like, I didn't, I like, he didn't have to do that, he didn't have to take, he actually took time out, yeah, yeah. And, and was like, no, no, you gotta do this and put your foot and do this, yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking doofus over here in the corner yeah, yeah you know like i wasn't was not ripping and he yeah. fucking did that and then i landed my first one and he fucking high-fived me I was like whoa yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and that's like and, you know looking up to a superhero and that's that's how i always looked mm. at the pros like that was superheroes you know mm. i never thought i was one of them but i always looked to seek him and justin like they were superheroes you know like shay mm. superhero and just the skills you know mm. and like i guess i don't mean superhero but i mean just skilled beyond but normal you know, like average people 20... and, and also the attitudes because like being a random vet skater barely seeing these guys every time they'd be like hey bro how are you doing man how are you you know like really mm. really like warming and inviting and, and comforting and going and encouraging and then exactly mm. what you got from Seekham was exactly who well, they are you know every time I'd sort of every now and then I'll you know front side when I'd on to a ledge or something yeah. like oh, Seekham yeah. you know well, like, Seekham and yeah. that's 20 something years ago and he doesn't really, he'll never know how much that, yeah, that one changed moment. everything. Yeah. And then, but also it was presented to me of that's how you are. Yeah. So it was a point where I actually got better. At yeah, 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 yeah. You crossed then, all the milestone off and then. And then say like a few years later, I was about 22 and mm. I was, this, so this is about 2002. And I was still not the best guy in the park because this is the height of the Phil Frost daggers fucking oh, nah shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember skating the park by myself and this kid come up to me and went, oh, how do you skate that bowl? And I was like, well, here's, here's what I do. And all I was doing is yeah. figure eight doing it, right? In yeah, Wellington. yeah. I was like, all these other dudes do bigger stuff, but here's what I do, right? Mm. And this kid and it's like, took, you know, just remember back to that sequence thing, took the time out. Yep. Like, right, drop from here, I'll hold you. Mm. And just stay on that wall and boom and and then yeah, yeah, yeah. And, do you know who that kid was uh morph josh Malthus. Yep, yeah yeah morph. yeah i imagine because yeah. he's that era like cause, and uh and then <laughs> so then, you 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 basically gave him the secret moment you know like you you he now will sit here one day and talk about that moment that you changed his life and it's oh, like yeah I, I mean we've had those through skating and that's the best thing about skateboarding mm. it's not discouraging it's encouraging you know <clears> everybody <throat> just goes 
and and it's like the whole word courage you know you've yeah. got to have the courage to try it don't let somebody put you off and mm. if somebody says hey i can help you with that listen like when yeah. oh, i know what i'm doing shut up you know like i find a lot of people these days like they know what they're doing so don't worry but but when somebody takes time to say hey look i, I can show you how to do it. i can make your life a little easier mm. yeah we'll call that and, a second moment yeah, it's just like yeah man because it's just like a matter of like oh, i'll put your foot there put... but mm. see i didn't even think about that with josh right yeah it's yeah. like Oh, yeah, yeah, this is what you do, and yeah. rad, man, because that was literally, a few weeks later, I'd fucked off back up to Wanaka to do the winter season, Yeah, yeah. and then fucked off overseas. What year was that? Uh, so this was 2002, 0102. Oh, so you guys were definitely milling about, because yeah, this was Yeah, he was like, part of the Daggers, um, Young Dagger crew back mm, in, because we lived in a house. Because, so I felt, I'd, I'd seen him around, and I always felt bad for him, because the kids from the uh, that mm. age picked on him a bunch. And I would have thought he'd smash them. <laughs> I think he was. I, I, I don't really know, but I just remember seeing seeing him get a hard time. But he skated more than the kids that gave him a hard time. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, you're all right then. Yeah. And yeah. then so anyway, I, but I didn't even think about this fucking figure eight thing. Like whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I probably couldn't even do that well, now. Well, you look at him now. And, so yeah, um, he's still doing those figure eights, probably the same way. Dude, like, so I fucked off up here and then yeah. went here straight to America. Fucking. You know, went away traveling and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, came back in 03, and this was when the park was built in Dunedin, the yeah, train the new one, train yeah, station down. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was there with Nigel Roberts. He's like, what do you think? So I just got back from Canada. I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. And it's like, dude, I just got back from Washington. They've put a street park in. It's fucking crazy, too. Like, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, wow. I hear this, hey, bro. And... <laughs> And it was like, what? And I turned around, and there's this little Jim Greco lookalike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went straight up to the fucking faucet and just flew off and boom, just fucking ate shit. I'm like, who the fuck was that? And he's like, oh, Nigel's like, oh, that's some some kid, Josh. He's a fucking ripper. And it's like, looked, it's like, holy shit, that's that kid. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No way. And then, because yeah. I think Nigel and those dudes would take him under his wing. Yeah, well, he was hanging at our place, because um, um, I lived with Nigel um, when I moved to Dunedin in 2000, mm. um, no, 99, sorry, um, moved from Queenstown to late 99. Like I said, my first year snowboarding properly was Cheeseman, not Cheeseman, sorry, fuck. We used to hike Cheeseman car park, like go drive up to the car park and ride down when on, oh, most yeah. of the mountains were closed, but um porter heights so the yeah and then 97 we did a trip down to queenstown uh and wanaka and i did closing day or 97 and it was just tussock runs with rion Mm. (laughs) and but yeah then um 90 late oh man i'm getting lost here so 98 wanaka and then late 98 moved to queenstown like, mm. like I said, we got a two-bedroom apartment downstairs in Fern Hill for $80. Mm. And the views are incredible. It's a coolest place. We lived there for, I think, over a year. And then um, Raphael Chambers, who, like, the DJ, um, he moved in. And then Dylan Butt moved in once we moved out. And we moved down the road. But the skate scene at that point was, yeah, Polder turns up, um, all those boys. I mean, everybody. Like even yeah, like Sam Duvall. What a ripper on a skateboard. Like Sam Duvall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was killed it. And Matt Finlay. Matt Finlay That's was right. there. Yeah, yeah. He was amazing. He's like he was from the old like old national time too, like mm. the old late eighties. He was a ripper, Auckland ripper, mm. uh, snowboard ripper too. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, Sk- I snowboarded right. with him a few times, and it was just amazing. Like he had the skate style, and he had the tricks, and and that was you know. 
That was Coronet. Um, that's right. He was on uh, Taipei or something. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, mm. yeah. But in um, the heaps of other guys, I mean, it was. But the skate scene was cool, you know. Like and Nathan Greenwood, like Nathan Greenwood, who does uh, Gorge Road now and stuff. Eh? Gorge yeah. Road, yeah. He's he's the probably the. I don't know about um, dirt jumps. I did ride mountain bikes for a while, but he built Dream Track, like over in Queenstown. Mm. He built most of the stuff. He built Gorge Road, and fought for that to stay on. Like you know, that was a big fight for those guys. Mm. But um, yeah, he was skating. I knew him from skating from years ago. He came down and stayed with Doug Kelleher, who's another. I remember Duck. You'd, you'd yep. know Doug. Yep. Like real good. Yeah, Doug's got this tattoo on his head of a question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we used to call him the Riddler. But um. <laughs> What an amazing skater Doug is. Like, mm. one of the Unreal best. Smith grinds. Oh, they ask me who does, does the best Smith grinders, Doug Kelleher. Mm. Mm. And, um, and, and the welt and his truck, you know, the Indies would be so badly ground or so amazingly ground that lock in and not move because he's mm. that's a Smith grind, you know. Mm. But, yeah, so the, the 99 scene was just cool. Like, we just mm. rode so Coronet, rode Remarkables heaps, which yeah. Remarkables was the best. We'd hike and go outward bound, homeward bound and... Like, that was my snowboarding. Was, I just didn't really relate to the skate park thing or the snow park thing. Um, mm. And then, ironically, I started working on snow park. <laughs> did four years at snow park in, uh, in the kitchen as a mm. chef. Um, Were you riding with, like, Leggett and those dudes? Not really. I was, I was way behind those guys. Um, mm. Like I said, I rode with my partner, Helen, who, who was just just really good rider. So I learned from her. I rode mostly with girls. Mm. Um, but that was cool because that's where I was at. I had no idea of what i was doing i actually got injured by not knowing what i was doing mm-hmm. um yeah so i just wanted to learn but i wanted to have fun and i wanted it to be a, a little bit less aggressive than some dudes you know if i've gone riding with those guys it would have been better but it wouldn't have had the same fun if that yeah. makes sense like i wasn't on their level so i would have mm-hmm. been struggling to keep up and mm-hmm. i would have wanted to keep up but i wouldn't have been able to so probably would have got hurt but but just riding with the girls and riding like um with like Whoever's around. I mean, you mm. know, Nick Burke comes up. I think I did a few runs with him. You name it. Um, Nick Jobling. Uh, name it. Everyone. Mm. Matty Proctor. Whoever was in town at that time. Yeah. If you got on a lift with them, you'd ride with them. But, mm. um, so you mentioned sort of 99, the skating. Mm. So, you like, was Craig... Who else was around? Oh, them? yeah, like Craig, Craig Strong. Strong. I can't not mention Craig. Craig you must have skated with, like, a lot of the... Like, the sub twenty like legs and those yeah yeah places. yeah um, yeah all of them like um, from Glenn to um, Nathan to you know like um, Glenn Howe um, Tony Howarth um, everybody Sammy Duvall uh, Johnny Ewington who was like the little grommet oh, little, right. little Johnny I remember like, him yeah. like he could rap back in those days he still raps now doesn't he but what up Johnny but uh, <laughs> yeah he, he was it was cool. It was just a really, really cool summer scene in a small town. Like, Queenstown was tiny at that point, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it was just, the park was the park. It had that cool mm-hmm. quarter pipe. And then it had the, the ramp that eventually got cut down, um, which was about, I think, about eight and a half, maybe mm-hmm. nine, which you could ride like a very ramp um, mm-hmm. if you really wanted to. And the um, weird concrete transitions there too oh yeah yeah does Calvin Mears get a shout for that (laughs) I I don't know yeah yeah I think Calvin designed that park or something we were talking about it earlier I think Mm. but anyway it didn't matter because it was bound to go and in those days like like any skate park or any terrain you you adapt and you ride and it makes you better if it's if it's hard to ride you'll become better Mm. and you'll learn to ride it and you'll go somewhere else this is nice I can ride this a bit Mm. easier but 
That's yeah, it's like the worse the terrain, the better the skater is the way mm. I've, I've always looked at it. And so I always, you know, with bowls and things, always try and ride it like Dunedin Bowl. Mm. is not a bowl like anywhere else and it's really hard to ride but my god it's the buzz you get out of that thing and it's no flat bottom so yep. you're you're not thinking I've got time to think you're like I've got no time to think you're on the next wall at the top in like two seconds as, and you're as soon like, as you're oh. at the bottom you're staring yeah. straight up this yeah. fucking wall and like. it's tall and it's you know it's tight and, and if you got anything in there you were like my god that's the sickest thing mm-hmm. I've ever done Right, as I said before, like I just did figure eights and, yeah. and I was like, well, <laughs> cool. Well, I feel yeah, like yeah, I've yeah, done yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah. and that, that's yeah. like any challenge that you set. It's like, I want to do this. And mm. you do it. You go, ah, the buzz mm. you get from that. And that's, that's like anything. And I think skating is different from snowboarding in that aspect where snowboarding is a long, continuous line where you plan it out and you have fun and you go, I'm going over there. And, you know, you get that buzz continuously. Whereas mm. skating, you can get it from one trick. Yeah. That adrenaline and that, that endorphin rush and that, that drug and... You know, you do, you, like today, I dropped in on Zedon's vert ramp, buzzed me out. I've, I've dropped 14-foot ramps maybe three times, and mm. I, the ramps I grew up skating with 10 or, or 11, like I said, and I kept it in. So 14-foot ramp with all that vert, and I'm going, just going, I don't, I don't know, I stood out there, dropped, and went, wow, like, the yeah. adrenaline and the speed, and that ramp is different, though, that's, that's, that's a world-class ramp, man. Like, he's got, he will be, get better and better and better. It's been crazy watching him. It's not grow long. Into a, yeah, he hasn't had it long, and he's mm. just really mastered the art. You know? Well, I mean, when he started skating, and he was like um, mini shred, and mm. fuck, I mean, 2017 doesn't seem that long until you see a picture of Zedan because mm. 2017 was when the anti-hero dudes were in. Oh, Monica, the, yeah, the, the and, tour. Yeah. And fucking Grosso was there. And, you know, Grosso's not here now. Mm. And well, I mean, it's just like there's no fucking way I'm standing on my board with yeah, these dudes yeah, around, yeah. you know, because holy shit. But and, then, you know, the irony is they were—you would have had a second moment. You would have mm. had like them going, "Hey, man!" Like Grosso, going, "Hey, dude!" Like, but you, you got to do it this way. And that then. happened with Grosso yeah. and Zedan. I don't yeah. know if Zedan remembers it, but yeah. um, it was something like Zedan was the only one because we're all, you know, like when yeah. you get to a certain age, you get a bit more conscience or whatever. Like, yeah. fuck this Julian Stranger, I'm sitting the fuck yeah, down. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um. And Grosso was stressing it on this board slide and all this. Yeah. And Zedon was just a kid hanging around. And I mean, I remember, like, he looked at Grosso and Grosso was like, you go, mini shred. Yeah, right. And it's like, man, that's... That's cool. Yeah. How cool is that? And I hope uh, I hope Zedon remembers that because Grosso is no longer with us. Mm, Grosso's mm. a fucking legend. Well, know, if he listens know? to this, he'll know. He'll, yeah, go, he'll yeah. go, was that Jeff Grosso? Or yeah. he'll know and he'll be in sub... In his heart, he'll be going, my God, he was Jeff like Grosso. a hella kid that didn't really uh, yeah. know what, I, I'm assuming he didn't know what anti-hero was. Or, yeah, he was learning, learning know, about was brands like, and learning about mm. what's cool. And he, yeah, and, and that is an amazing story because, you know, mm. the, like, I mean, Grosso, R.O.P. Grosso, mm. the, he, he told it like it was and he, he did much like what you could do, like with skateboarding. Hey, you, Tony's <laughs> going to do a new podcast about skateboarding. <laughs> no, but, I am not the dude. <laughs> I wish I was. But there's so many people. Well, I talked place. about it months. Uh, end of last year was Sean Ritchie, um, and we're both deaf. Like I'm sixty mm. percent hearing loss. Um, Sean's more. He said, and and I apologise to anyone out there who knew me before I was thirty nine and didn't have hearing aids. Um, I don't know what the fuck you were saying. <laughs> I just lied and like people told me like you're weird man because you just say something that didn't 
come into the conversation. It was miles away, and I'd be like, yeah, I was deaf, and I was faking it, and I don't want to admit it. So was this when you were doing the radio show with Zinni as well, the oh, punk Jesus. rock radio yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were yeah. deaf doing a radio show. Yeah, but I think if there was me and, like, there was Aaron, Aaron Perry, um, mm. cool guy once again. I, I'm so lucky to have been involved in that radio show. Like, that was, that was something, my God. My Don't first day on it, I decided that we were going to do a six-pack challenge, and it was to the song Black Flag Six-Pack. Mm. Two minutes and two seconds to consume a six-pack. We did it. I got second to this young kid. But you could do it in two minutes. You can drink six pack in two minutes. I'm pretty sure Dogger and I got kicked off that show like did a you? year or so, years. Yeah. Year did, did you guys take it over, or did you? Uh, someone I knew from the school that worked in rentals, Kate, took it over with this okay. dude, Blair and Jeremy. Jeremy, and, American dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I did it with Jeremy. I knew I Jeremy. Him and, yeah. yeah. So I think Jeremy. Oh, uh, root beer. Root beer. Root on beer. Miller. Yep, yep. Jeremy Miller. Yeah, I've got to so, give him a shout out because he once again influenced me. One of my favourite bands of all time. I never knew about them against me. Oh, right. And I heard them and I went, what the fuck is this? Like, it was the acoustic album. And my God, I still love that band. Mm. Even though Tom became Laura, like, mm. you, you know about that. Nah. Tom Gable sung, was it basically was against me. This is completely off topic, but punk rock. Um, yeah, Floridian band. Tom Gable decided he was going to do this band and he had all these songs and... Mm released some of the greatest songs I've ever heard and the acoustic album if you haven't heard it's just mind-blowing and he then they cancelled a tour that we were going to in Wellington in the mid-2000s and then about six months later the Rolling Stone story about how Tom Gable was going through transition to become a woman all right he became Laura Jane Grace but if you go back to some of the albums I think it's the one of the last songs on New Wave it's called Oceans, and it said the second chorus is um, second sorry um, verses. If I could have chosen, I would have been born a woman. And mm. my mother once said she would have called me Laura. And he goes on to about how she would have married a guy and lived and you know done this. And right, four or five years later, so it becomes reality. It's almost a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was completely. Mm. He was laying it down. Sorry, can I say he or she? He was he at that point. Yeah, Tom later down to the future that he wanted to become a woman mm. you know if he could have chosen and that's like that's in yeah. punk rock you don't get that you know no. and transitioning you know men becoming women or women becoming men it's, it's fairly common these days so you know i think it's great like, mm. but um but, but jeremy to just to go but, back jeremy yeah. was like such a education in punk rock and hard yes like yeah and he was all like I remember playing Clutch one day. He's like, oh, yeah, those are awesome dudes. I hang out with them all the time. I was like, yeah. what? I like, think he was a roadie for some big bands. Mm. He, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook still. He gave mm. me a black flag T-shirt. I've got photos of it, like a, a, um, Queenstown photos. I still have it. And I saw him laying carpet in the house next door when I was living in Wanaka. And mm. then I met him and he was wearing it. I mean, oh, dude, you're the guy from my neighbor's house doing the, the carpet. And he goes, yeah, man, what can I do? Punk rock. And covered in tattoos. At that point, mm. I'd had a lot less tattoos than I have now. I'm not going to say Jeremy inspired me to get heavily tattooed, but it's your fault, Jeremy. I <laughs> 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 love it. Uh, but yeah, root beer on his knuckles, man. That was the coolest thing. Seth Sober, mm. he was a Strailish guy. Yeah. You know, and he the, was. The yeah, that's how we clicked was. Yeah. And I call myself that, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah but he, he was. Because, yeah, it was. Initially, it was Zinni and Ezra, Aaron Perry. Mm. Um, so. They had a following. Those guys were the coolest. Zinni was. Zinni, Zinni, Zinni. What more can you say? The guy's a madman. He's one of the funniest guys you will ever, ever meet in your life. 
His um, his snow park snow reports. Oh. I wish we had recordings of those. Oh, they were phenomenal. They may be around somewhere, but I doubt it. Like mm. you know, you want to talk to Sal Norman about that because I think. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he just had a way of not giving a fuck, and it's like mm. that's that's cool. That was and refreshing. Like because, the best MC for an event. Yeah, and he <laughs> had the voice of like this deep nasally because he had a nose on him, like he's yeah. sort of similar to mine, but bigger. But. Uh, <laughs> He was just an outrageous dude, and yeah, it's a shame he has gone off and settled down now because he had a future in something like mm. local, you know, radio or definitely had a face for radio, which <laughs> I, I also <laughs> would say I do too because I'm not going to take the piss out of Zinni. But that was the funnest thing, and we would mm. get so drunk that you know, you, you like six pack challenge the first thing, drink six beers, and it's only the first two and a half minutes of the show. Mm. We're there for two hours, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it was just Aaron had a real like, in depth knowledge of music, and mm. he was the DJ. And then he asked me, I said, Oh, I've got a bunch of CDs. He'd come over and part like he was good friends with my flatmate, Tim Searing and Sharon Parker. And so he'd come over, like, yeah, cool. We'd listen to music, we'd chuck on music or whatever, talk music. And then he goes, Come on down, like, come down. And so I put all my CDs in a bag and took it down. And at that point, didn't realize you could plug your computer in. Mm. <laughs> so I had all my music on the computer, but I'd take that 200 CDs. And so we, he just said, Come down. And then it was just a Tuesday night ritual. Mm. And it was out the back of that old record store, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, was it not Platinum? No, it was. Played again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, again. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Platinum was mm. somewhere else, but um, yes, Sam. Um, so I think Sam, yeah, she so ran it. Ended up getting on with Jeremy and those guys, mm. and then it moved to Kai, and then mm. and that, that's where I first met Dogger. And uh, that's right, it was upstairs. So, yeah. yeah, so like Dogger, and then I think that as a guy came back on board and shit. Yep, cool. And um, I don't know, I, Dogger might be able to. Uh, there was a lot of banter being thrown around, and then I think Dogger and I were kicked off the show. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's a shame, because that's what it used to be about. Like, we would be dropping fuck. Uh, so we'd be playing at Kai. Like, we'd be playing over mm. the radio, and we'd throw on, you know, some of the whole of swearing on it, and they'd have to turn it down. And then there'd be me going, yeah, fuck, that was fucking awesome. And, and the, you know, people probably there eating their dinner going, um, is this mm. not a family show? That's right. Dogger... Um, what was it? We just thought we were funny because I don't know. It broke off, and suddenly Dogger and I had like a half hour set. Yeah, yeah. And Dogger was playing fucking like black metal, and I was playing like Fugazi and shit. Well, <laughs> the good and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was it? I I don't know. I think Asa might have sent him a text, and Dogger bit back and started. Okay, that's right. Asa was building the fucking rip on set. The rip-on uh, yep, scaffold. Yep, stage or the, yeah, yeah. And so Dogger bit back and said something about, oh, if you want a free pass to rip-on, give this number a text right now <gasps> or some shit right. like that. <laughs> as much and, as I like what he did, I mm. can't say that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or something like that. And then, you know, they're very funny back and forward. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, this looks like fun banter. I'll get in. It's like, don't worry. As you can't be here, we got some limp biscuit coming up for you next or something. I think that might have like flipped the whole thing. Yeah, and we showed up a week later, and they're like, like just waiting to have our turn. Yeah, and our yeah. turn didn't happen. Oh man! <laughs> and we're like, 
oh, I guess we're not in this anymore. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Azza was Azza took it really seriously, and he was real mm. professional. It was his mm. his turntables, his um, CD DJs, and like mm. I said, so, we used to just plug in our so, computers. Sorry, and, Azza. Oh man, I'm sure he's over it now. But um, but yeah, like I said, in depth knowledge of, of music, and Zinni was just the funniest guy. So I was Azza down because basically we were in the back cupboard. It was mm. the it was wide as. I mean, maybe a meter and a bit wide with all the equipment yeah. on a bench, and so there was Aaron down there, Zinni in the middle with a microphone, and then me at the other end. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. And then I didn't know I was deaf at that point because, long story short, it took me thirty nine to realise I needed hearing aids. And like I said, I just faked it. So I, I think that I would probably be listening to it through headphones, and then Aaron would have his on maybe like volume of like five or six. Boom, there's doing 10 or 12, you know, like I've got mm. it on. Uh, so the volume range was way up, if, as far as I can remember, well, what I think may have happened. But but um, no, that was, honestly, that was one of the coolest things that we've done. And because that mm. led to live DJ gigs, like we did, you know, I, I assume the name Black Jean Dean or um, Dean the Hunted or, and we did gigs for like at Red Rock for the punk rock parties and the, um, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, we did, was that when like the Bleeders came to town and shit like um, that? Bleeders, don't mention Bleeders. Oh, no? <laughs> that sucked. Uh, Aaron brought them to town and oh, yeah. the singer punched him in the face. Then they wanted to kill him and then um, like they killed the singer. Uh, it, it, what? Like Aaron loved them. It was, mm. as it was fucking, Breeders are great. Breeders are great musicians mm. and great, cool sound. But now the guy um, was just—I think Ezra was just a bit drunk and just doing some slamming and slam dancing, which you do at a punk rock gig. And well, I took offence to it, Angelo, I think his name is, and just whoosh, mm. pop. Damn. And then yeah, and it was just like what a downer, like you know. Yeah, and then yeah. the cops showed up, and then the gig was cancelled, and they ran away like Angelo had because there was guys wanting to crack him, and it was just. Yeah. But like all the hard work Aaron did to get them here and then the guy shat on him basically. And yeah, like he yeah. was the promoter, you know, as yeah. far as I can remember. And, but yeah, fucking okay. Still like the breeders. But mm. But I've seen some wicked ass bands in um in Red Rock though. And Paddy's back in the day too. Like fuck, yeah, yeah. you used to get like die 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 and fucking Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, like God. Deja Voodoo, The Have. Deja Voodoo. Yeah. yeah. Man, I was, was yeah, there's some good gigs there. Like there mm. you know, and, and I mean De La Soul played Monica. That's know, like, right. Um, I, I forget that I've actually seen De La Soul. <sighs> that was through Leon Eru hooked that up. No, 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 no. Was it not? Nothing to do with me. Um I, No, it was Leon Eru. Oh Leon. Oh. I uh, thought it was Leon Eru hooked probably, up De La Soul. Probably Leon was obviously fuck telling the snowboard a good skater. Mm. Um D I E like, Yeah, like, yeah. Um but I think yeah, he's a promoter. He he did all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, what's Dirty Old Nights? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine it was. I imagine he had some part mm-hmm. of it because you know that was his gig and he did that. And, but yeah, those those live shows, man. Like we would just play everything from ACDC to punk rock or whatever nature Ramones or you, you name it. We we had free reign and we'd play mm-hmm. regular at Red Rock. Um, I think it was like Wednesday Thursday night or something. <laughs> so I'd finish my restaurant ship, go to the gig and. Yeah, have worked like nine hours in a restaurant, then go to the gig and do sort of two and a half hours of playing punk rock. And I got paid a beer because Aaron was taking the money, and that was fine with me because I was a drinker at that point. And mm. um, and and he he set it all up. It's like I said, his equipment, his knowledge, his his doing all the gig, doing them, getting it getting it happening. So he deserved the money. I would have liked some, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, and that was yeah, that led on. We did probably five or six gigs, you know, like um, punk mm. rock parties and. Yeah, they were real open to what we did. And then we did a few down at um, the back of Red Rock, used to be called Canteen. 
Mm. And I was a chef there, so we got it down there as live shows. It wasn't super successful. It wasn't like as good as a Red Rock. It was it was a bit quieter, but the same thing. We just you know once again Metallica to God knows what you know like mm. anything bad brains. We would play. I would play whatever I felt like, and mm. and I liked a lot of sort of angry punk rock and yeah. like Black Flag and Rollins. Is, Rollins is my hero, you know. Like mm. I want to be Henry Rollins basically. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not that cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, those things were just amazing, you know. Mm. And that was Wanaka. It wasn't so much. Yeah, there was no skate, no snow scene. There was like once everybody came down from the hill, it was music playing and which bar are you going to and like you know who's DJing or what bands coming to town. So Wanaka had the most amazing scene. Mm. and yeah it's guys like Aaron and Leon and and they created it like it wasn't Mm. there and Sam Gilmore which R.O.P she's an amazing woman Um, she yeah did brought a lot of bands to you know they they just did what they had to do to make Mm. music happen in the local town and at that point Wanaka was tiny you know it was still a really small town Mm. not like it is today yeah she's a bit of a different town now oh man because I left here in 2009 um, 2008 sorry moved to Queenstown um, and Queenstown was quiet, you know. I like was mm. still getting a house for 300 bucks, three bedroom house, and up on Thompson Street. And you would, Wanaka was cool, Wanaka was tiny, and it was mm. still had that thing. And we used to ride through where all the houses are now, like Sticky Forest and um, Naitahu Forest. And mm. I saw today half the trees are being felled, and now yeah. you can see the trails. Mm. And it's like we were mountain biking in there in like 2000, sort of 2005 to about, I left in 2008, and I'd kind of stop riding but man those forests was like that world class mm. tracks well it's crazy like North Lake like I remember we'd go there and do burnouts and shoot guns <laughs> <laughs> right you could probably go yeah. do burnouts and shoot guns but you might be arrested yeah yeah <laughs> couldn't really do that well while we're talking about Wanaka I sort of want to rewind the tape a few years because we mentioned a bit of a fixture a couple of characters that are a fixture in Wanaka mm. was Ollie Burke and Rion no oh, Jesus Moreland Mor- <laughs> um, those boys eh so ha- um, Ollie's told me I've got to ask you about the boardhouse ramp. Yes, well, so. I think you know quite a bit about it already. But <laughs> um, I, I will say this: I had nothing to do with the theft of it. Um, <laughs> I have been told by my lawyer to not comment. It's still active, and yeah, I, I no comment. Um, but the fact that it was enough in Monica was the best thing that could have happened to it because yeah. you look what it became. Um, mm. You know, Rion was pipe bending the, the bowl coping, and it was like bent like with an angle you know it had like a, a, a kink angle like it was and that was the bowl coping so when you'd go on you'd be like did it did it did it did it right but for a ramp that was like what two and a half three feet tall with a foot of vert and then the extension it was just mind-boggling like we didn't know i didn't know how to skate it like everyone else i remember dave barrel and nick blair and those guys came over for a contest from dunedin and they were dropping and going what the fuck is this ramp how do we ride this and then you got guys like Arlo Barnett and me, Sammy Castle, uh, Ollie Rion. They had already mastered it. A um, bunch of other guys um, like um, Cam Reeve, um, Pete Chanos, uh, Dan Clark, and then the girls as well, like um, Alicia, Katie Keane, um, yeah, Katie Wolf. Mm. Yeah, oh, Jude, Jude killed it. Jude was already mm. way ahead. She was like, Jude was winning nationals back in 96 on skateboards, you know, mm. like. Joe was yeah. Joe's one of the best skateboards the country's had, uh, and female, and and um, once again, you know, she's just got the talent and did it mm. and, and learnt. But yeah, we always go skating like because yeah, I lived in that house with Joe and we would just bomb hills and she'd be mm. with us. 
mm. you know, and it was it was just cool. Yeah, that girl's got no fear. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so this ramp was... Because, oh. <clears throat> I mean, I'm mean, insane in Diggs one. Like, mm. while I rocked a fakie that and felt like I'd achieved something, mm. you know, and... <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, well, that was it. And that, like... That extension, I think, came out of pieces of wood. Like, there was just, like... It was the normal ramp, and then it's, like, they had a little extension, and it's, like, let's just build it up, you know? Mm. Let's, let's, like... Everybody was just, like, hand-cutting a piece of wood to fit in a gap so we could finish it and skate it. And, and then when we finished it, man, the energy was huge, and the levels of skating went up, and, you know, mm. bones were broken, and blood was shed. And But, yeah, the extension was... And you think about who would ride it now, like if guys like, you know, the local talent would just be killing it. They'd be blunt flipping out of that thing. And, you know, like it would be mind boggling. Like Zedon would be doing seven foot back set ears out of it. But uh, it's, it was a ramp that like no one knew how to really ride. And it was just. Did that sort of just level the playing field then? Because it was just so different to what anyone else was used to. It's like, well, we've all got to learn this together then. And I mean, I rode tight quarter pipes like when people were building quarter pipes back in the day they, were, they wanted to build them like a two foot ramp with you know almost a vert because that's what they thought was was the case and um, and so I'd kind of adapted to riding things like that I'd learn a couple of things on, on tight ramps and you know backyard ramps in those days people just built them not knowing what to build and you know mm. they were tight they were sketchy they were falling apart and, and that's what the Wanaka ramp was and it was mm. it was just oh, I don't know how to explain it but yeah, like I said earlier, when people ride something that's not the best, they become mm. better, mm. and they they put more of themselves into it because they want to get it. You know, like when you ride a perfect ramp, I rode the bowl today, mm. and it was just wow, so smooth, so easy, so open, and did some grinds, and then, but then you think back to the Wanaka ramp, like dropping in was a challenge. Mm. You know, you couldn't just get on that ramp and go, yeah, I can do my tricks. But and that's that's where a lot of people adapted. And Ollie and Rion, obviously, I mean Rion is such a style of skateboarder and a stylish dude but, mm. um, and Ollie was yeah like a really aggressive and like early grabbing and <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's just it, there was so many people involved in that mm. session like Joel Westcott was there and you know all these skaters and, and guys who had skills and, and mm. but the, the sessions every day after the mountain was closed bang to the ramp for like an mm. hour session or a half hour session and, and there'll be 30 people skating mm. it was so how did you meet ollie and rion like how did they come into the picture um, with you rion i met through his partner bex who did pink who was really good friends with my partner helen all oh, right um and drew and like that were the type they were the girls yeah. the pink girls and and jackie robertson and rion i met i think it was a jedi skate contest in palmerston north like right. the jedi crew from palmy at hardcore crew I've heard of Junior Penny. Junior's one of the best skaters to come out of New Zealand. Um, he's in Melbourne now, skating like Renton Miller and just killing it. Cool guy, very cool guy. Um, but the Jedi crew were like these, like, um, I think his name is Space, uh, Brent Warbrick, Swarbrick, uh, Warbrick. But they had a ramp in the front of the yard and they would every now and then throw in a Jedi jam and they were the Jedi crew. And um, so we'd go up from Wellington, go up there, and then um, Bix came up and Rion was there and he's then Bex and I think the girls were going back to Wellington it's like oh can you look after my boyfriend you know and it's like so yes we Rion took him under our wing and he ripped and I think that's where I met him first because that was about 96 but uh and then Ollie like I said met him at um he came to stay with us up in Christchurch um where I was living uh for the no effects gig that would have been 90 
I remember hearing about that gig because all the older dudes from Dunedin yeah. went up to it and shit. Oh man, it was yeah. mind blowing. Mind blowing. Like that was, and that was killer. Like the, everybody was there. Like you know, Toddy and all the punk rockers from Nelson and Trev was there. I remember smoking a big joint with Trev. <laughs> R.I.P. We've got to talk about Trev. Mm. Oh, let's talk about Trev, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah, fucking. What a dude. What like, a, honestly, one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Skate, snow, the whole. Skateboarding, like, because I know him from the skateboarding scene. Like, mm. I, my first day, because before I did the season in 97 at Porter's, um, I got token, taken up by Jew and Gabe's up to Mount Hutt and taken up the lift. And it was my first real day on the snowboard. Wide out. And then I rode down and managed to get to the bottom and then jumped on the lift with Trev. And it's like, like I hadn't seen him for years, but I first met Trev. At QE2 ramp back in like 89. It was that same trip I came down and went snowboarding for the first time. And he's like, yeah, get out of Trev. And I was like, you know, no dreads then, just short, tidy hair, real tidy looking dude. Ripped. Good backside ears, front side ears, and inverts. And he was kind of similar level to where I was. And it was like, but um, yeah, real tragic theory he passed away. I saw him a couple of times um, before he passed and talked some good times, had some laughs. He was, yeah. and uh, But we had last Sunday... We had a memorial for his birthday, um, which was Thompson Park, which was his local one. Yeah, like um, Quentin Robbins was there, Beck Sandys, like Quentin's partner. And yeah, a bunch of all the hard Was Quentin skating and shit? No, I don't yeah. think he was. Um, I think he was an amazing skateboarder. Yeah, so. very good skater, eh? Like all those boys, man. Like, it's light yeah. on his feet, eh? Like the cat, you mm. know, he's the cat. But um, yeah, so we all just turned up Thompson, had a skate, and then uh, that we all had a bloody barbecue and talked talk some true stories and. But yeah, and then um, day of his funeral, we all went down to Washington Way, and uh, like probably sixty non-skaters turned up, and then you had probably 30, 40 skaters. Like Polder was there skating, and um, Daryl Collins, one of my favourite skaters. Daryl Collins, man, he's so good. Metal as fuck, like yeah. oh, best grinds you'll ever see. But um, and everybody was just ripping for Trev, you know. We're all just it's just sad, you know. Like, but it, it reminds you that we're all gonna go. You know, mm. and it's just like fuck it let's pack it in you know yeah. that's part of the reason I've come to do this is because life's too short to go oh I wish I'd done that or oh I could have done that and it's just like now and I'm, I'm the biggest procrastinator you know like mm. I'm lazy as fuck but um, the idea now is like yeah do it for Trev or do it for someone or do it mm. do it for you do well, it for somebody who do it for Seekham you know our, Seekham our, moment our snowboard community just had that realisation with uh, Rupert's passing a couple oh, weeks ago about that, yeah. 41 but there's a a lesson in that I mean that fucking sucks because like you know he was mm. like we bonded over the podcast and he's like oh, I can't yeah. wait for the guy LT and all that oh, and, you know yeah but yeah. there's a lesson in there right if you think you've got forever to fucking do your shit you haven't yeah yeah you know yeah you know? and, and that's the humble sort of reminder that you know like you know just just pack it in pack mm. it in like that was today I didn't want to skate five different sessions and neither did Ollie like Ollie because he's mm. in pain but we did because mm. you got to do it. I'm only here for two days, and it's like I have to skate that foot ramp. I have to skate that bowl. I have mm. to skate his mini ramp. I fell off on his mini ramp so hard. <laughs> that thing's awesome. Mm. You've seen the Zedin footage of blasting the backside ear off the yeah, off the and of one of Ollie's kids doing a finger flip. Like damn, Ollie, they're oh, on you. Yeah, man. Tail. Like Sam and um, Zach. Like mm. is it Sam today? Learned. We were telling him, like, I mean, think about someone like Jeff Phillips or Lester Kasai back in, you know, 80, 1980, doing a frontside boneless for the first time and how it's supposed to be done, boosting it where the board's pretty much above his head. Mm. We got, we got, I'm sure it was Sam, uh, got him doing it today. And he Rad. did some, you'll see the footage, Rion filmed it, but 
he did one of the coolest bonuses I've ever seen. Like mm. top guys, bottom guy, every everybody doing a bonus is under that one. Like, yeah. you know, and it was like, what's he like? Twelve years old. <laughs> so hopefully, he just gets the vert buzz because I skated mm. with them today and they're both ripping the vert ramp, like mm. kick, kick turning, not quite kick turning high, but pumping right up to the top. Mm. And that, like I said, that ramp is no joke. It's fucking yeah. fourteen feet high. So it's just amazing to see, you know, and, and Rion's, and uh, sorry, Ollie's there just giving him a check. Yeah, just do it. Just jump in. It's like, he's not one of those parents where, you know, cotton wool and bloody mm. that stuff. It's, it was just cool to see that the next level of the madness mm. of the Burks is coming through. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, yeah. they will be good because mm. they're driven to be good. And, you know, like, that's the thing I thought with Ollie is just, he's like, I'm going to be good even if I suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, but he didn't suck. He just ruled. Mm. If that um, makes any sense, but so I want to steer it back. There's a few names you mentioned. I think we sort of talked mm. about it, but so you mentioned Quentin, Sam Castle, and Arlo Barnett. Yep. And what essentially was the unit? Oh, yeah, yep, Brunton. Yep. Oh, yep. So See. I guess you had a bit of interaction with all of those um, dudes. Well, Ollie, um, Ollie Brunton is from Waitangarua, Pairua, sort of. Um, well, over the hill from Pai Rua, like not not as sketchy as that, but you know, and he used to come to Paraparam, like Paraparam, where I grew up, and we had because we had the best route ramp in the country. And Ollie was a skater, you know, he'd jump on the train, he'd come down with like you know all the crew, like Danny Nicholson, who Danny Nicholson's the best skateboarder come out of Wellington. Like he he was the best vert skater. Once again, he could have gone pro, but mm. but um, he just a dude nobody knows about. He was busting five forties back in the day, and like going eight feet and he was the guy that pushed me and pushed like all the other sort of guys like Steve Crump and Graham Richard not I gotta mention Graham Graham's one of my heroes he's still skating today he's 54 broken heaps of bones but he skates 1980s I don't mm. know if you've seen a photo of Graham. He skates a Dwayne Peters with the blunt nose. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, pre pre that, you know, like, mm. back in the 80s with 215s and big, you know, power mini-cubics or... And he's just... In my day, when I was coming up, I saw those guys and, like I was saying, superheroes, you know, Graham mm. and Richard Knott um, and, and a few others like uh, Ross Malloy. Um, mm. All the, all the um, sort of city guys, all the sort of, yeah, Wellington mm. City. But um, they were amazing. But yeah, Ollie. Ollie was ugh, fuck. He's a character. We used to skate, skate bit together after mm. that. Like he continued skating. I remember he, the first time he went snowboarding. He asked us all to go up, and he had this little yellow mini. I think it got stolen or it got carjacked or something. But he'd throw all the boards in the car and this mini and drive up to Alcuni and go up the mountains and and um, in a mini. Mm. Yeah, you don't drive a mountain in a mini. No, no. that's mad. <laughs> and uh, and he'd come back amping, and then he'd go, "Oh, I got this new ear," and he'd do a frontside ear. But he'd do, oh, sorry, Ollie, but he'd do the biggest stink bug frontside ears. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and it was like, and um, I don't know how it came up, but he said he was talking about a hernia. He had had a hernia, and that's why he couldn't bend a certain way. And he goes, "Yeah, it's a hernia." And I said, "Oh, it's like a hernia." And he's like, oh, hey, fuck, hey, hey, And then we, went, oh, it's an Ernie ear, like Ern, Bert and Ernie. Mm. And uh, he had some eyebrows back in that day. <laughs> so we were just joking, taking a piss out of each other, doing McErnie's, you know, like we'd do a frontside ear and be like, stink bug going, hey, like, like Ernie's <laughs> laugh, and there would be a McErnie. I don't know if he still knows that, but he's probably off somewhere bloody riding a foil board in the water somewhere. And yeah, have you seen what he does now? Vietnam, he's um, yeah. surfing on foil Yeah, like something. Th- it's, it's progressive in every board sport, you know. Mm. Like surfing rules, I think stand-up paddling so, rules. It's 
Did you know he was a moniker and a big deal in snowboarding when you got down to no. here? No. Did you sort of bump into each other and be like, oh, what's mm. up? Like, I bumped into him one day in the, in the streets in Wellington. I was off to work and he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sponsored by a company Yellow Bus. I go to the States all the time and I'm a DJ. And I'm like, fucking right, you got it going on, man. And then he just disappeared again to the States. And yeah, and then, yeah, I, I, I never really knew him as a snowboarder like that's like 90 percent of people i know who are these people in snowboarding i know them as skateboarders and pre-snowboarding or you know mm. it's the summertime like you know the flip side of their their sort of their influence through mm. snowboarding it's like so you know look like look glenn leggett and that and nathan and they were hot shots but they were still just the skaters down the park mm. you know like we all were just cool and just a crew and um it was that's 99 you know like 99 queenstown was such a good skate time mm. but yeah like any time you know and yeah, you're just you're just skating, you know. Mm. Just and that's right. different between other sports, maybe. Yes. Yeah. You know, you don't go to a rugby field and go, "Hey, buddy, you want to kick a ball?" Or you know, "Hey, that, that's a nice kick." Or, "Hey, man, you want to go ride this or kick the ball over there?" Or, or maybe you do. I don't know. I'm not a rugby player. I never have been. But um, you know, skating someone like you said, like a second moment. You know, like someone will turn up. They might be the hot shot, and they'll encourage you to do something a certain way, and and that changes you. And that's that's what I feel skateboarding is a big like the, the brotherhood or the mm. not sure what the word would be well, like I guess, I guess community yeah like, yeah 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 I, I don't have the better word for that either no like, no i think people will know what but, we mean but and like, i know the snowboarding scene has it too but mm. it's different because you're on a part a, you know the massive massive mountain so some guys might be at the bottom some guys might be at the top you won't see it mm. but in a skate park you can look over and like see oh that kid's ripping like exactly the second moment with you like i've seen kids do that and it, like like today we were giving zach encouragement or oh, sam which one like oh, sorry ollie i forget your boys names <laughs> um i'll get them mixed up but but you know look it's, it's you got to give a little bit of encouragement and you're sitting right there you know you're mm. from me to you away and the kid's doing a big frontside bonus and you're encouraging them to do it a right way or a certain way and and mm. that's just more hands-on or eyes on you know or because yeah, everyone's standing on the deck yeah like like you say in the mountain like yeah. Awesome dude on the snowboard could be over there, but that's way the fuck over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, and you'll hear about it, or you might witness it from afar, unless you're mm. standing right on him, you know, mm. and like, you know, you could be 2Ks away from him, but, you know, you might, like, for instance, Sam Castle. My first day at Triple Cone, 97, like I said, the end of 97 last day, I was still like, this kid just, boom, off the kicker, spin like 17 times, flip four or five times, and then just land on his head. <laughs> And uh, Ryan goes, oh, that's Sam Castle. And I know Sam from skateboarding. Like, Sam was right. a pit crew. He was, like, he was 11. And I know his, his cousins, they friends of mine from Capity and um, the Dickey family. And, um, yeah, so there's Sam Castle, like, you know, eight years, ten years later, growing up. Because he was like, this, imagine, you know, Sam? So my first season working at Cadrona, yeah. he worked in food and beverage with me. We worked oh, in cool. the cafe together. Oh, cool. And the, in the out the back and making sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. And oh, he's such a funny dude, man. So, oh, so I was, I was such a fucking like greenhorn brother, yeah, yeah. bushy tailed, and I had I had a unit snowboard. I bought yeah. one off Ollie, and I was so hyped. Like yeah, yeah, that one. It was that that that, one. that right there. Wow. And uh, and then I seen someone else had one. Too. I was like, no way. And yeah. it was, it was Sam. I was like, Sammy. whoa, like you have one too, rad. And he's like, yeah. oh, my name, you know, I'm, I'm Sam. I was like, oh, you Sam Castle? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I had the unit pamphlet they had the names like no yeah, way yeah, yeah. 
and then that was one of those moments where like i wasn't riding with him because there's no way i could yeah but i remember just watching him from furious, afar eh? like fast and furious like cab alley fives in the pipe yeah and just like watching yeah see, that's another like, i don't know sam is a good snowboard i know sam is a like well from outside of for know, me like, as for me as my first season i was just like wow that's amazing like yeah. you know and yeah that's sam castle you know, yeah yeah like, yeah and that's cool because you know Sam is such a he's, he's he's such a good little dude. Like you know, I've known him since he was eleven, and I knew him then. I I knew who he was like at the skate, but I was probably five years older, so I was probably one of the older guys. But well, I was, but um, you know, he was always cool. He was always mm. dropping in on the vert ramp, trying to oh, I really want to get there. What is this? And then I think he, he may have hung up on a rock fake and just knocked himself silly, and just that was that. Mm. He never really started vert again. But on the street, he double kick flips three hundred k's an hour. You know, mm. like he could skate, man. Oh, he man. can still skate. When those uh, when that Wanaka skate park was first built, yep. like he was so fucking fast in those bowls when they were fresh. Yeah. Like, and I remember just watching him like pump around. Like he wasn't even grinding. He was just like yeah, just just surfing just the whole flying. concrete. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck is you know he was going so fast like. At what point is he going to be spat out? Because yeah. how can you go any faster well, than that? Well, he's a low guy. He's small. He's got that low mm. center of gravity, which, you know, I think shorter skateboarders, the, the, somebody said something about this, that lower center of gravity means they, they kind of, you know, they're not going to throw themselves off. They've, they've got a really tight calf, mm. like Hossoy, Cab, all these pro skaters were really mm. little. Lester used to go the biggest because mm. they could drive through the transitions and hold the transitions, whereas guys like Hawk had to battle it because he's like six foot three. Mm. So he was all flaily and tall. and So that, that's why like Sam, he's a little mm. stocky, you know, he, solid bastard. And then He ollied the stair set by the bullock bar, I think. And yeah, there's, like, yeah. there's like three cracks in the run that you've got to have like yeah, pressure on. Probably rolling. on like 42 mil wheels yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, no, it was Sam. Like he is fast and furious, you know. Mm. And he had been since since a young age, you know. It's like since I knew him back in skateboard days, which was 88, no, 89, 90, you know, 91. Mm. Like, and he was a big fixture in those days too. He was he was known. And yeah, but yeah, like if. I mean, yeah, Ollie, Ollie Brunton and Sam and all these names that just were the killer skaters, you know. Mm. Like, Ollie was a shredder on a skateboard, man. Like, he couldn't, like, Ollie I think Brunton. there's some pictures on a, his Facebook page where he's, like, like boosting these Ollies over the hip at Burnside when Burnside was built. It's like, damn, that's <sighs> yeah, fucking... Yeah, that's you know, heavy. he was over there on the snowboard thing. And, yeah, yeah. No, you know. he was one of the guys. Like, they, we had a pretty solid crew back then. And, mm. and yeah, it was probably real guys would bus out or train out to our place down in Parapuram, which was like 20 minutes away. And like I said, we had the best vert ramp, so everybody learned how to ride because we mm. had the ramp to ride. And, whew, and man, that was killer. So you mentioned before Arlo Barnett as mm. well, which he seems to be one of these most elusive dudes that I always heard about how he ripped and how he's yeah, rat. yeah like, he's coming back up now. Bit. He's got a mini ramp being built in his yard. He's up in I think just north of Auckland. All um, right. I don't know a lot about it, but he had a heart issue and he had um, possibly a stent put in or a, or a um, yeah he's had multiple heart opera- operations right. and like, I didn't know this and I know Arlo from Nationals like he used to be in a national skater and. Keller, dude, like, you know, four foot Ollie grabbed fakies on minis and shredded the vert ramp. And I think he was spinning fives, probably making them too. I don't remember, but he was a talented skater, um, mm. one of the up and comers. But and then I remember seeing him when I came down in '98, like, cause he was a killer on that ramp too, like on mm. that boardhouse ramp. Man, I think we had a comp there, and I think he won it, and I got second. And um, but yeah, it was tough to beat, but mm. yeah, and, and on a snowboard, I mean, I guess he was good. I don't know, once again, you know, like, yeah. I. 
I think I was just coming in at the point where he was starting to fade away, possibly like late 90s or... I don't know, so he was just a, kind of one of those mythical names that I... Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I heard, because I wasn't, I wasn't outside looking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, yeah. anything unit, I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, know? yeah, which is, is cool, because it had that class, eh, you know, mm. like Ollie and Quentin are just coolest guys. Yeah, so that, so that always blew me away that the two biggest names had this whole team of yeah almost underground riders that you hadn't really heard so so this that Arlo Barnett dude was to me like this enigma that I'd hear about but never see yeah yeah I I don't know why but yeah Mm. and and he was here in 98 like um probably just a little before your time but um Mm. yeah and then I don't remember being here too many more years after that and because I lived here 98 99 Queenstown late 99 and then Dunedin 2000 mm. and by then I just didn't see him then I moved back over here 2001 mm. so uh, I first met you in Dunedin 2000 yeah yeah and um so what prompted the move to Dunedin um I was split with my partner Helen right. um we were just going separate ways and um yeah I just thought I, I came over on a holiday to catch up with like Chris Hunter Nige so I've known those guys since, because my, my daughter, I must mention her name, she's 26 now, my God. Um, coolest, coolest girl, she's amazing, she's married, yeah, I'll be a, probably a grandfather sooner or later, but she lives in the UK and um, and my ex-partner Carly and, and they moved to Dunedin in I think mid-96 possibly, and then I came down in 97. So I'm at my friend's house about to board a plane and I think it's a good idea to eat two pieces of dope cake. Oh, right. <laughs> and then I get on the plane, and not good. I, mm. I don't mind flying, but everything kicked in. Um, I just was, yeah, bumped up to first class, just sweating. Sweet. And, yeah, and then got looked after, got fed, got orange juice, got coffee, and then I get off the plane, and the, um, the air host is carrying my board and my skateboard, and they're like, see me off at the bottom, and like, you know, pat me on the shoulder and say, are you okay? And I'm like, because I had, um, Stuart just passed away in a plane crash, and mm. I was like, I was tripping on that because I was on a plane. Yeah, so I, they they just looked after me, and then all like the crew, like Chris, um, Chris Hunter, Nigel, I think Dan Dewartner, um, not sure who else was there, um, and and Carly and Anae, and you know, going to see my daughter, and and they were like, "What the hell's going on? What's this like, you're basically being treated like VIP coming off the plane, and they're carrying your board and everything." And I'm like just get me to a field i just need to go and lay down in the paddock somewhere and 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 just just relax and but yeah i will never forget that it was hilarious <laughs> but um yeah and then i met all the Dunedin guys through mm. my daughter and through through my ex-partner carly and um yeah loved it and mm. then came down again sort of mid 90 yeah late 99 i'm mm. not early early 99 i moved and then i, I took a job as a chef at ruby in the dust oh, and, yep. yeah iconic but yep. haunted <laughs> Yep, I went to a, as a 17 year old, I went to a lot of like all age gigs there and shit. Yeah, well, they yep. used to have them in the side room. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah, Dave Dobbin and Chris uh, Chris Knox and all the, the cool, cool New Zealand artists. He had like a whole plate of ripping motherfucker of a gig there when I was okay. 17. Fuck, like 97. Yeah, a bit before, yeah. a little bit before me. But, but yeah, Dunedin just, it, it was similar to Wellington. It's a harbour town and it's like everything's just down and by the water and, and it's hills and it kind of had that same vibe. Mm. and so you know reason to be there too like you know for a namesake and and try to do my best and and then just yeah 2099 sorry got the opportunity to move over and move into the fresh freddy's pad oh yeah yeah. listen yeah yeah legendary pad 
um, smelled like fish because there was a fish processing plant on the bottom floor. But mm. I heard that that big glow-in-the-dark neon sign is now in the Dunedin Museum. I'd hope so. Because yep. yeah. I, I basically would... My, my house on the top floor is third story up and every night I would go to sleep to red, white. <laughs> red, That's right. white, yep. neon sign and a bit of green in there inside. I'd be like, I can't sleep, but... But it was just a cool flat, like those mm. guys, the Daggers, you know, that's where the Daggers formed. And I got to know Sam Robertson from Trash, obviously, and mm. went on to do things with Sam. And that's another really interesting story. But, um, okay, I'll say it. Yeah. So I'm sitting on a deck with a broken leg because I broke my leg pretty badly early 2003, dislocated and broke it. Um, ended up having five surgeries to get it right over five years because it was just a mess. Um, it's, it's good now, but mm. yeah. Um, and sitting on there with Sam around a New Year's time, must have been 2003, 2004, and he said, oh, I'm doing this ball company. And he goes, I've got the shape. It's based off an old Fred Smith, um, Fred Smith uh, Alva. And he goes, yeah, it's cool shape. And then he goes, oh, and I went, oh, yeah, it sounds like my pro model, bro. That's the sort of thing I would write. <laughs> and he goes, do you want to? Do you want to do a board? And I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, well, who wouldn't, you know? Like, mm. And then and Sam's such a you know creative dude, the, the enigma. And um, it was just a matter of like, yeah, let's do it. Mm. Like, and then there we are, that's it there. And um, we came up with the graphic and it didn't have the cross knives and I sent it to me through via fax, you know, remember yeah. faxes? <laughs> and um, he, he's going, yeah, what about these, what are these? And just had a flat knife because I wanted something chef influence because I was, mm. you know, sort of love chefing and love skateboarding, so two passions. And um, yeah, and then we came up with that graphic, and it's just all hand screened. It's cool. Look at look at it. Look. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just so lucky to like have somebody ask me to do something like that because no one ever asked me to do that. So, yeah. and um, it was like there were no pro models. There were no like real he, big sellers apart from the booms and the strobes and the you know cartel was happening. Mm. And so I think um, Sean. There was the Dawn Shuffle model because ah, I think Sean was writing for another boom. company at the time. He was time. on Boom yeah. and um, he, yeah, he would, yeah, so they did the Dawn Shuffle, which mm. was his image with a couple of low eyes, yeah. different stuff. Yeah, you can't mention Sean without saying how good he is. Mm. I mean, still to this day, but yeah. I think I've seen AJ's one, like, like his Ollie's dude. Like, I mean, he, fuck, I've seen so. <laughs> Getting emotional here, aren't you? Oh, it's just like fucking, like, it's like. Any of those dudes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Pick one thing, Phil Frost. How can I pick one fucking thing? Yeah, But yeah. Sean Duffel, like, how can I? Like, he... But, like, that frontside flip oh, over the pyramid to flat. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, it was, I think it was in one of Sam's videos he did. Yeah, And it's yeah. just like, how the fuck... Like, when I go to Mornington now, I was like, I don't know how the fuck half the things I've seen went. And I've yeah. seen them go down. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the fuck. Like, Phil Frost cab over that fucking hip at Mornington Oh, as well. and with the cooler style and flexing that back leg. We're talking about Morph mm. and, and, and Phil's styles are so, so similar. But you don't see anyone skate like them. No, And that's no. what makes those guys unique. And that's a Dunedin flavor, like, you know. And mm. obviously, Phil influenced Morph, but... And he admitted I had a yarn to him about it, and you know he's like, "Yeah, man, look, it feels you know the best, and I mm. want to skate like Phil, but I can't." It's like, "No, you skate like Morph, you know, it's okay, mm. you're doing all right, bro." Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. Like Sean's just like 
yeah, Tom Penny, obviously. You know, mm. like that's as close as you can say. He had the ability and the skills like Tom Penny. Like switch frontside flips, switch hard flips, and his hard flips were yeah. trippy. But um, and mm. he, he's just ollie over anything. Go off a driveway and then ollie down like you know ten foot to a downhill, mm. and then you know just just off. It was amazing, and that's Dunedin. Dunedin had that flavour. Like it yeah. was different, and it was you know once again you made it. You guys skated what you had, and Mornington was never good. Mm. It was good enough. But it was apart from the blood bucket, which now that's I think I named it because I was talking. We basically, um, I think Phil used to say, "Oh, it's like the abortion bucket or something." I said, oh, yeah. "Call it the blood bucket," because I lost a lot of blood in there. Mm. Uh, there's, I wish we had this on camera because obviously we're doing Tolgonia. You know, like yeah. you can't mention Dunedin without Tolgonia. The videos. And they were in our lounge, you know, filled with the old-fashioned video player on top of video player, plugged in, stop, pause, record, yeah. pause, <laughs> for like yeah. weeks, mm. weeks. I remember coming back from one of my trips to Canada yeah. and seeing when Tolgoni 2 was being made. Yeah, yeah. And fuck, like it's still my one of my favourite videos. Yeah, yeah, guys like um, Barrel, Dave Barrel, I mean, yeah, Phil, fuck. they were, Phil was the heart and soul of it, it was but, his project, you know, and, and, but. Like we used to call Dave Barrel Super Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can pop over your know, park bench. You'll be riding along, and then all of a sudden, he's, there's somebody sitting on one of those benches just mm. down on George Street, and he just pop over it beside I mean, them, and they'll be like, "There's footage of him on Tolgonia, and he's literally like doing melon grabs off roofs and shit." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, off that like, slight slant of roof down. Yeah, yeah, mm. and like him and Phil Frost, I swear they're just like fucking like there's a roofless jump off it yeah no they were that was exactly know, like right fucking like, like, oh, almost yeah. jamie thomas d's like yeah yeah no and they were heavily influenced by jamie thomas mm. you know they and they had obviously done a few things and realized they can go bigger mm. and you know like us guys would have broken our legs but those dudes were just super so you are talking right dave mm. is talent dave's once again talented like like dave barrel's almost like the ultimate mountain bike surf snowboard skate yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. anything else like yeah. one of the OG yeah. cavemen and fucking all round cool guy funny yeah. guy comedian you know once again good sense of humour and mm. piss taker you're gonna get mm. you'll get rung out by Dave in such a way that you go well I have to laugh yeah <laughs> and you're like hey fucking give me a shit and then you're like yeah okay I deserve that yeah but, but fuck what's the um, gnarliest thing you've seen Phil Frost do um I mean, again, like it's hard to pick, just but straight fuck. line every hill in Dunedin. Um, mm. You know, like we used to, like I said, we used to um, bomb. We, we used to have a, I don't know what night it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, but there were cheap drinks at um, Bath Street. I think it was like $10 shakers, which were, were disgusting. Like, there's <laughs> fucking milk in there, you're drinking this stuff, it's disgusting. Mm. But we get drunk and go there and catch a taxi to the top of Stewart Street, like right up on the top. Mm. And there was last to the pub bought. So we were like seven or eight of us piling the maxi taxi up to the top and then you just go you just go well, and you go bombing fucking Stewart Street yeah yeah top to bottom fuck me like yeah, from yeah. the Rosalind Bridge down yeah, yeah. all Dude, the way up that's fucking crazy no, yeah it was mind blowing and it was long it was like probably seven minute long run yeah cause yeah. like and then you you'd be fucking breaking some serious speed when yeah. you hit those lines well, you gotta wash your speed you gotta cut around some roundabouts I think and then you gotta take like one or two corners and then we cut off to was it? No, what's off Because you had London. Yeah, we'd end up on London, and then you'd cut round off Fuck London, that hell. tight That's street a... behind London, behind Go- uh, George. So so you guys went Stuart Street, London, down for law. 
For Lille. That's a, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, Dean. That's, yeah. that's no, a serious fucking corner to get into London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where you had to wash your speed. And that's what I was saying, guys. Like, um, and that's why I never fucking bomb hills with those dudes. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, <laughs> it was, no uh, it was no joke. It was mm. literally the only other guy that I've ever seen bomb hills better would be Polder. Mm. And that, we're talking. Ollie brought this up today about Fern Hill because I used mm. to live up Fern Hill. Me and Ollie actually, like my partner, me and Helen, and um, Ollie and his partner at the time, we lived in a house um, right at the top. And Polder was in Queenstown, and you know we would come round, and then we go for a skate downtown. But we'd bomb Fern Hill, mm. and Phil, um, Ollie still trips on it because he's never bombed anything like that. And then mm. it's Polder in front of me, me trying to keep up with Polder and not kill myself. Ollie coming down, probably looking quite scared because yes. you know he was learning how mm. to bomb hills. I'm, I'm not sure if he'd bomb many hills, but you know he was treating it like a snowboard. He knew what to mm. do. He was washing the speed and. But yeah, polder, and then boom, that roundabout at the bottom of Fernhill, and mm. then you're just like, and yeah, it was mind blowing. But, but so, best so, thing Phil's ever done. I, I no pads, invert on the vert ramp. That's right. Yeah, and Nigel took in, that picture yeah, too. Ended, ended up in that um, hard, hard flip, flip the yes. illusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, that when I set up that bar across the channel mm. at um, at Mornington on that no pads invert. Like Chris Hunter was telling me, like he was actually ollieing into that. Phil. Yeah, yeah, like, like just pop, popping off. Yeah, yeah. Popping, like coming up and popping into that shit. This is like yeah. that's even more fucking. On the very. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. that was the session. I've got a, that photo, that body jar photo mm. that um that Nigel took. Right. There's the you know Phil's in the photo. Basically, it was run for run. Mm. And then next thing, Phil's just hucking this amazing invert, like no pads, nothing. Before anyone was not wearing pads doing this stuff, you know, like mm. before you bloody Ronnie Sandoval's and all the bloody top pros these days and it was just world class invert it was like and he's just doing it and he just and then he just do like a rock and slide the whole length of the ramp or something and then it, yeah things with Phil right um, I don't know just probably the gnarliest thing I've ever seen that was horrible was in Tolgonia he's coming off it was just opposite his art studio mm. this really thin ledge and, oh you know yeah. yeah I'm not sure it's yep, true yep, I, I, and he, he did it and he, he kicked out, and then he landed on the curb, both ankles. Yeah, and yeah. Fucking blew his ankles out. Yeah. And so he was just rolling on the ground in agony, and there's nothing That's we right. could do for brown, him. Brown leather jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you see, he had the steez, man. Fuck. He was Greco, heavily influenced mm. by Greco, and same with Morph, you know. Like, mm. once again, the Greco, Phil, Morph, yeah. you know. But if anyone of our listeners want to see what we're talking about Tolgonia 2 is mm. on um, YouTube it is yep cool I know um, Morph has something to do with putting it out there like I've got a CD of it DVD of it because there's also footage of there's footage of that ankle break <sighs> and there's also footage of there's this footage of Phil and like we're talking about bombing hills in Dunedin yeah there's footage of Phil and Nige on London Street Mm. Oh like, yep. yep. Nige is in front. Phil's got the camera, mm. and then they get down to the second part, and the camera starts passing Nige, yeah. and he was like, "Holy fuck! <coughs> like that's so gnarly." I was probably but, on that run, but probably mm. way back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's a difference. Like those those guys, and and it was really accessible. You know, like you catch mm. a cab or you walk up. You know, twenty mm. minutes, even out from Mornington Bowl. You know, those streets really rough. Like but, Serpentine, but, yeah, big was a good run, yeah. And that was like, I mean, we just, you know, like you skated what you skated. You had it in front of you, you had a board under your feet, and you skated forward, mm. you know. And and that's, yeah, it was shitty spots, but you mm. love them, you know. Like it, 
there was an Elva street that we would use on purpose once Chris Hunter told us how awesome Tony Elva was. Oh, yeah, we yeah, would yeah. we would come down, hit Elva Street to get down to fucking Stafford. Like, yeah, 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 we were skating on the Elva Street. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was up on the, yeah, um, mm. yep, it's above town. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. man, it's just, there's so many things you can talk about. And like, you know, you just... Yeah, the, the skateboarding scene, and like we've gone obviously off the snow snow scene, but that's, that's we can right. come back to that, and I can say well, snow park. You know, I yeah. up, um, I started chefing at Snow Farm in two thousand two. Um, did the winter, um, did the race to the sky, mm-hmm. the, and the one that Possum Born was killed on. Um, but I cooked his last meals. I, I waved to him as he left the building. Fucking hell, that's that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. I was playing with his kids. It was snowing a couple of days before, and like you know, his wife Peggy and the kids. We're playing. We're throwing snowballs at each other, and and it was just like, yeah, cool guy, really nice guy. So damn man, that's mm. fucking heavy. Yeah, what happened? Everyone was on the mountain at lunch, and he'd come up to get his uniform, his uh, to do an interview in Queenstown, I think. Um, apparently, his daughter wanted to come up as well, which is good. She didn't. But he was like, no, no, it'll be two minutes. Just got to go grab my uniform. And he's in a, a forest. He wasn't in his rally car. And everybody, there was like lines of, say, 12 cars with a car at front, a lead car and a tail car, which was the organizers' cars, mm. leading people up so they could see how the, you know, they could map the road. Mm. And on the widest part of the road, which is the straight, it comes up, it's a little bit blind on the Snow Farm Road. Um, Possum was on his lane. The guy wasn't watching apparently, and he was in Grand Cherokee, and uh, he was looking up the hill because you could, you know, you know that corner, mm. and then you can see all the corners, all the turns. You can almost map it out. Mm. And there's Possum, and he tries to get out of the way. The guy turns because instead of turning to the left to potentially go off a cliff, he turned right into Possum, and the Jeep fractured the side intrusion bar at the driver's side, and hit him right yeah this is a story I've heard from the guy the first one of the first guys on the scene and by then swelling head had swelled so much that there was a brain injury and yeah choppers everybody and then there's just chaos on the mountain chaos because he's the star you know Crossum and Monster Tajima who the Japanese driver Um, and we were all there to see Possum you know we're all there Mm. um, you know I'm a fan a big fan of Possum and um, but yeah so that was 2002 and yeah, I worked at Snow Park in 2003. We set up a right. kitchen. Um, another guy, Grant Bradley, who Grant's killer snowboarder skater. Um, and we started making the food in the kitchen at Snow Park. And I, I didn't get much time to snowboard because it was just work. You know, like when you're mm. work, when you're a chef, you just go. I'm a, today. I'm a chef. Tomorrow, I might go snowboarding. You know, mm. like you've got nine hours ahead of you, and you've got chores to do, so you get on with it. Um, but the White Album, the snowboard, like Sean White video mm. basically i watched the whole thing being filmed outside the windows of the kitchen i'd be making aioli or something or making some sandwiches and there's you know the rail gaps yeah. off the top of the quarter mm. and the quarter gaps and the you know just because we could see everything you know snow park was fucking nuts mm. you know what what an incredible place and we're all half well i was speaking myself all half drunk this the whole time <laughs> um but and then it just started evolving and got bigger and then ken block shows up a couple of years later with the rally car and he's jumping over the 60 footers and and the dc guys are spinning along behind him and beside him and it was mind-boggling See, that's crazy to watch all that go down it's like yeah. oh that's just in my backyard my yeah, place yeah, from of work. the kitchen mm-hmm. like i was basically getting paid to work watch these guys do the stuff and you know and then 
was it Lupe Fiasco played there? Um, who else? Some other big names played there. Like when it, when the wall shed was built, like years later, and they built the bridge. You know, mm. like Will dropping off the bridge. My yeah. God. So were you there to see that? No, no. no. But I um, wish I had. Um, I remember just walking over that bridge the year after and looking over and be like, oh, yeah. oh my God. Nobody's <laughs> doing that shit. Nobody's mm. done it ever since or would do it because it's just, Will did it. And it's like, that's how cool that one trick was. It's like, that's done. That's what mm. he's done. Like, it's, you know, once again, not knowing much about skating, uh, snowboarding, but watching Will and Tim skate, really good skaters, really mm. good skaters. And then watching Will snowboard. Holy fuck. And Tim as well. But mm. Will doing like 20 foot methods out of the, the super pipe at the park, you know, and like mm. and seeing the footage and going, wow, that's just that little kid from the park. Like, that's that kid that, that's Will, like WJ, you know. Like that's, yeah. And I was like, wow, he's, I never knew he was that good. TJ um, and WJ. So they're basically, to de- mm. decipher the J's, it was T and we. And, mm. and I'm pretty sure Rion or Ollie would have named him because that's, that's <laughs> sort of sarcasm. But, mm. but, um, yeah, like he was just the little understudy brother, you know. He was the little guy coming up, but then he got big and powerful and the right attitude, and, and just started throwing those sort of tricks and twenty foot methods, like because in those days twenty foot methods were not that seen, you know. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's, that would still get your attention now. Like, it still far, does. Like, yeah, like thinking about it, it's so, like wow, like mm. that's that's mind blowing. Mm. Like, and. And that obviously got the attention of like a lot of the visiting internationals. Like, here's a local kid that's mm. not even sponsored, really, yeah, going yeah. bigger Flow than you guys on. right now. Like, yeah, you international yeah. guys. Yeah, who's <laughs> showing you up? Mm. <laughs> and that's that's and that's what, like the community to Wanaka. Like, there were some absolute killers, like mm. shredders that people. But in the summertime, they were just the skaters at the park, and they were the nobodies. Well, not nobodies, but they were our friends who weren't. The the mm. snow thing didn't come to the park. Yeah. You know, like, and that's... I kind of had that with a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine that were on the ski side of things. Mm. Like, I knew that they were great skiers, and they were one of the first generation, like Dion Newport and Muddy Jillings and Jake yeah. McCleary. Yeah. And yeah. they were yeah. all, like, on that forefront of the first generation skiers to do the rails and shit. Yeah, but, yeah. So I've seen them all go down. It's like, oh, they're my friends that rip. Yeah. But I never read Ski Media. No. So it wasn't until no. I was in a waiting room and seen the National New Zealand Ski. It's like, fuck, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all my friends. Like, and that's so cool. Because but that's kind of what you're saying with those yeah, dudes too, Yeah, right? and that's like, just where we came in from their lifestyles. is like, you know, like Julianne, for instance. I knew Ju was big, a deal. You know, she's a mm. massive deal. But I didn't realize she'd done so many more achievements. And that's what, you know, you doing these podcasts is really important for the history that's not being known, you know. And, yeah. and people not... Not getting what they deserve now, but the recognition that they weren't able to get. If that's mm. matter. I mean, those guys were big, you know, like, like I never think, you know, like. Well, it's like, say, Drew Bray, for example, her interview that came out in 2000 was, mm. I say it in other episodes, it's a huge pivotal moment for a lot yeah. of female shredders. Like, yeah, oh my was, God, that I'm cover doing shot? that. Yeah. That? I saw that today at her house and I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it and like, amongst her 35, 40 trophies mm. and was just looking at it going. I, I don't know what this is. That, I can't relate to this because it's like a 50-foot drop or 60-foot drop. Massive, eh? Yeah. But then she did all this other stuff after that interview that I guess wasn't documented mm. as well. Like all the Olympics and all that stuff came after. Yeah, and so yeah. So it's crazy hearing about that because yeah. here she is, this woman that works at Cadrona as a high-performance coach. Mm. And it's like 
all the co-workers like, man, you guys have no fucking idea yeah, yeah. who is sitting beside you right now and yeah, what yeah. they have fucking done. And it's so cool because yeah. she, she's so humble. And mm. all, everyone's humble. It's a really mm. sort of Kiwi nature of like, you know, it's, it's people just don't want to blow their own trumpet because... Which, it's an admirable trait. Mm. But the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's humility and being get humble. lost a little bit too with that. Mm. But, yeah. But no, that's cool. And that's what I mean is like, you know, like it's when people aren't in their you know what their, their spotlight i guess you'd say or their mm. their chosen you know well it's hard to put the words but you know when when you know them personally outside of that it's a mm. really different person like you mm. know you don't know that person you know this person yeah and that person's real and that's like you know like like well like you're saying about the jack West boys like mm. they were incredible snowboarders still yeah. are yeah but you got to know them from skating the yeah. boardhouse ramp yeah, and I mean, um, I, I, I mean, yeah. I guess the situation was I was an outside skater coming down to Wanaka, and I might have, you know, done a couple of things, or I was sponsored, you know, and I was like, oh, and they were just the little kids, and they hadn't got to that level yet, but then they surpassed anything I ever did. But they were ad- admiring me because I was a skateboarder, and I was like, man, you guys are cool, come on, you know, like the encouragement mm-hmm. that that flows on from from the, the skating second, thing, the second moment. Yeah, second moments, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. I hope that catches on. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and um. And that's the thing. You've got to give those moments back. You've got to mm. make... Because when you see a kid, mm, I can't skate. Look, I skated with a kid in Kaiapoi because um, I live in Sefton, which is nothing because my partner and I, even Henry, she's fucking... She's, she's awesome. We've got dogs, we've got chickens, we've got horses. I ride horses right. now. So quite yeah. rural steez now. You're really rural. Rural. Yeah. You can't get much. we got like 40 acres of grass around us, you know, and like, mm. a, um, you know, horses in most paddocks and streams in the backyard. And, you know, we can go riding on like 20, 30 acres. And um, so I live in Sefton, and the Rangiora skate park is not so easy to ride, mm. to be nice. Um, I mean, and then, a, yeah, I remember when it was built, and it was like, yeah. oh, big deal then, and shit, you know. It's a cool bowl, yeah. but it's just challenging to ride, and I haven't ridden that much. So I think I've got a bowl there now. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. So it's been 20 years since I, when I skated, it was a street course. Did it have a, a ramp there then? No, it, it had holes in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, there, I, and there was these wee, so they had this street course. Yeah. I could skate straight yeah, away. Yeah, so strange stoked. street course, eh? But um, but I had more fun because they had this asphalt part that just had these volcanoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was like, I think they're still there. Like they're big, they're big rolly volcano yeah, things. Still rolly there. asphalt things because I used to just. Yeah, like mm. so. There's Rangiora Skate Park, which is like ten minutes down the road. I work in Rangiora, um, place called Alt Kitchen, which is a burger place. It's great. It's hard work. It's bloody hard work on a Friday, Saturday, but mm. <coughs> but um. Yeah, shout out to Raf, my boss, bloody good guy, the old Polish bastard. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a good place. And Rangiora's a cool little town. It's it's I never thought I'd live even close to it. But and then you got Kaipoi Skate Park down the road, which is pretty good. It's mm. pretty weird, but skate the bowl, bowl's cool. And then there was this little kid and he was putting himself down and he was like, Oh, I'm not good, I don't do anything, I can't skate. I'm like, mate, stand on a board and roll. And by the end of it he'd cutting lines and trying to, you know, really trying to like follow what I was doing. And he must have been like twelve. Or 11. And he was just putting himself down. I said, man, don't beat yourself up. Like, you're not going to be the best kid, but one day you might be the best kid. So just just wait and just skate. Just have a good time. And his mum was there. And I said, he's, he's good. He just needs to know that he's good. You know, so. Mm. And, and put and, the time in. Like, it's yeah. just putting the positives into people. Mm. Like, when you go, mm, yeah, you suck, man. You know, it's... Mm. That's deflating, and nobody wants to hear that. And nobody should mm. be saying that. Like, you know, like, we, we grew up with that, you know. Like, I remember... Yeah, pretty predominant um, 
skater from up uh, somewhere, and uh, he just put us all down. He came to our park and said, oh, you guys aren't very good, you know, and I like, started doing tricks and mm. started giving us shit, and then by the end of it, we want to knock him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like, why are you coming it's, to our place and give us shit when we're just trying to learn the same as you? Especially when you show up to someone else's park. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just be like... Be a respectful visitor. I, I understand why he felt pretty powerful because he had a few tricks and he felt like he had a little power over us, but... And he's still an incredible skater. Mm. But it's like, just don't do that, man. Just don't mm. don't be a dick. Like, what what do you get out of that at the yeah, end? Yeah, like, yeah. It just, like if, do you feel that shit about yourself that that's going to make you feel good? Yeah, like, yeah. Did you need that boost of confidence? Yeah. yeah like, and that's fine. We'll give it to you. Here it is. Take it. But don't give us shit because it's about 25 of us and one of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so that was, that was pretty, you know, I learned a lot from that. I was like, you know what? I'm never going to do that. I'm never mm. going to say to any skater that, yeah, yeah you're, you suck. Mm. Go home. I'm talking about Dunedin days before. Mm. So, like, I'm 41 now, and mm. so Chris Hunter and those dudes were about four yep. or five years older than us. Which, Chris, when, yeah. when you're in your teens, that's like a lifetime. Oh, and, yeah. again, there was a prominent guy that age that was always a dick to us. I won't say his name. Mm. But we always we always thought Chris Hunter and Phil Frost were the shit yeah. because they would always be like, what's up, dude? Yeah, and, yeah. And like, so I didn't know about the whole skateboarding before I started. I didn't know about fucking, mm. yeah, you know, yeah. Hasoi, anything, anything. Hasoi, any of that shit. Yeah, right? yeah. But they would, I didn't know what Animal Chin was. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't grow up in that era. Yeah. Well, you I didn't started, need to. You didn't, you learn about but, it afterwards. But know? they would sit, like Chris Hunter especially, like, yeah, here's yeah, the video yeah. tape, take yeah. it and watch it. This is he, what Animal Chin is. Chris and, was so amping on mm, everything to do with skating. Same yeah. as it was music and playing guitar. Like, he plays in a cool band mm. now. Like, and he was like that with music, too. It was like, I was like, I like punk rock. And he's like, oh, well, punk rock, yeah. And so it's like, sex, pistol. That's all I knew, right? Yeah, yeah. He, and next, next day at the park, he's like, here's a Dead Kennedys album. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. You know, shit like that. Or, yeah, yeah. or like, oh, do you want, you know, like, here's some Metallica. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Here's Ride the Lightning. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and that was the shit. So we would always be like, Red Chris Hunter. Like, yeah, yeah. And Phil Frost was kind of the same, but was skating and shit. Yeah, yeah. And Nige and Sean, they were all yep. awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. like Nick Blair was another dude that would be like, I was intimidated by him because mm. he was so fucking good. Mm. Until he sat down, and was like, How's it going? Yeah, yeah. And then you learn that like he's the same as you. He's just a little bit further along, you know. Mm. And it's like everyone like you could be like when I started skateboarding, I was like I started my my cousin bought a skateboard from a garage sale when when we were like thirteen, and then I was like, oh, I wish I'd got it. Mm. And so my parents got me like I see the pink hogger booger from Sterling Sports, like sixty five bucks for my birthday, (laughs) and um. It was just terrible, but my first day skating, like Dave Green, who's a really influence on my skateboard, he looked after every Wellington skater. He owns Cheapskates Wellington, um, who I think I still skate for. <laughs> I've skated for like 30 years, but um, he's just a big influence and a really positive vibe. And from day one, he took us under our wing. Like He jumped on my board and did like eight 360s, so I realized mm. that that board wasn't shit. That was yeah. achievable. I could do stuff on it. Mm. And then Dave was working, like I said, at Penny Farthings, and he knew my family, and and when we got our our fresh vert ramp, which was the the, the eleven foot by twenty foot wide, which was big in those days, that was the biggest ramp. You know, it's half the size of Zedens, mm. and um, 
he would come out and he'd bring helmets and knee pads and wheels and boards and whatever we wanted. Like if we said, oh, can you get us pads? He'd go, yeah, yeah. Mm. He'd bring out five helmets and just give them to each of us and say, just pay me when you can mm. and, and just let your parents know that, you know, pay me when you can. And he'd put mm. it on, on his own account. And mm. so we'd take like six months to pay it off because we'd do like paper round or mow the lawns or whatever. And But we had brand new Protex and we had brand new Rectors and we had the mm. best protective gear because he knew that we were going to slam hard mm. and he was not discouraging in any way and he never like i probably still owe him money mm. and um for a set of pairs or something but he would bring it give it to us to encourage us and that's where mm. i learned it's like i just like giving stuff away like i, mm. I if i i must give it away in my whole scable collection but but it just doesn't matter because you mm. want to give somebody that stoke and that's what skateboarding to me is it's like it's the stoke it's mm. like it's like, when you the adrenaline and the feelings of the good feelings come through and you know and that's like you know that set of wheels that you reckon you know just hand them on to the kid yeah well this um, kid um i think it's one of those little little guys that might have come no i came a pair of shoes max i just had i bought a pair of shoes a size eights um a size eight uk on nine um, us no no sorry eight US, so too small. So this kid was ripping. Oh, do you want some shoes? And he's like, mm. shoes for me? What? Are you serious? Mm. I'm like, yeah, bro. They're for me. You it's, fit them. They're yours. And see, then that's the community I discovered when I got into skateboarding. Yeah, and it's interesting because skateboarding in the '90s was tough. And mm. I remember when, um, like, my mum and dad were pretty young, so they sort of yeah, understood yeah. it. As I sort of discovered skateboarding through snowboarding, like, what am I going to yeah. do in the summertime? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I remember, like, as soon as it word got around that I'd started skateboarding, like, like mum had calls from her friends being like, are you sure, like, he should be doing that around those people, you know, because <laughs> all that. But, but I was like, they, those people couldn't be more wrong. Mm. Like, there was just such a awesome, yeah, there's a couple of scumbags, but when isn't there? And, yeah, well, that and, was skateboarding. Like we, the fact that now it's in the Olympics is awesome. Mm, I don't and, really care for it. Like it's not my type of skating, and I'm removed from that. These are the current pros and the future pros. And but because that was such a fight to be looked down upon. Like we'd be skating in our park and Barrett Brand, we'd be throwing eggs over, mm, trying to hit us with the eggs and stopping and wanting to fight. And you know, like mm, in the mid '90s, it was you would fight street kids in Wellington City mm, to keep your board and shoes. You know, you would yeah. have to throw boards. You would have to, but just because we were the, the outcasts and we were the mm. ones on the street at like two in the morning skating a curb or, you know, like, like hanging with Ivan and the crew and like, you know, and Simon Lockett and all the, all the skaters, we'd just be skating the city all night, mm. but we'd get stepped out and fought. So occasionally there was some serious problems, but um, we managed to get out unscathed. But mm. it was, we were just looked down upon. Mm. Skateboarding was, was not anything positive. Weird, I remember like when I was, was 97, I was 17. Yeah. And literally, like, dudes that were, like, my dad's age were trying mm. to fight us, <laughs> you know, when we go, we're being street yeah. skating in town. Yeah, this is, like, a but, Sunday afternoon. But why? Because we're you know? noisy or we, like, and, dress different or we got different shoes like, or... We were a, a, you know, trouble, right? Yeah. But these guys were drunk off their asses at fucking oh, two yeah. o'clock in the afternoon on a fucking Sunday, <laughs> right? And, oh, and trying, trying to fight a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, productive, like, member, productive members of society trying to, you know, fight yeah. skateboarders who are yeah. 10 years younger, 20 years younger. Yeah. So, now, who's the bad guy in that situation? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, yeah, we got it hard, man. Like, it's not like, and snowboarding, obviously, at the same time, but it was different. Mm. You know, like the snowboarders obviously frowned on and weren't looked at as 
being equal to skiers. Mm. Like, like when I came in, it was roller skating. You know, like where I grew up in Parapran Beach, um, the first initial flat concrete round was a roller skating rink. It was built in the mid fifties, mm. and then they got banks, like concrete wavy banks, and a little bit of a sort of rounded nose, which we used to call it, and then a nice bowl flowing into mm. it. And that was in the mid seventies, and then in the mid uh, late eighties, we got the vert ramp. Mm. And there was another vet around there that was moved from a family, I think the Irelands, who used to live opposite a friend of mine, Pete Murray. He used to see them all the time skating this ramp, and this was like 77, 78. And then it got moved to this, the local skate park, but it was like, platforms like this big. No one mm. dropped, not many people dropped it, but maybe two or three. But it was like, you know, maybe two sheets wide, eight feet wide. And yeah like trying to skate there was hard but and then um dave green i uh, got todd fleming mark samuels um dylan foskett's father uh, brian foskett and dylan foskett i don't know if you know dylan he's a legend he he started off as being a little six-year-old on a full-size board now he lives in queenstown and rides a long board and right. does front side rocks in that deep bowl holy shit. really tall guy long Whoa. guy if you see him he's He's front, front rocks on the long boards kind yeah, of yeah, psycho, like it's, it's, and But it's, you know what? Because he's grown so tall. He's probably six foot two, six foot mm. three. But he started at this height on a big board. Yeah. So as a, he grew and his stance grew, he had to get a bigger board. Mm. And so naturally, he just feels good on a long board. And he can do front side. He's Smith Grinds. He can wow. kick flips. Look, there's yeah, Google oh, Dylan wow. Foskett. I think there's videos out there. But, you know, he comes from the old um, Parapram days. And I knew his brothers when I first went to school. And, but... Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, we're talking about how skateboarding was sort of... Because I was actually having a talk with a friend of mine, Amy. Oh, yeah, cool. And there's a... So the last few years has been a really good sort of... A bit more... Like, like there's been a couple of... Like, there's a really good girls skate scene over there with the cool. refurb. And then there's yep. a girls scene kicking off here. Yeah. And we were talking... And because uh, she was my age, and she's mm. like, "Oh, what? You know, so many girls. There was not really any girls skating in the nineties. It's like, well, from what I remember, the nineties, like everyone was trying to fucking kick your teeth in for being a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, who wanted to be a part of that? Yeah, there know? were a few. I mean, there were a few girls in, in mm. Wellington City that were skating really well. Um, I struggle to remember names. I remember but... one though. I think her name was uh, Asha Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. She had a check out in New Zealand yeah, skateboarder. Yeah, Asha. Yeah, yeah. That was the one person I was thinking of. Now mm. I just remember her name. Yeah, Asher. Yeah, yeah. She mm. was good. She was mm. really good. Real cool girl but too. Really nice. I think it's rad where it's at now. Where there's a lot more. Like, I don't know what inclusivity or um, level playing like, field or yeah, inclusivity like, is good word. Like yeah. there's a there's like the refurb crew over in Queenstown is fucking sick what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, I mean, and like, yeah. like it's weird. I say this a lot, but. I relate more now to female skateboarders than I do men because you've got your yeah, Elliot Sloan's doing 17 foot Ollie 540s on a mega ramp and then you've got Lizzie Armanto doing the killer finger flip lens tail and tie bowl mm. and I'd rather watch Lizzie than not not rather but I get more enjoyment from watching her do her tricks than I do from somebody whose tricks I will never come close to and, yeah. you know, and, and um, Alicia Lee uh, I don't know if you've seen the um, Lizzie Slam you see the Lizzie Slam? The, she, the... she didn't make the mega jump, the mega gap. No, I haven't seen that. It's at Elliot Sloan's house. It's about, I think it's a smaller mini mega, but it's about 50 foot. And it's her first time, and she was really nervous. And so she rolled in, went to come up the kicker, and her mm. legs compressed. 
And so she didn't make it off the ramp and then flew into the back of the landing and dropped about 25 feet to the ground. Fucking hell. And they kept it secret. It's the first initial podcast that um, Tony Hawk and Jason Ellis did, like Hawk vs. Wolf. They outline it because she's a miracle. Like she should have been hurt. And it's, this is where it's been going. Like, those mega ramps, obviously, are going to kill people one day. Mm. Um, they fucking almost took out Danny Way, almost took out Jake Brown, yeah. taken mean, out that, a lot of people. That level of scatting is almost, it's like stunt boarding. It's not really yeah. skateboarding. Super it's like watching Super It's like watching Travis Rice Snowboard. It's like, well, that's unrelatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's, that's where I'm coming from. Though. I'd rather, like, Lizzie is such a rad skater. She's got such mm. a good style. She's such a cool chick. She skated at um, uh, the... Bolzilla, or was it Bolarama at that point? Oh, yeah. It's like the Vans comp up in um, uh, Wellington. Oh, that's right, Bolarama. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, all the pros used to come to Wellington, like Lance, Cab, um, Pedro Barros. My God. My mm. God. Watching Pedro from a young age come up, like 14, doing bloody stalefish 540s in the bowl, and, and um, oh, that's mind blowing. But, yeah, the girls, just. You can see the old-fashioned classic skating, like you know. You mm. can see the how tricks are done, and then you look at a guy, say like Clay Kreiner. Mm. My God, that guy's the best, and he's so stylish. But he's doing like superhero stuff, and same with like Elliot Sloan and all these guys. And and I just like the whole classic of like the eighties. Like I'm based in the eighties skating. You know? mm. If I can do a frontside grind, I'm happy. And then, but. The girls are skating in a way that it's so timeless and so cool and just so stylish that it's mm. so good to watch. Mm. It's like really refreshing because watching the progress of a pro vert skater to get to the level where those guys are is mind-boggling. And, mm. and it's... So I really like watching Nora's... Oh, Nora like her, Vasconcelos. Yeah. yeah, no, Nora's one of my like, favourite skaters. Like yeah. Her, her parts that always come out. And how cool so is she? Sad. Like She's yeah. like, ooh, goofy ass and having a good time. And that's where I want to see skateboarding go. I want to see mm. the enjoyment coming through in the video. I don't, I don't want to see 30 tricks of things that I'm never going to be able to get close to, which is cool. Mm. But there's... Well, it seems to be like things but, have more everything has more of a place now in skating yeah, yeah. which is kind of cool yeah yeah like anything goes anything mm. goes like you know you think Tony Hawk's learning tricks what do you do the other day like a a sugarcane Madonna slide like he so instead of doing a Madonna tail slide which is obviously a one foot front side length tail yeah. slide he turned it to truck whoa so yeah so he went up instead of doing the Madonna he went backwards grinding and he's 54 years old and it's mm. like this is not supposed to be happening at his age yeah well, and that's like but that's Tony Hawk but that, I mean it's interesting now like there's skaters in their 40s like we are skaters yeah. in our 40s whereas yeah. when late, late 40s <laughs> when I was starting yeah there was no one skating in their 40s maybe nah. the Tony Elvis of the world yeah yeah but yeah. it's kind of cool that it's happening like that now, and you can actually go down. Say, well, Wanaka's a good example. You can go down there, and there's three different generations. Of yeah, yeah, right yeah. yeah. You know? Speaking of, it, I bumped into Eddie Spearing the other day. He's a, mm. he's a big name. He, he pretty much, yeah. Me and him used to do back in I think it's 2007, 2008. Um, we used to do coaching, and we were raising money for the the extension of the skate park. And this mm. is when it was just that block of, um, you know, before the additions, yeah. before the good stuff got done, and the. And so we were raising money and doing skate coaching, and um, yeah, oh man, it was rewarding. Eh? Like just so teaching kids to drop in. Is was the best that thing. the coaching you were doing? Was this like the when like 
the Wilson brothers and Beach Thurlow and all those guys yep. were like hella groms and yep. shit. I, I watched a Vans video the other day and Digby's in it. Yeah. Digby Luxton. My God. I remember yeah. him when he was a tiny little blonde kid, like six, five maybe. Mm. And now he's like the super pro. And he's from Wanaka. Yeah. And it's like, and same with like Beach. Beach is one of the best skateboarders you'll ever see. Mm. Josh Wilson. Oh my God. Josh is one of my favorite skaters. Mm. And even then, they were the little twins and his brother, like, you know, Ollie was like just. Josh was hesh and Ollie was fresh. Yeah. So it was yeah. the hesh versus fresh. And so you'd have Josh in the bowl doing like lean tweaks of transfers. And, and then you have Ollie doing like God knows what, you know, down on the street course, like switch this and that. And and um, that wasn't so mind boggling. And, and you can't not mention the Wells brothers, you know, like mm. I've got a story about Jossie. Um, when Jossie was a real little, little mm. like ponytail kid. And like um, we, there was a contest of that, that, um, that skate park before the modifications. And, and I was standing next to him, and we can, you know, I'm in the open, and he's in the under 16s, and I think he might have even been in the under 12s. And I'm like, oh, mate, you're going in the open? And he's like, can we go in the open? I'm like, it's open. You can go, anyone can go in the open. And he beat me. He got second, and I got third or something. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> but from there on, you realize that kid would have future, eh? Same with his little brothers. Like, they all mm. used to just shred on skates, and they were just tiny. Mm. And now and they, they still do now. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. They never will stop being shredders. That's in their blood. They are, and it's the new generation are so. Um, and what's the word? It's ingrained in them. You know, mm. they've come from like we picked it up, and we go, oh, "I want to be a skateboarder," or, or "My friends skate, I want to go skating." These guys have created careers around it and gone from a young age that you know, like. Yeah, I think about Jossie. He was leagues ahead of people when he mm. was like 10, 12 years old. And same with his other brothers. And But yeah, he was like the leader, you know. He's, he's the big one. So you mm. know, he was the one that was noticed. But I mean, all those guys, like they are just super pros. Like, they are, mm. They're like the gods, the skate, the like the skaters we look up to. Those yeah. guys are the skiers. And, and I mean, Jossie can snowball too, can't he? Like, yeah, well, you go through his Instagram page and I think there's a unreal picture where... He's morphed together two pictures of him doing a frontside invert on what would be a frontside invert on skis. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing the same trick on the snowboard. Cool. And then for quite a few years, Dogger every year organises the mini pipe yeah, worlds, yeah. which we talk about. Yeah, yeah. And there's been quite a few where he's getting it on board. And Work he's fucking, it. he's fucking like boning out like frontside ears and all yeah. this shit yeah. and doing cripplers. Like, damn, I have snowboarders. A whole bunch and I can't do that shit you know yeah, and, yeah. And imagine then, if he'd stuck on a snowboard he'd be one of the best snowboarders in the world and, I mean and, he's you yeah. know like man I mean I can't speak for him but mm. and then you see him down at the skate park and he's still like yeah, yeah. there's a picture I found the other day somewhere of him doing a frontside rock on that vert wall in Wanaka skate park oh, and it's just yeah, like sketchy as hell yeah and but I mean it's just like fucking perfect I would, like, I would like to do that trick, but no, no. Yeah, no. and then it was like, before that, the only dude I'd seen do a perfect front rock was one of the anti-hero dudes, that Pat yeah. Manta dude. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, wow, that's how good Jossie is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just the backyard crew from down the road, and it's like, that's what's amazing about, mm. like, you know, like with snow sports, obviously, you have to have a mountain, but with skateboarding, it's like, you can just have a shitty skate park, and you can become one of the best in the world. Mm. And, like... Or you can just go free riding, uh, you know, street riding, and, and ollie down the biggest gaps and flip down and become one of the biggest skaters. Like you mentioned, Gareth Steer, like mm. he, I remember seeing him when he was in the juniors at nationals, and 
he was a standout. He was doing backside ollies off the big platform, which is mm. about 10 feet high. And yeah, next thing you know, he's turning pro for all these big companies. And That's he's, right. he's pro on foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a hot shot. And he still is. He's still, still very much a hot shot. And um, it's just like, he's just one of those kids. He had it in him. He wanted to do it. He wanted it. And he made it happen. And I guess that's where like, those guys have a different outlook. Like we never, I never thought, I never wanted to be a pro. Mm. I would love to be a pro, but it was like, it wasn't so foreign. It was such mm. a foreign concept. Especially in New Zealand skateboarding in those days, but and there's just not been many pro skaters out in New Zealand, mm. like vert skaters, but a few street skaters. But it wasn't in our con, you know, context of we want to drive to be pro. We we can climb those hurdles and get mm. over that, and we can become pro. It was like there was none of that. It was happened mm. by accident with this, like with Sam, it was an accident. Mm. But it was just and nowadays people can base their lives around a career. Like you yeah. know, Ryan Sheckler's the ultimate blueprint he wanted to be a pro skater and want to retire by the time he was 27 or something he wanted to be a millionaire mm. and he was going to be a pro skater and he was going to do it and he created that what's the word ethos or mm. dialogue to where hey i can be a pro skater as a career choice i could be a doctor a dentist a chef or a pro skater mm. and that's where life's changed for a lot of people who just pick up a board you know like mm. And some of them will go on because they have the drive and they have the guts and they won't sustain the heavy injuries and, and they'll carry on. And mm. Good on them. Those yeah. people are the people we need. Yeah. yeah. We moved to Queenstown in 09. Like the scene there was like the Cleggs and oh, Jason yeah. Parks and those dudes. We, yeah, Simon yeah. and Nick. Well, those guys always did the, the, the Nationals and Vert Demos mm. and and um, Nick. Simon went higher than Nick. He probably won't like me saying it, but Nick's <laughs> coming back now doing... So close to kickflip indies and probably spinning 540s and 360 varials and he's skating really well. He's come back from back injuries, um, oh God knows what, but super cool guy. He's starting Federation clothing and, and then Simon, obviously you know Simon, he's a local guy mm. here now. Um, man, he used to go high. He used to do like Fuck, eight he, feet. Um, he had a moment in front of all the anti-heroes <sighs> I do remember that. Mm. Rion sent me a photo of him in the uh, ambulance with, with Grosso. Grosso. <laughs> <laughs> that's a moment to keep, man. That's, mm. that's the best. But yeah, he, what did he do? He split his... Uh, I don't entirely know. Along? I don't know if many people seen it happen. Mm. And then he was just so quiet, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. Themselves and, and then and then I think it was actually Wayne Pretty that was like actually fucking called the ambulance or some mm. shit for him. Oh, he's got massive yeah. internal bleeding. Yeah, he mm. told me about it, eh? And like, lean to tail, hung up on lean to tail. Mm. I, I, I won't be doing one in that bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've hung up on lean to tails and uh, you're confident on it and then uh, you hang and then you just, you come down forward with elbows and ribs and... It's he, you straight he, out to the flat too, right? And that bowl's tight. And yeah. There's no give. I found out today that you, when you knee slide and it stops, you fall forward. Oh, <laughs> it's right. grippy. And um, but yeah, those boys, man, like they're a big part of skating, like first skating New Zealand, and you know, quite industrious as well. Like you know, Nick's very industrious and like clothing brands and styly dude. You know, like mm. he just he's knows fashion. You know, I yeah, think it's fashion working. was a big deal for a yeah. long time. Yeah, he in he created most of it. Yeah, it was I guess the skate designs and they he had obviously great graphic artists, but it was cool. I've still got some federation stuff now, you know. Mm. But but um yeah, and Simon was killer, he was a good skater, but yeah. And then you got all those Auckland guys like yeah, like Jason Parks who pff, you can't mention skate parks and not mention Jason and Premium and uh, Yeah, because he's built a lot of the good shit that's around. Not just good. You can't mm. just say good. Yeah. 
the best. The best. Like, yeah. That is that is some of the smoothest concrete. Like the only other place I've found that's smoother is the one in Christchurch in Washington, mm. and that's I think Convic. Yeah. Was it? Well, I think testament to Jason's mm. park building abilities is oh, um, yeah. I quite like the Queenstown Park. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that was built in '09. And yet you'd think it was only built five years ago if you went and looked at it. Yeah, still Whereas, current, eh? So what's 09 from now? Like 10 plus years? 12 years? Yep. yep. When the Wanaka, original Wanaka Park yep. was 12 years old, mm, fuck me, haggard. it looked haggard. Yeah, you Tom know? Smithers to Jason yeah. Parks. You mm. cannot mention. Sorry, Jason, I mentioned Tom in the same sentence. I apologise. Um, Tom Smithers ruined Skate Parks New Zealand. There's skate parks all over New Zealand that that guy had his hand on and undercut everyone said I'll do it cheaper and of course he's going to do it cheaper because he's going to do it shittier mm. and I guess in some places the ground's not set properly or rolled properly or um, it's not solid so it deteriorates behind the mm. concrete the concrete falls and but he should be held accountable for about 30 parks and he should be made held responsible for fixing them because mm. it's just inferior design and, and just just rubbish well remember the Wanaka Bowl oh yes very right? much and when it was first put in we're like rad yeah, you know? yeah and then about three or four years later after constant use you yeah. started actually having bits where you clip your wheels and yeah, 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 shit. yeah 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 and yeah I can tell you a story about that right yeah um yeah skating there with uh, I guess 2003 skating there with Polder Polder and um Jane Nelson who's a very well known snowboarder um good dude um and his brother Drew came over from Queenstown uh, with um, Sam Wilson, R.I.P. Um, they came over and they came to my house and we had a barbecue and we were like partying and you know like and skating with Ollie. Phil was in town as well. Phil was living here at the time, I think. Was he? Yeah, he was. And um, so we went down the park and we were all skating. And then I went to drop in. I said I was saying to Paul, I was saying, "Hey, bro, I'll show you this line," which is I was going to drop in go to the other side, like the far end of the park, beside the, the, the field, mm. and the mini ramp, and then do the mini ramp, and then do that hip, yeah. that sort of weird shaped hip. Mm. And I've been doing it heaps, and, and I was like, yeah, check this line, because Polder would kill that line too. And I went to drop and threw my board down, and it stood up, because there's such a gap between the coping and, and the platform, and it's just fallen away. So my wheels caught, and usually, you know, you go to tail, mm. Wheels set behind the coping, so I was standing too far up. So I stepped off, pop snap, dislocated broken leg. Um, yeah, and then I'm just like, oh man, I reached down to my ankle, and there's no ankle, and it's like the leg was sideways, and it was like, Fuck. then Ollie's looking at me, oh! and ran off to the White House to use the phone. I look at Polder, Polder turns white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Cook Island boy turning white, it's not a good scene, and he's looking at my leg, so I'm like, whoa. And then I look at him and it's shock. And then, uh, yeah, didn't feel a thing after that. And then, yeah, just worst, worst case scenario. And that's what took me out five years. Like, I skated a bit, but um, it was the worst break and dislocation. Just yes. cooking a drop in, you know, on a Tom Smithers Park. But yeah. I don't hold Tom responsible. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just one of those clown moments. And, and it, it was just the funniest part about that is, um, I think, fucking... Polder and um, Ollie grabbed the nitrous or the laughing gas when I'd finished with it. Mm-hmm. And all I remember is looking at Ollie and he's just like, laughing <laughs> back and smiling back at me. <laughs> so I do it again. And I'm like, you know, Polder's on there, I think. I can't remember if Polder was, but I have a feeling it was. And they're mm-hmm. huffing away on the gas because they're tripping as well. You know, my mm-hmm. leg's sideways and 
<laughs> but that was just that made that moment funny because I cracked mm. up because Ollie was just huffing back the gas. <laughs> Speaking of Ollie Burke again, oh Jesus! There's a um, <laughs> there's a picture. Come on, I don't know if we can. This talk is not about, about the boxing one. match. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk <laughs> about the boxing match? We haven't yet. He told me that he said something to you about that, and I was like, yeah. I, I, this is how I remember it. Ollie was just come back from Europe. I think he was. He had broken up with his partner, and things got ugly. And he was pretty, pretty hyper and pretty angry. Like people were saying, "Oh, Ollie's you know, he's pretty angry." And so we decided we were going to put gloves on and have a boxing match in Bex James, who did Pink and Rion's lounge. <sighs> okay, this is where it starts. Where it finishes is basically all I remember was getting punched in the face on the ground. <laughs> By all these, yeah, and they got back up, and then I don't remember exactly how it happened, but but these gloves were like you know like clown gloves, like mm. big pillows on your hands, and we were just like I just let him go because I knew he was hurting, and it's like that's what pros do, but then he got me angry, and I just remember just clicking and just cracking him about three times in the head. Last one knocked him out, and he just was back on his heels going, Aah. and we all saw it, and we're like, and then he just came out. He, he pulled himself together with it, but he, he always brings that up. He goes, oh man, fuck, at least I didn't knock you out. And so, like, you know, like, it's like, bro. But he, he wanted to talk about that. That's him saying it to you, right? Yeah. He wants yeah. to talk about that. But what I remember was he was beating the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, because there's this picture he sent through to me yeah. of um, oh. him him in the yellow hoodie, there's blood all over his face. Yeah. And he's leaning back on Rion, who's got the gloves. Yeah. And like, it looks like he's laughing at some shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Rion's got this weird grin on his face. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, it's the best band picture ever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> That'll happen. I yeah. think notice when they do eventually release an album, if they ever get good enough to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they will. They should use that drum kit half pipe photo that they mm. had last weekend. At the yeah. snow pipe, the mini pipe. That would be the best album cover. Like mm. just slower than slow. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how that happened. You know why they're called slow? No. Uh, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but uh, slow sign on the mountain. Mm. Maybe they potentially took one, and oh, they yeah. used to put it behind them when they played, and they didn't have a name, and then they'd oh, we're slow. <laughs> so that's how, I may be wrong there, and I may be corrected, but that's how I remember it. Mm. And yeah, this, oh, the comedy man, those boys are hilarious. <laughs> just just like brothers, eh? you know, like mad, crazy brothers that just get up to mischief. And, and it was good that we went skating today. Like, I've skated with those guys for like 25 years or something, you know, and, mm. and we both, we all skated like Ryan was ripping, Ollie was hurt, obviously, but he was ripping. His boys are ripping, like um, all these boys, and yeah, had a good skate. Mm. Like I said today, I skated five times. It's like I haven't done that in years. Yeah, and for a 40, 48 year old, slightly overweight gentleman, it's <laughs> it's it's a tough a tough ask, you know. Like mm. especially that very, I I just am in awe that that thing survived and that Zedin and his dad got it and did what they did with it. Because if they hadn't. Mm. Zedin wouldn't be who he is. Well, he would be because he would be ripping think, that bowl, but he's really, really taking vert. We've got to give a shout-out to Nick, Zedin's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Nick so Fellows, I think yeah. he actually helped um, finance some of the park um, extension as well, as okay. as well as this. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, that, there's, yeah, I mean, he, what a proactive father. Mm, like, what a proactive and, dude. And that vert ramp, like, there's a documentary on it. It's like mm, Nick, and Wayne, by 40. Nick and Wayne yeah. Pretty... Oh, Wayne, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another comical dude, man. Another comical (laughs) dude. I'll never forget. I was here two years ago for the um, 
the 25th anniversary of the Skate Club, mm. and, and it was a fancy dress kind of thing at the, what's it? The oh, beer. Roman Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he's dressed as Jake Phelps, mm. just after Jake had passed, and I was like, what a cool guy. Like, yeah, mm. what? I just kept looking over him going, man, that's refreshing, that's cool, because Jake Phelps is pretty much grosso as well, you know? Like, mm. Jake Phelps was the no-shit-talking thrasher editor. Like, you know, like skateboarding's he, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, pretty much, eh? Like, mm. you know, and didn't give a fuck. I skated with Jake. Um but Julian Stranger, Richard Kirby, who was the Santa Cruz Pro, um, Jake Phelps and Lee were traveling New Zealand back in ninety eight. It was the day before I was supposed to start on my chefing Whoa. course. Well, I did start on my chefing course, but I was a little bit blurry. Um, but we all ended up back in Matt Russell's house, which if you know Matt Russell, you you know. And um we just partied. Julian Stranger was pretty quiet. Uh, Roger Kirby on the drums just hammering it out and this going on to like 2 or 3 in the morning and um, Joey Touche Joey Touche who does Ace Trucks now mm. who's previously um, Indy World Team Manager he was cool and you know he was just partying at Matt's place and fucking yeah got wild and but yeah Jake I asked to try his glasses on because um, obviously Jake Phelps is, his glasses mm. are very synonymous and I just wanted to say hey man can I try shades on and he's like Dude, would you ask a wheelchair person to get out of their wheelchair and to try their wheelchair? And I went, maybe. <laughs> he's like, no, dude, I'm not fucking letting you try it. And then he just fucking backside rolled in, you know, he just mm. rolled in into the mm. vet room. It's on top of the vet room. And yeah, skating with like him was cool. Like it, yeah. it just oozes just cool, you know. Mm. And big guy too, big guy. And he told us his uh, tattoo story. He had this dream about a tattoo, and he goes, "Yeah, I've got this." He dreamed that he had this massive snake on his shoulder, and it was winding down. It was real, and it was moving. And then he woke up, and he went and got the tattoo. And it's like that's cool. I think I've done the same thing. Sick. <laughs> and speaking of um, Wellington and visiting pros, you were you were at oh, Catsburgs with Ricky Isle or some shit, right? Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well. Uh, Rowan Catsburg yeah. and obviously Mark being his little brother I remember Mark from like, I've known Rowan for quite a few years through skating and their family or their father was a either an importer or they had a warehouse up in um, Naranga Gorge and they put a ramp in there a little dusty corner of the ramp of the warehouse and had this ramp and um, man we had some killer sessions so Ivan killed that ramp like backside 360 kickflips and things that weren't happening in those days and 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 then, um, yeah, Ricky Ayola turns up, and he's just the coolest dude, you know, he's like Philadelphia dude, like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, fucking right. And, <laughs> and then um, he was just cool. We just hung out. And he stayed in Wellington, stayed at Matt's for like two weeks, and just, just was not a pro, not a nothing. He was just in town. Mm. And, yeah, so he went to the Catsburgs Mini and just killed it. And, like, you know, the biggest frontside flips I've ever seen. And... Just tricks that, and he was amazing. If you, uh, Eastern Exposure 3, mm. remember that video? Yeah. Wow, Donnie Barley and Ricky Ayola. Like, man, they, they just. See, I, I discovered that video way later than I should have. Yeah. But Ricky Ayola's part with Metallica. And, <sighs> and he's rolling down the street and it's just going. Mm. Yeah. And he's a 360 flip in this, kick flipping a street. No, yep. he, he had a different style. Unique pop, too. Really, really mm. cool style. But. And then uh, he came up to one of the Jedi jams, and um, man, he killed that too. Yeah, yeah. I was wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. Goes, yeah, Dean Iron Maiden, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, just Yanks coming to New Zealand, man. We're like, they, like we were us, and they were them, and so we just made them cooler. Like we, mm. we were just like, give Ricky all this shit. Going, Fuck, man. You know, like just. But it happened heaps, like heaps of touring pros. You know, they just they loved Wellington. 
Yeah, mm. it was just different buzz, you know. Well, yeah, there was a good scene and yeah, just kind of just thing. positive people. We were jokers. We were funny. We we partied like they partied, and you know, we we had places to go and do things and get wasted and that's what they wanted they didn't want to be these big pros or, or maybe they weren't but they were just traveling on their own budget traveling the world and just ricky ended up in wellington and mm. stayed with you know matt russell which probably the best place anyone can stay yeah is matt's generous man that dude is he's cool well i mean Christchurch is killer like when you think about washington skate park mm. washington way like that's that's madness and it, like we talk about girls like um poppy and and krista this yeah, is yeah. amazing. Like those girls Watch are both really aggressive. Skate twenty one star. Yeah, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, 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 Instagram. Yeah, yeah. She's cool. Like, she skated last week at uh, Trebs and she's riffing. Like you, she does things that I want to do that I can't mm. do because I'm not that confident yet. But you know, and it's just cool to see her pushing it. Mm. And you know, and she influences these girls. Um, like Adam Weldon's daughter, uh, daughters, twin daughters of skate. Um, uh, another dude uh, they call Sparta. He's, his daughter skates really well. Mm. And so there's a lot of girls in cross skating. Mm. There's a really good... There's about seven or eight. So I think, sort of to bring this to Trev for mm. a second, um, there's a YouTube movie, Offshore Snowboards, did about him. Yeah. And they, so film, the, they yeah. film a portion of him at um, Washington. Yeah. yeah. And it does sort of... It's filmed in a way that not only is it his skating, but it also shows that there's a whole community there. Yep. too which yeah. is really cool to see oh man anytime you go there like the the friday night crew you know like mm. it's the washington way friday night crew like the friday night skates it's like cory wairu um i hope i've said that right um oh man there's so many dudes like daryl like daryl collins i mentioned daryl earlier mm. he's he's a capity kid like i've grew up skating with him in parapram beach and he was must have been like 13 14 and then in the mid-90s, he came up again and popped up in and, and Kilburnie sessions, which, like, Kilburnie was the hub for Wellington, you know, like, like mm. the indoor hub. And, and Monday night was skating, and then, like, Tuesday night was roller hockey. And But then Daryl came up, and another guy, Neil, and they'd turn up in tight black jeans when everyone was wearing baggy jeans, mm. tight black metal T-shirts, and just make that ramp grind. Like, grinding that ramp, those boys made a move and made noise like nothing else. And so Daryl's still skating now. He's been through a few injuries, but... He was killing, and his son skating. Um, Hayden, he's skating really well. Mm. Um, but oh man, I, you know, there's so many names, so many names. Mm. Well, this one, um, did you know, skate with Tom Peter much? He, oh, he's, Tom, he's down oh, there now. So, well, he's got a photo. He worked with me at um, Thompson, uh, Thompson uh, Snow Park. We we were chefs right. at Snow Park. Yeah, he's a chef, very talented chef. And we used when the the wall shed got built, kind of all the rules went out the window. <laughs> And we were drinking lime browns at like 7.30 in the morning doing the breakfast shift. And there's a photo somewhere of Tom. Apparently, I'm standing over him like that. It's a knockout photo. We just used to muck around. He goes, oh, I'll do this. I'll lay down and pretend you knocked me out. And, <laughs> and it's happening like 6 or 7.30 in the morning and beers in our hands and sculling big lime browns. And Jesus Christ. Sorry, Sam Lee. Sorry. I really do apologize for all the things I broke and mm. the shit I pulled. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Tom's um he's holding holding down here, he does the, like the Swanee magazine. Oh Swanee's cool. Yeah, he's yeah. such a good photographer. Like mm. crisp shots. And yeah, his partner Rachel, she's cool as well. Hell of a snowboarder. And mm. oh, yeah, those guys, we all work together at Snow Park. Like, so that's how you met Tom No, no, I met Tom in Christchurch. I lived in Christchurch and like when I mentioned um, Springfield. We had a caravan in um Springfield and we had a house in uh Ferry Road. So I go skating Waltham, which was a really difficult bowl ride. Like, 
a lot of that like experience of writing the Wanakaram came from Waltham because the tight end of Waltham is like that, mm. very similar, but it's a bowl. So I'd go there. It'd be like um, Tim Cunners, Tim Kaneen, um, Tom Sanjay, Jay Smith. Mm-hmm. Did Burton for a while, I think. Burton oh, he's right? still doing Burton now. Yeah, it's man, they got such a good skater. Like mm. it would be those boys and Sean, um, Sean Ritchie, who's I respect Sean. Jay's yeah. got like the floatiest ollies. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, he Just did a frontside like, yeah. here at Trev's funeral. That was all the skater Trev was probably five feet high, and it was Damn. like a Trev frontside here. You know, we did it. Did it for Trev. It was just a big frontside here, and he's he's deaf. You know, he's he's had hearing impairment since he was a kid, um, probably forever. And so, yeah, we were actually talking about doing a podcast probably a year before you started. Like, we were sitting in the skate park years ago going, man, wouldn't it be cool to do a New Zealand history skate podcast? Mm. Neither of us have done it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you come in. And that's where this is, you know, podcasting is something that certain people can do and do well, and, and you are doing it well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Obviously, well, it's, it's the people like myself who <laughs> make this mm. what it is but nah just get a man it's, it's, it's honestly well it's, it's, it's I'm not the one with the stories it's the people who are sitting in the hot seat and yeah. if the skaters out there are listening mm. fuck someone do it there's mm. I'm, I'm I don't know enough about I love skating I just there's people that know it better than me in New Zealand yeah yeah and that, that's where we were talking about. and you've started doing it and it's like okay we can see how mm. it's done now like this whole thing is like well, this, this is what it is this is me in yeah. my garage with a computer and a mic yeah you know it's, it's raw grassroots of just recording and then you can post it and it's like you know like I, I like podcasts so I, I listen mm. to Joe Rogan mm. all the time you could get Lee on the show if he wanted to come down or you mm. could get you know you could like you know Nolan Ewart I mean Nolan's mm. fucking Nolan's one of the best that's the thing. I think he won the XR in Wellington a few years ago and just cleaned up everybody. Mm. And it's just amazing. But you could get Tom on. Tom could tell you a whole lot of stories. And he's traveled the world, so he's, he's got more stories. You get, mm. you name it. You get Mori on if he's come down for a ski holiday. You get his daughter on who's a ripping skater like Billy. Mm. So it, it just, it will take off. And there is a niche for it. It's just who's going to do it. Mm. And then how is it going to happen? And mm. like you are paving the way. Like for people like, because I, I want to do it. And I mm. and me and Sean were real curious, like curious as to how it's done. Oh man, like um, this yeah, is how this it's is done. Yeah. For me anyway. Like, yeah, uh, and that's the coolest know. thing though, is the stories that come out are just, I mean, it's a lot of babble from me, probably doesn't make much sense, you know, it's jumping all over timelines. Oh, but but it's, it's critical to not having, you know, the video players back in those days or not having the the, the coverage of the just low key scenes like mm. like you know it's like you know like the daggers like you know mm. the, they went relatively unnoticed apart from say phil who got quite famous and, and mm. nige being a photographer but yeah if it wasn't for nige no one would know yeah totally and so I also simon mcclain simon mcclain is a great photographer he's a tunedin based guy mm. and he's got because well, he's the one doing the blood bucket um mm. yeah lovely. Well, he, he took some amazing pictures of like legs and aj up in the snow oh, and yeah. shit too oh like, yeah and, and that's what i mean he you know he would get in he would go where he had to go and do what he had to do like i was mm. saying with photos that of, of me he would be lying on the ramp with you know and i always freaked out because there was an invert shot that is in queenstown on the old ramp and I kicked my board out, and I think it landed like an inch from his camera. Mm. And, you know, these are like $8,000 cameras or something. Speak, speaking of, what's the story with the grind Mornington? Ah. The, the railway track grind over the fucking... 
Okay. Channel. Um, so Simon Clayton and Nigel Roberts, myself, and Phil were skating the bowl. Um, Nigel, uh, sorry, um, Simon was taking photos. Mm. Photographer, obviously. And there was this railway line just sitting out in the street park, and, and we were skating the bowl pretty hard out, and I was having a good day. And then it's like... So I think it was Simon suggested, like, would you be interested in doing something with that in the bowl? And I said, oh, we could probably put it across the channel. Mm. And the bowl... It's a straight piece of metal, probably seven feet long or six feet long. Hmm. It didn't link up. Like You could have it on the flat wall, but if you put it across the channel, you had to have it out because yeah. it had to come in. Like You you would, you couldn't put it just flat, flat. It had to be into the corner because hmm. it had to be like that. So I was grinding across it. Um, yeah, just a random idea, and it worked out really well. I didn't fall. I got, I think, three or four grinds and a few stand-up grinds. But it was Simon's shot. And he organised it. And I don't want to offend anyone with this. I know that Nigel was just doing what he had to do. And like, but having two photographers trying to take the same shot, mm. obviously there's going to ruffle a feather or two. This could just be what I'm making up, but I, I like my story. Um, I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so Nigel was taking a photo of the same trick from a longer angle, and that one ended up in manual. Um, mm. Nigel's like checkout, which was very cool, very small photo. That's right. It's like yeah. you, Matt Rooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sam's probably in there too, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like literally, you know, it's pointing from this shot to that shot. Mm. And I was so stoked on that. Um, but I wanted to see the photo Simon took because he was in the bowl, on the ground, looking up. And, oh, and so he's, you know, yeah, look, he's looking up at, at where their borders, mm. like, you know, nine feet up or whatever the transitions is. And the railway line, and I'm going over it, and there's just blue sky under the rail, and you can just see it's just cool. Like, it's a cool shot. He really framed it well and did a really good job. And I love the photo. I saw it once on his camera. Mm. That was that. And, but then. Uh, who was it? Who's the young blood, the Mary boy? Um, went on to be a lawyer. Carl. Is Carl a lawyer now? Is he? I think I he don't was. know. I yeah, haven't yeah. seen him in years. Yeah, I think he went on to do some sort of like lawyer work or barrister work. Like, right. No way. That's fucking crazy. I could be completely wrong, but it would be cool if I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Carl was like, hey, bro, you should just do a 5 hour across it. And so I was like, yeah, man, good idea. So I did that. And then Phil was going, hey, I should roll in under you, under the bar, and you go over. And that's the photo Simon got that was like the million-dollar shot. It was, like, it's got Phil going in like fucking daggers like that, like yeah. throwing up the horns under the bar, yeah. and me on top going on a 5 grind over top. And so we like Holy shit. over-unders with the bar. And the bar had moved. The bar was moving, so Phil took a risk that it didn't yeah. come down on his head. But... It's still to this day one of the coolest things I've done on a skateboard because it was so raw and that thing was moving around and like you know and you had to get on at one place if you didn't get on at the right place you'd bump mm. the rail and so, board. so it was perfect timing and then like I said you had to come off on an angle because mm. the bowl started curving so you were coming off off the steel like that and then coming into the bowl still so fucking cool like I mean mm. and that was something I never thought of and these guys are like why don't we do this why don't we do that do that and, mm. and that's that seeking moment you know mm. like somebody saying try that just give that a crack you know Carl encouraging I remember hearing about that because Carl Williams oh, I, I credit him for that trick like mm. he, he basically told me that hey you should try that and I went mean, mm. I'll do it and then I did it and I was like hey I fight bro oh, he, he was 
Oh, I remember he was frosting about that and the pivot to fakie. He was like, Dean uh, Hunt just did a pivot to faking the fucking ball. Yeah, like, and you know what? Oh, I was stressed so fucking horribly in that shot. It's in, that's in one of those manuals, but I was wearing like a, a, a cream beanie, mm. a red skates, no t-shirt I'd had for like eight years, and cream pants mm. and it was this what a I don't know I, I have no dress style <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that photo is still around like it's in one of the manuals and mm. yeah that was cool because that, that bowl was such a challenge like I said you, you're from one wall to the next without flat and you had no time to think and if mm. you just had to throw it in to position and then just try and work it out like I, I remember doing a lip slide in that bowl which was so rugged it was like no coping. The coping was all smashed off, and mm. it was you know square concrete coping. And and Phil was down the bottom filming, and it, I got one. And then the next one, he was wasn't filming, and he was looking at the camera. And then bang, I land next to him, and I would have crushed him. Yeah. And that's when I started thinking. I think I named it the Blood Bowl because I just bled. I was bleeding, and I was. I got the trick, and we mm. got a photo of it for um, one of the Tolgonia flyers which was actually stolen from one of the, from the the university. It was on the wall advertising Tolgonia, mm. and it got stolen. And then you can't not mention the Tolgonia premiere that ended up on TV with Matt Heath saying, you know, we went to this movie. It was called The Mothras, right? And it was mm. like Otago University art and uh, movie making, whatever. So Phil made this video, and it was all us being hesh as fuck and doing things and just... So, the, and this is Tolgonia 1. The original. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they took it to this Mothra, like, art film, you know, oh, Dunedin yeah. University, like... Oh, so you had all these film, film students that wouldn't have been films, liking it. Yeah. Artistic and, you know, interpretive, and then you got this, mm. which is totally the opposite and badass. And the boys had turned up in, like, you know, Metallica t-shirts cut off and looking like real bogans. And so um, the video played, and... Everybody's there. Oh fuck yeah! Fucking throwing beers and drinking beers, and on it was on back of the Y or one of the shows that um, Matt Heath did, um, like comedy shows, and mm. he was the MC, and mm. they were filming, and then he goes, "Yeah, we went to this art show, this video Ponzi video show in Dunedin." Well, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, basically, "Yeah, it was all Ponzi shit." And then we found these guys, and these guys, and then he just amped up on the daggers, going, well, "Their video was the best," and. They were bloody throwing food, and you know, they these were the guys we wanted to find and see. And then, you know, and then now they were like, Yeah, everything has sucked. Yeah. And it's like, and then I was working with the chef who's friends with a bunch of the arty guys. And I said, Yeah, my buddy did uh, uh, Tolgonia, and you know, the daggers. So he goes, Oh, they weren't very liked. Yeah. You know, it's like, Well, the big fucking shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a good time. The mm. video is iconic. Mm. you know it's rough as guts it's probably the roughest video I've ever seen mm. but it, it has meaning and, it, and I know that it was put together on our floor by two videotapes you know mm. recorders and so I think my favourite is Tolgonia 2 yeah I, I, they all blur into one for me because mm. there was oh, it's just a bit more um, like there's there's music over the top they, yeah, they still crisper. like um, yeah. Motley Crue um, covering the uh, House of Skelter oh, oh yeah, fucking, yeah 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 oh, yeah and and that's the one where it's like, for 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 me that's the like, the ultimate yeah. like Phil Frosted is fucking baddest. Well, that was know? Phil skating by himself half the time with the camera. Like maybe mm. someone who would just go with him to film. Like like Chris Hunter probably filmed a lot of that. Mm. Um, probably even Bo Jeffries, you know, like Bo yeah. was in it. 
That's um, right. Fuck, he was. He was killing like it. Like that kick like, flip down the poly. Yeah, poly super smooth. Super light. Yeah, and, and like Bo was like Morph, you know, they were coming up 14, 15. Mm. Like Morph would come to our house all the time and Bo would come. And like they were mini daggers, you know, like mm. I think that's a barrel used to call them, mini daggers. But um, yeah, we'd be on the whiskies and, you know, getting, getting on it and then Morph would be like, what, 14, 15, being like, <laughs> like we shaped him into who he is now there's no doubt about that and honestly the coolest guy though he's such a nice guy mm. Mm. I don't think he'd probably enjoy me calling him nice <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a badass motherfucker <laughs> yeah. oh, he's an awesome dude man. yeah man and, uh, right. and a, a, a doting father now too is he he's got a, he's got a kid now oh is he yeah yeah just, yeah. just like Neil I, I see oh, him on Facebook all the like, time Fuck, maybe about nine months ago or something. Okay. Maybe yeah. a year. Because he's running trainers up in Auckland, eh, isn't he? Oh, no, I'm talking about Josh. Josh Mal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah, Josh yeah. had a kid. Yep. Yeah. Well, I congratulated him. I talked to him mm. the other day. I sent him a message. Mm. Well, I liked one of his photos that I yeah. saw. Because, I mean, he's still, uh, I mean, he's pretty much the mayor of the blood bucket now. <laughs> he should Surely. be. Surely. Yeah, he's definitely inherited that. Because mm. I guess he's influencing the new guys now, you know, doing having seeker moments and being mm. encouraging and, and, you know, basically what you gave him, you know, like <laughs> you told him how or gave him some instruction and, and that shaped him into the skater he is. And, and that's all you can ever do is like, it basically, it's not like you buy a tennis racket and then somebody coaches you. There's no coaching on skateboarding. And mm. there is now. Yeah. And there has been for a while, but in the real skate park etiquette, you don't coach. You don't say, oh, maybe you should put your foot there. But what you do is you go, hey, buddy, I reckon if you tried that and you went like that, it would work. And that's mm. all you want to do is you encourage. It's like an internal thing. You don't mm. want someone from outside, you know, like I don't know how it works now, like this whole Olympics and whether they have coaches and whether they, obviously they do because they need. Oh, it's oh, just a whole do. different world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I right applaud it. Wrong, I, it's, you know. I think it's brilliant because it's not me who's the one who they need to nurture into the the top guy to go to the Olympics and win the gold. It's that guy, that kid. Mm. Like yeah, like you see now, um, Lincoln Nueda, mm. Brazilian, fucking like fifteen foot ears on it, best skater. His son now is coming up, and his mm. son's like I think he may have qualified for Brazil, but there were so many Brazilian skaters going to the Olympics that he probably just wasn't in top five or top two. I think what's the Olympics two or I three? Don't know. I think you could have two from each nation, maximum. But uh, but you know all these all these kids are coming up, and their dads are their coach. Like mm. um, it's not like yeah. I and I like when I think coach, I think you know I played hockey and I played cricket and and you know I, I those sports. You have a coach and you have positions mm. that you put into and you got told what to do and you but you don't get told how to kick the ball. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, with skateboarding, is like, we're not telling you how to kick a ball. You, you buy the ball, you get on the board, and that's the ball, and you, you roll, and then you figure it out yourself. And that's, mm. you learn to kick a ball by yourself. But then you have somebody instructing where to be when the ball comes to you, and, and but you know how to kick it. So, mm. coaching's not a bad thing, but in skateboarding, it was never there. Mm. And if it is now, then I think it's great, but... Mm. Don't remember it being anything like like I say like guys like Dave Green in my day, which he was a bit older, but he would you know bring us stuff and he would encourage us and he'd tell us what to do and he'd tell us you know oh yeah, cool you guys are skating well, but it was mm. more encouragement than direction, which is funny. Mm. But yeah, yeah, and it's things like that. Like I mean, I, I don't care for 
if these guys are going to the Olympics, it's a whole other level. Like it's a whole other world, eh? Like it's mm. it's cool. I just can't wait till the New Zealand kids get up there. Like you think Niwa Niwa's going to go on and be a probably professional skateboarder, possibly compete, and you know if mm. they because who was the other guy Bowman? Bowman Hanson. Yeah. Oh my god, he's Bowman's like natural. Yeah, he's I, did. Did he go to Australia to represent Oz, or did I don't know? I've seen Bowman skate for many years, and he's got better and better and better. Same mm. with um, Sean Boucher. Yeah, right. Those kids, wow. And I remember um, Cal Toldy, who's a fucking hell of a skater. I need to throw his name in there for all the demos and vert skating. But Kale, obviously copious. You know, copious. I vaguely know it. Yeah, he does copious and. He was telling me about Sean. Sean used to be a little rollerblader at the at the ramp, and he'd come down and he'd rip. And then they said, "Hey, get a skateboard." And he so he came down one day with a skateboard, and then just really just took off. And then within a certain amount of months, he was better than everyone. And mm. Sean is incredible. He's one of the most natural skaters I've seen. Mm. But um, yeah, Bowman once again, just there were those two guys were probably the two best skaters in the country at that point. Transition skaters, mm. um, sort of through the you know, 2008, 2015 sort of era. I think they're, they're in Aussie now, but, man, mind-blowing. Like the, yeah. the Bolaramas and the, um, yeah, those, those guys just owned it. For the Kiwi talent, you know. Before we go to the end, is there any thank yous and shout-outs you want to give out? Um, Yeah, firstly, uh, I have to thank my partner, Ebony. She's the coolest. She's, she's just rad. She's taken me in a direction I never thought I'd go, like riding horses. And I was always a cat person. I had cats for years and then started got together with uh, Ebs and now we've had over the last 10 years probably 10 dogs and oh, yeah. mostly rescues like older dogs take on a dog who's like 9 who's been abandoned and nurse them back to health and then give them a couple of good years and they pass away so mm. that's part of our gag that's part of what we do we just we just enjoy animals like we've got 3 dogs at the moment like Pickles Misty and Axel and two do- two horses which I'll ride. Sweet. I'll show you the photo of me on a horse and cowboy it, ass, it's, it's quite a um, jump from, yeah, you know, vert ramps to yeah, yeah. Out the I'd like to try to drop in on a horse, but I don't think it ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> Wouldn't go well. But the horses are cool because they're just the biggest, kindest animals. Some mm. of them are real gnarly, but um, it's all about their training and, and, you know, how you treat them. Mm. And, yeah, we ride. I can't ride very well. Like, we've got jumps in the backyard. Ebs can go over all the jumps, and she's great. And she rides um, track, like racehorses, like big racehorses that are worth hundreds of thousands. And, um, but, yeah, and yeah. so I just got to say thanks to Ebs, sorting me out, getting me sober, not being a dick. And it's um, been and 10, then 10 years? 11, 13 years 13 we've been years. together. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Jesus. It's gone by, so I just... One big 13-year happy memory. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so certainly, and then everyone else, like, you know, Ollie Rion, like, just Jew, just people I've known and skated with and, and partied with and snowboarded with, but ultimately, Degree Groffs. I can't yeah. say enough about those boys, and Ivan especially, man. Like, that guy's the coolest. And, you know, it's like we've known each other over 30 years now. Mm. so I mean, we still talk daily you know still yeah. text daily about dumb shit like I was sending in photos of the skate park today and we have a yarn and so it's important to have friends like that because they mm. keep you straight and narrow and keep you sort of you know and that's that's my whole trip here is like catching up with friends like I've seen so many people because obviously I don't live in Wanaka anymore and you know mm. spending the better part of my life here at one point was 
it was cool because it was like that old sleepy town and everybody was yeah. close and everybody was you know friends and and now it's very very much the same but everyone's scattered and everyone's got lives that they moved on with the children and mm. responsibilities and mortgages and yeah so but we're still those same you know 21 year olds or 22 year olds partying and we've still got the same attitude when we get together mm. and that's what i think is important about catching up with friends and and you know losing trevor and you just want to catch up with people and just no matter who it is whether you've had one meeting or 25 meetings you want to mm. just catch up with someone like mm. i want to get up north go to wellington um, which i've been to wellington for five years and um just see people. Just see. Mm. Just say good day, bro. How are you doing? Because that makes mm. you feel good. And that, and then you start talking like this. Mm. You start talking. You have thirty stories you talk about, and and that's what friendships about, you know. Like, and that's what skateboarding gave to me. Like, I was a quiet little kid who didn't know anything, couldn't hear anything, and mm. like even Dave Green, when I see him now, he's going, "Man, you were the quietest kid. You said nothing. You wouldn't say a word. You were shy. You would like." But then you let skating do the talking. And then now I can't shut up because <laughs> I had he- I have hearing aids and I can mm. understand people and I can have conversations and that's the other thing I would say if you're suffering from hearing loss get it sorted the government will pay ninety nine percent of what you need and like it's eight grand for a set of hearing aids but you pay five hundred if you fall into a certain category and it is life changing so yeah. yeah from a deaf guy I mean and that's what me and Sean were talking about you know like being hearing impaired is like it's for skateboarding it's no balance you know, yeah you so balance. that that would have been a huge um i couldn't skate with them initially because the noise like i'll skate core revert ramp and it was steel at that point and so i'd be like you drop in and be like over all the joints and i would be dropping and going and it would sound like an earthquake it'd be like boom in my ears because i was at 40 percent hearing and then i was at 100 percent hearing so Turning the volume up by sixty percent is mind blowing. Literally, mm. like it was over overstimulated and sense, sensory overload. Mm. But yeah, it's just things like that. Like if you need help, you know, even with I don't know, like we're talking about polder and um, you know drinking mm. and, and giving up. And like I've mm. been sober twelve years. Mm. A couple of slips here and there, which is not good, but you will have them. But it's nice mm. not to be chained to something like that. Mm. So I think what we forgot to sort of add in there was um, mm. with Polder's one with Dex yep. is that um, he was he wasn't drinking that he's he's you know knocked it on the head. Yeah, and yeah. We, we were so excited about other things we forgot yep. to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. and that's because I yeah. talked to him today. I saw him today. We went and got a Red Star and you know had a burger and a yarn and it, oh man, it's so cool. Another high achiever man like that guy. You hear stories about him. And mm-hmm. Like I found, I was talking to a guy today. And he said, "Yeah, shapeshifter toured with Tall in the US," and it's like, "Fuck, wow, well, it's huge." Because I mean, they are huge and mm-hmm. and totally huge. But you know, it's like that, that's a pretty big deal from a yeah. boy from Flaxmere, Flaxmere. You know, yeah, going all the way to bloody playing with one of the best, biggest bands in the world and being in one of the biggest bands in mm-hmm. the world. So nothing but admiration for him, mate. Everything Polder does is cool. You know, like yeah. skateboarding, like I mentioned, he is one of the most powerful skateboarders. Fuck yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, and I guess you know, like, and you got like you don't drink, and it's like one of those things. We are Kiwi natures. We drink. You know, mm. we you drink the word drink. Basically, I drink water. Mm. So, but I still drink. Mm. But it's an alcoholic term, and, and I, I suffer from alcoholism. Like, I like getting drunk, and I like, you know, waking up and having beers or whiskeys or whatever's next to my bed. But I had to stop 
because it was only going to kill me or or I was just going to have no friends and no no partner and so hey if you're thinking about giving up drinking just do it thinking about hearing aids get them mm. <laughs> but let's just yeah as Grosso would say let's finish up turn this stuff off and go mm. skating oh before we turn it off yeah, yeah. Um, we've got our stock enders this one here I guess we can um, bring skate into it as well favourite rider Alex Perlson that guy's amazing mm, you got yeah. one for snowboarding Ollie Burke <laughs> and female Jubre yeah it's because they're my buddies uh, favourite mountain um, I did like Remarkables mm. I like Triple Cone but Remarks was different and they had a cool park at that point, like the big, yeah, there was a good park in 99. I have to say Snow Park because it was more party time and, and friends, we were working with friends. I worked, I think I rode Snow Park like six times. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, the work, like with Tom and, you know, everybody who worked together, we worked hard and we made it happen. And mm-hmm. much respect to the Lees, you know, like Sam, fucking what a miracle worker. And how did he manage all of us fucking horrible cunts? <laughs> <laughs> So once again, sorry. And like Sally, and you know, she's just brilliant. Like mm. those those people were just they are incredible people and mm. good good people. And yeah. raised here, you know, born and raised Wanaka. So mm. they had their in, their incentive was that they were doing it for because it's their their place. Uh, favorite board? Um, probably the one I'm riding, skateboard. Um, mm. It's I made it. I used to buy uncut boards from Dave North over on the west coast, Nelson Creek boards, and just cut my own. Mm. And I made. It's 925, so you think, what do you Jesus. ride, 825? Eight, 825. Eight, yeah, yeah, I ride 925. If it's Jesus under 9, Christ. I can't ride it. Fucking hell. <laughs> and I'm only a size 9 shoe, so it's, mm. but I like the idea of the big old, you know, 80s, late 80s pro models, and um, mm. and so I just put a cheesy graphic on it, like the Descendants, you know, like oh, a, yeah. I don't want to grow up, and yeah. I just changed the Descendants to Dean Hunt. <laughs> so I just, and the idea was I was going to call it Piss Take Skateboards, because mm. I was just taking the piss out of myself, like, I mean... You know, I just, I, <laughs> it was just something I wanted to do. Like, I made the board, mm. I varnished the board, and then I wanted to put a graphic on the board, and it's like, so I just decided, um, and, and a friend of mine, um, Justin Smith, Fozzie, he had a printing company at the time. Mm. So he goes, yeah, bro, I'll print some stickers. And we just, um, I'm not sure what they're called, but, yeah, basically stick them on, spray paint, peel it off, um, and you got a graphic. And oh, so I just clear coat that, and yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, i got my own board company. <laughs> But, and I'm the only one on it. <laughs> and then I ended up giving so many of them away because I bought probably 50, 60 boards off Dave, cut them all to different shapes and would just give them away, like sell them for like 30, 40 bucks because I was just covering my costs. And it was cool because people come to me and say, oh, like um, there's a guy who's working with Craig over in um, Pavement now. I call him Retro. Chris. I made a board for him and it was like a square nose and a Roscoe tail. Mm. And it was badass. Like it, he would loved it. And I just goes, "What do you want? What do you want from uh, forty bucks?" And he's like, "Well, you know, you go to a skate shop, the hundred and forty, hundred and eighty, mm. some boards." But and that was the buzz. Was like me just cutting a board, taking an hour to make a board from start to finish. And it was just cool to give back. You know, like mm. I just, I just like giving. You know, like yeah. and but I used to have a pile like that, and now I have like four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and that, that would be my favorite board because mm. it worked well today. Skated well mm. today. I didn't take too many slams. Um, snowboard I think I had a 156 rad ear that oh, I got so. from Craig Harris yeah. that's my first snow uh, first season down here so that was 98 that's right he used to bring rad ear in though yeah, yeah yeah and yeah he hooked me up um, Craig's a legend absolutely mm. absolute legend he's got a book coming out of photos because he was taking photos of Melling which Melling was where Lee and Gregor started oh, yeah. back in like early 80s 
he's got photos from that era and he's a really good photographer film photographer mm. and he's making coffee table book oh yeah and i just cannot wait because this is our history like this is wellington based and it's all lee gregor craig and all the other guys that were around wellington and probably his travels overseas because he went and he was amateur for one of the brands i'm not sure which but um he yeah he went to the states with lee or probably before lee i think and hung out with lance mountain and stayed mm. with them and yeah they came back and opened the the uh, boardroom yeah right mm. oh man uh favorite video part oh my favorite video of all time is super motor vixens part six <laughs> you know that one no have you never seen that? No. It's it's uh, I think it's a Formula One wheel company, but it's got Remy Stratton. He that would be my favorite video part, mm. or anything Grosso from any time, anywhere, because Grosso's cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, Super Motor Vixens is like you've got Donga, you know, like Kian Lee, you've mm. got Ed Templeton, you've got um, just different different guys and they're all like Ed Templeton's dressed up in drag and they steal this car and it's really badly scripted. And it's like, and then it'll jump to them skating, mm. and then it'll go back to the storyline of like, you know, it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie badly mm. with skating and All with right. skaters as actors. So, Super Motor Vixens Part Six. Favorite gig? Now, now, interesting. Um, I've seen a few bands, but I would say Stiff Little Fingers in Wellington um, about eight years ago. Oh yeah, mind blowing. Really? Like, if you've heard Stiff Little Fingers, still got it now, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, those boys like in the 60s, and mm. they are going to tour again, so I would suggest anyone who hasn't seen them to see them, because they are tight. Like, have you heard the live album Hanks? Nah, uh, so I've, it, I've only really listened to their first album. Yeah, uh, which one's that? Um, inflammable, inflammable Material. Well, that's, a, that's their best, kind of, greatest hits, sort of. Hanks is live, and it's better. Like, oh, the yeah. same songs, but better. Um, but yeah, Inflammable Material's great. Anything they did was great. Um, go for it, it's good. But yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. Or Against Me. Mm. Um, fucking mind blowing. And, and like, that was just the coolest. Those guys, yeah, um, I will call him Tom. He was Tom at that point. Fucking incredible singer. But now, mm. even as Laura Jane Grace, mm. a fucking mind blowing singer. Like, she's she's got a feminine tone, but still that raspy, hard punk rock, you know? And right. that's, that's what I like about it. Um, hey, Fugazi, 94, Dinosaur Jr., mid-90s, Rollins Band, 95, uh, oh, Big shit. Day Out. Rollins Band would have been oh, nice. You know, Rollins is like this tall. Really? Yeah, he walked past me and I was looking at him going, is that Randy Rollins or is that a small inflatable Henry Rollins? Right. <laughs> but yeah, he's solid as a fucking ox. But that was a good gig. That was um, mm. for the Weight album and they had the big bluesy six-string bass player um, what was his name I forget his name but it was incredible and I'd hitched from Wellington to Auckland to see that gig uh, Suicidal Tendencies twice um, well I haven't seen Bad Religion which would be one I want to see uh, mm. Bad Brains obviously I, I won't but there's so many gigs that you know if you could just make up the best gig it would be yeah Bad Brains I guess but, mm. but yeah yeah Favourite city? Ooh, Wellington. Uh, Favourite track? Um, that's a tough one, man. That's a really tough one. A mm. really clean Smith grind, if you can get him, just how it works. And Or 
back in the heyday, I guess we were doing things like alley-oop one-foot eggplants, you know, like we were doing whatever we saw in a video, like Danny Way would come out with a trick like cab one-footed nose pick, you know, and we'd try and get it. And like there was about four or five of us get it. But I would say just a good old-fashioned Smithvert, like an invert mm-hmm. um, for me. Or snowboarding, just cutting a line and carving and, and probably a method off the cat track because that's all I can do. <laughs> Could do. <laughs> Uh, favorite board graphic? Um, mine. <laughs> <laughs> the trash gates, because that I had part That's of doing it. Pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all credit to Sam Robson, man. Like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have something like that. Mm. And you know, so if, if you don't know, I'm looking at it now. I've got a board in the corner, and I'm just full awe of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that—that's you know, being a chef and being a skater, it came together. And, mm. yeah. uh, who has the best method? Um, Christian Hossoy. Yeah. Um, on snowboards, I'm not too sure. Oh, everyone says Nick Burke, so Nick Burke. Ah, sweet. Yeah. And the final bonus question. Yeah. What's the key to a good method? Just doing it your way, because the method, the, the term method, comes from backside air, mm. but it was the the method in which it was done. It was like, mm. how do you do a backside air? You have to have the right method. Mm. And then people started popping them and turning them and twisting them and and you know tweaking the knees and. It just rolled on from there. So mm. to have a, you know, what's it called, proper technique or mm. correct method of doing it. And that's where the term method comes from. Like mm. the method to that ear is that's a method ear. Mm. So like textbook, you know, it's like that's a textbook ear. So mm. the best method for yourself would be just push it. Don't be afraid to bail. And, and then just keep pushing, pushing, pushing until you get it. And then when you throw that one down there, you're like, oh, my God. That's that's the best method. Mm. So you know the kid tomorrow who goes out and does the best method because it's the first one he's done. But yeah, on a skateboard it would be it would be hustle or cab or anyone with style. Anyone who's got style, that's the best method. That makes sense, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Dean. Oh man, thank you so much. Yeah, like this is so the cool coolest have, thing. So this. cool to have you down here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, inviting an aging ex snowboarder barely skating <laughs> yeah worn out chef <laughs> um, oh, bloody good hey thanks tony oh, appreciate it